Coming at you live from the Weird Science Studios, I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this week in DC Comics, we've got a beginning, a new beginning, a whole lot of middles and an ending, and we'll be covering them all in one form or another, and it all starts here on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 170. Woo-wee! What's that? Is that... Su- that must be Eric Shea Reborn! Right. Your big intro there. You did it you well. Like that? You were worried about it. You were really, really worried that you were going to mess up. Usually, old mushmouth's going to come down and wreck Two sentences, and it usually there's problems, right? After two sentences, all bets are off. Uh, uh, but you did well, Eric. I, I'm going to actually go uh, ahead. We usually don't go sound effect heavy in the beginning. There you go. You got oh, a ding right. because you did fine. Hello, one and all. To the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics. Uh, Eric. There you go. Uh, For the week of April 7th, 2018, we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Yes, you are. We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We have a Twitter account, Weird Science DC. And the already mentioned website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Now, before we go on, I will mention we also have a Patreon account where you can go and support us for doing this podcast, all the other things. But if you do join up at Patreon.com slash WeirdScience, you'll get a ton of other things, other shows. Today I did my new show. Yeah, over, I think it's like 220 episodes of one thing or another. Uh, We have a weekly comic news show that I do. I do another review show. We got the Cellar Dweller. We got the Man Child Eric Shea doing his boys' toys. We have a twice a month pop culture podcast. They're actually legit podcasts, as far as I can tell, uh, over there. Uh, what this makes a legit week, podcast legit? I don't know. And, well, even today, yeah, you, you turn on the mic and talk. That, that's all, all right. you really need to do. You know, the, the bar is set high in the podcasting land. I turn the mic on. I get a stamp I out. Turn I turn it on. Yeah. that shit in. Yeah, and, and when you do that, <laughs> you should try to record it as well, unlike what I did last week with us with one of the mail sections that we'll talk about a little later as well. Uh, I did do a news podcast today, which I do every week. I do my little news and not a lot of news again, Eric, uh, this yeah. week because I record it right before C2E2 hit. So God all of a sudden, yeah, well, that's how it goes. I record it, you know, early on a Saturday and usually the stuff hits. Later in the afternoon Saturday on a afternoon. Saturday, so we'll see when that – that just gives me more news for next week. And there was a lot. I do want to mention the one thing that I am pretty excited about is Joelle Jones. It was announced she is going to have her own solo Catwoman title. Uh, it's coming out, obviously. It's coming out of the you know Tom King Batman, so I don't know how it's going to go, what it's going to be, but it does come out – on the actual day that the wedding issue comes Crazy. out. So we'll see what happens, whether it's a celebration or a maybe. A hasn't even passed and Catwoman's yeah, going her own maybe, way. Maybe she's going to need a little time uh, to work things the out. over. I'm telling you, it's like when Batgirl uh, started Rebirth by going off to Asia on that walkabout. Maybe that's what Catwoman's going to be doing. She's going to be on a walkabout uh, trying to figure out what's going on with her life. Or she just, Batman's like, listen, we're married. That's fine. I got a job to do. Now, you know, tells her to go back and do the dishes. She's not going to do that. She's like, screw wow. you, and goes off. It's that. Batman's Hard not a nice. Batman. When has Batman ever been nice? I mean, really. You, you, you think that he's a nice guy? You think he'd be a great marrying material? Even Catwoman said to Lois, 
that he's not marrying material. Also said it to Talia. Anybody who asked her, she says he's terrible. So we'll see how that but goes. He's but he's a billionaire. So yes, what are you going to do? Oh, what I just said? Strike that down. He's a great marrying guy. Billy, oh my goodness. And really, also, as we've seen in the comics, at least the past couple of months, very loose with that checkbook. Oh he really doesn't keep track of what he's spending. So isn't and that the perfect And maybe we can see awesome? why the wedding goes awry when she finally gets to take a look at that checkbook I'm, I'm and what t- he well, has left. Either that or after this podcast, I'm going out and I'm going to blow up a dress shop and grab a dress myself, Eric. You're going to see they're going to have an all day, a variant cover. It's me in the dress. I'm getting married to Batman. There I'd you go. pay for that. There you go. Oh, would you? Yeah, there. But we like like I said, we have the Patreon account. We have uh, part of the Patreon. If you go on, you can become a badass of the Patreon of the Get Fresh crew, even. Boop, boop, boop. And there you can pick everything that we do. Pretty much we put yeah. polls for most of the shows that we do, Control and people lives. get to vote on them, and that is mainly the weekly Patreon-only spotlight. And this week they picked Batman White Knight number seven. And what else, Eric? Because I The Curse of Brimstone number one. That's what it was. The Curse of Brimstone number one. So those will not be on the podcast tonight, and they won't be on our regular feed. They'll only be over at Patreon. I will tell you right now, spoiler alert, I don't really mind saying this. Batman White Knight is easily my book of the week. And I would actually, it was not that it upset me that it's on the Patreon, but I just think it's one of those where we finally get to gush about a book and it's never (laughs) on the regular podcast. So you're going to hear some negativity tonight, as usual, it seems lately. Uh, Or is it realistic-ativity? Is that a word? Realistic activity. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you want to hear what us. He said. Yeah, you want to hear us gush about a book? Go over to the Patreon and listen to us talk about Batman White Knight and Curse of Brimstone. Where we weren't high on, but we're oh, intrigued. We're yeah, we're intrigued by it. Also, on our regular spotlight, talking about realistic activity, uh, <laughs> we did talk about Nightwing and this week's Cyborg. You see, Eric, I did not write down those. I have right here spotlights Doomsday Clock number four. I. I Cut and pasted from last week. So I do not have the deal, but it is Nightwing and it is Cyborg. Well, both of which, machine this both of which we, we weren't that hip on, really. No, I, I mean, we were not that hip on. So, but you can go over and look at that in the regular feed. But we already mentioned them, and now it's time to salute them, Eric. It's time for the badass roll call. You light now? Light I'm up, Eric. It now, baby. It's time for the badass roll call. Here we go. Mm. All right, now you're you're in flavor country as you always it's are. We're gonna country. start off. Vermilion, Abuse, Mom and the Verizon, Aldrin Stoja, All New, Dave, D Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond, Mark, G Man, Manship, Brandon, Bobby, Reggie, uh, Andrew and Belfast, the cellar dweller. That's where Ooh. he is. He's hanging out there. Right? He's yeah. hanging out uh, in the badass there. Uh, we have Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses, Jones, T, Hakeem. <laughs> Double A, Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian Job, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben. I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm going to, Ruben. There you go. Solid Ruben. And Christopher Hyden, the OG himself. And yes, thank you one and all. We love you guys. Thank you for the support. I'm going to raise this up a little, Eric. I had it way down. I'm going to raise uh, the roof over here. You're raising the roof, Mario. Yeah, yeah, you can raise I think they do. They All the kids talk about raising the roof. But yeah, thanks to everybody who supports us over on Patreon. If you want to be part of that, go over. I'll say it. Patreon.com slash weird science. And you can get in on all of the fun and all of the shows. But yeah. Taste all the flavor. We're about to get 
get into the uh, nitty gritty, Eric, that we call the books. Goodness gracious, here we are with the meat and cheese of the podcast. Nom, uh, nom, 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 nom. Yes, the, the uh, delicious meat and cheese. Here you go. It's time for meat and cheese. It is wrong turn. It's definitely time for him. the meat and cheese. Now, I will tell you the first book we're going to talk about, and in this section, we have uh, a weird first section, some books <laughs> that we rarely talk about in the first section. This first book we're going to talk about, I'll just tell you, it's Superman, and with that uh, I read it. I know that what you told me you had been telling me all week about Bizarro speak, uh, and it it is tough. And I just want to say before we get into it proper, uh, it kills me to not exactly love a uh, Tomasi Gleason issue right. as we're nearing the end of their run. You know what I mean? I it, it, they really. It's skewed. I'm saying as I go in here, I want to love everything that they do by the end here because I do want to like kind of give them their salute going off and celebrate. And it's it's weird because at this moment, really nothing coming from them. And this is so to me, and I maybe to you as well. Like this is the end of a lot of string of books because we have, uh, you know, Super Sons is going down as well. We have Batman and Robin in the New Fifty Two. So until we see something else or whatever, it is a shame because they are two of our favorite, you know, writer artist deal our combo. And so I really, really go into this with the idea that they really don't have to impress me too much that I'm going to really be positive just for what they are. I told you this usually happens a last issue of a series anyway where you have that victory lap thing like that. Why? Why do a bizarro story like this? Why kill me? And I tell you right now, you are not a fan of the bizarro talk. Not at all. I can deal with it more than you. And I, I do deal with it more than you. Uh, I even have a little fun with it. Um, this issue is way, way over the top to the point where I, I have a theory about uh, bizarro stories, and I think this one kind of goes with it. Uh, but, boy, it's tough. But you give give the blurb, and I'll give you my deal. Superman number 44, written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. 
It's back to Bizarro World for this issue, where Superman tries to talk some sense into Bizarro, while the rest of our heroes go to try and rescue the super foes from the Legion of Fun. Too bad that Bizarro doesn't have himself a reborn event, though, because the planet is collapsing as Bizarro's inner turmoil continues, and in the end, Bizarro tells everyone to fuck off and leaves his world before it's destroyed, and our heroes save Boy Zaro by bringing him back to our good and proper Earth. Yes. Must be Superman Bizarro. reborn. I tried to yell Bizarro in there. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, my Well, one of my theories is the longer you do an arc or a story uh, and, and the more dialogue you get, you're going to fumble a bit. And there are times when it happens. I mean, there's points where you're like, hey, Bizarro, let's not go over there. And you start to really start questioning what is being said because of the fact that Sometimes they have to give you something that, and it doesn't twist around the bizarre, and it just confuses well, me. That's well, even the whole thing too. I, the whole thing, I actually think I wrote it differently in my written review from what I talked about here. Well, Bizarro is connected to this world, so if he's having a problem, the world has a problem. But is it he's connected, or is it that he's disconnected, yeah. like Superman was? That's what I'm and saying. they're using Bizarro talk because I don't get what they're trying to throw at and me. And that's here. that's the biggest problem I have with it. And that's you. You actually spelled it out there even better than I did. Is that you have the Bizarro talk, but a lot of times the actions, like like I said, it's like me and Bizarro not go over there, and do they go the opposite way? Do they turn left, right, whatever? And like you they said, a big part of this issue, though, is the idea of what's happening to this world, uh, Bizarro world, uh, that's supposed to be mimicking what happened during Superman Reborn and even the beginning but of is Rebirth it and things like that. But is it the opposite? That's what I'm saying. And do they that, talk about it in the opposite branch and that's of the that problem. Then? And not only that, not We've only gone that too being too far, problem, Bizarro. Yes, it went too far, Bizarro. You have now. This is the I am Sam of Bizarro <laughs> stories. It went too retarded. Right? <laughs> and with that, though, there's also another problem here where I do think when you get this heavy Bizarro talk. It really hinders the actual overall story. You don't oh, really does. get to tell a full story. It gets very, very generic, very surface level because you can't go that deep because you're, you're so Fuck. worried about the bizarre. I was looking into the idea that there's a subplot about abuse yeah. in here, but I don't know if that still exists or not. No. But I was looking for anything to grab a hold of because the bizarro talk was murdering me. Yeah, and, and with that, this whole issue basically is – that Bizarro is not really wanted on Bizarro. Bizarro World's having problems because of him, whatnot. And there you go. There's not much to it. The world's falling apart. Bizarro goes off by himself. And John, or yeah, not John, Boy Zaro's left. And they grab him and take him to their own world. I mean, there's yeah. not, there's not much to this, uh, when you get it. Now, it's fun. In the background of the different characters and the different well, and Bizarro just the idea characters. of Bizarro and Superman fighting each other on the yeah. moon of Bizarro. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a fun idea. It and is right there in my mind, fun. what we have in this fight, in my mind, is the greatest piece of art we have because as the issue progresses and the panels get smaller because it has a lot of stuff to do and a yeah. lot of action later on with the super foes and the Legion of Fun. Yeah. I think the art just completely falls apart and I had yeah, no I idea so what was too. going on and it just looks so rushed and I'm like, what happened to this? And like Doug Mankey's one of my favorite artists at yeah. DC Comics, but when we have the Superman Bizarro fight, things are up close most of the time. We have big panels. Yeah. Everything looks great. Everything's really As good. it progresses, it just falls apart though in my mind. Yep. Yeah. And uh like just just a little a uh, line in here that just shows what I, I'm talking about as you get into this where you have Robin Zaro, Rob Zaro, and he's Rob like, Zorro. Oh, and I shall not escort my lady with Tiny to vanquish the heathen captors. And I guess it is uh 
uh, uh, what's Maya? And Maya, she's like, yeah, nobody. she's like, wow, thanks. And then he says, and compose a sonnet of tribute to your internal beauty. Now that doesn't make sense. Now you, you've gone against the Bizarro deal. Like, it, it, no, you no, should... see, he's still working on that initial knot. This is just yeah, a trail I just, off but end. that's what I'm saying though. And After so, you go, it this, doesn't this fit ro- anymore. I, I agree though. This Rob Zaro for everything that we're dealing with. He actually is, seems the most sophisticated and not Bizarro-like yeah, for what he talks about. Yeah, but that's a problem to me. I but know. that was just one thing that I pointed out. But you really – you get into a couple dead ends. But again, there's really not much going on. You have Superman fighting Bizarro and trying to convince him to be a better guy but saying the opposite because you have to. So you got to pay attention. And, this and, then is I'm where, and not only that, it's like he's trying to get through to Bizarro. And most of the time he's trying to talk to him like Superman but then yeah. stammers – and works his way into yes. Bizarro talk. And with yep. that, you know, the added bit where you know what he's doing, it yeah. just becomes a pain in the ass to well, read, it does. though. And this is where I said uh, a lot of times where you'll have an issue that has a heavy narration or something like that. You have a lot of fun stuff going on in the background and the art and things like that, even though it does fall apart. I agree with you. But there are some cool characters or whatever. But you're so concentrating on trying to – Get what they're saying and get oh, the opposite and things like that, that it really, really, to me, throws you off. I would have wished that there was some fucking magic thing that would have made them talk normal. I don't know how you can do it. Uh, <laughs> but just to be able to tell a, you know, complete story there because they're there. You have, you know, the Legion of Fun, you have, and all of these things and you and don't the, really get to is- have fun with it. While we did have this whole footprint idea when we first started this arc, the whole like, you know, the red footprint that Bizarro yeah. left behind to try to mimic their blue handprint of Superman yeah, on our yeah, that was cool. You know, at the beginning of Rebirth. We have this. So but we never got the idea of no. what exactly was going on until it's just shoved at us here. Like, yeah, the world turned so, like spherical, you know, in the last issue. Yeah. But because we saw this and then it led right to the Legion of Fun talking about the world's ending. I was really led to believe that the Legion of Fun was the one behind this yeah. and not this whole bizarro redeath idea that yeah. they're working with here out of nowhere, which I don't fully uh, comprehend because, yeah. I don't you know, Superman was disconnected from the world. It was a prop. Swamp Thing showed up, told him there was this big problem before. We had to fix it. That's where we have Superman yeah. Reborn came in. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me what happened in that big event or uh, crossover that we had with it. But here it's like, like I said before – is Bizarro connected to the Earth? Like, with, or Bizarro is he too created disconnected? this world. Exactly. Or is I he don't... supposed to be disconnected? And where is Swamp Zorro? That's what yeah, I wonder. Where Swamp, is Swamp Zorro? Zorro to let him in on what's going down. Swamp Zorro could show up, and we can have some fun. But yeah, with that, they have to get the Legion of Fun. Is there? You got to get the you know, oh, yeah. Hawk Zorro <laughs> finally, un- you know, thaws herself out so she can tell Boy Zorro and the rest of our heroes about. How she was coming to Bizarro for help because the uh, super foes have been captured by the Legion of Fun, yeah. and we need to get to the bottom of it. Well, Superman, he's busy on the moon fighting Bizarro, so now our Superboy, uh, Maya, and Beacon, and Boy Zorro have to go off with Hawk Zorro and Rob Zorro to go fight the Legion of Fun to get the super foes back. To- God, yeah, they want to get the I, super I, foes. I, I feel retarded saying it all these yeah, things back. Yeah, and, and with it, though, the fun that you're going to get out of this are either the names of the bizarro and the characters and the visuals of them. That's really what you get. But even there, you're like, no brains. We need you to not follow my plan. Don't patch All the right. Legion of Fun's computer in the power grid. Then don't reverse the red energy. We must not stop these villains. Do you not understand? Look not at all the shiny buttons. I'm like, I, I'm already, I've had too God much. I, really, 
please, please, you're killing me. And then you have the Joe Cryer and the you know, Solomon Grunzaro. Yeah, and and again, this is where you have some fun. You have Solomon Grunzaro born day after tomorrow, and then he gets hit. That's fun. I'm telling you, there is some fun to be had with something like this. It's just not focused on that because we're focused on this idea of Bizarro World kind of falling apart because of redeath, rebirth, what you know, whatever. And it's not well spelled out in the story anyway. You throw in Bizarro talk and now your head's spinning uh, with this. And, and if, if people listening don't feel the same way. You're smarter than me and Eric and yeah, a couple seriously. other people we talked because uh, you, you, know, you know what my favorite part about this was? The goddamn bizarre gorilla grotto. It's gorilla odd. Yeah, that's gorilla my odd. favorite part. See, that's fun. That's, that's fun. Good. But this is where we talk about all the time where you have Zatanna with the backwards word magic. You have the why do things like that? And I say all the time that when you have a Zatanna story and the backwards word magic comes out, it grinds everything to a halt because you have to stop. You can't just kind of – like I love an issue where you're right, reading it. Look and, at this. Am I, am I going top to bottom, bottom yeah. to top? Oh, no, no, I'm telling you. It's right. a ton of word. I am lost. But uh, yeah, I, I'm like am I supposed to read this like a manga? Are we doing this? What the hell is going on? But uh, with that, it, it always grinds things to a halt. And I love an issue where like this the, – the concept of this issue and the fun that it should be this should be one of those issues where you get to you know the end and go holy crap it's over already oh my god i was having so much fun and i want to see these characters i got to the end i'm like i have a headache i don't know what's going on and really basically you have you know lois uh ends up freaking out louise yeah louise she doesn't want uh, Bizarro, or again, she's gonna leave. You and not even always. The whole yeah. super foes are yeah, like, they're you know all leaving Superman, too. you're all right. You know what we hate? This fucking Bizarro. And I'm not talking yeah. Bizarro talk. So we fucking hate Bizarro. You, is what but we that's do. the problem. We're you say that. You. I don't even know what you're saying. I know. Are, are they re- fucking back? I know. And then they go. And in the meantime, you have a little bit of fun too, because Aquaman's there with a fish that's singing Barnes and Barnes fish heads throughout the whole deal. I'm like, but uh, is that Barnes and Barnes, Eric, or? Barnes and Barnes. Barnes. And Barnes. <laughs> it made me laugh. I'm like, is that from Demento Doctor? Uh, but you go. I'm like, oh, what the hell? Because that's I always heard that on Doctor Demento mm-hmm. every time I listen to him. But yeah, and you get like me, no retreat. Okay, so he is gonna retreat. Uh, me, am good. Da- okay, he's not a. Good, he is a good dad. Like, oh god, to Betsy, I'm having problems here. Uh, the one thing though, I'll tell you with the art, and it's something that I don't even think is supposed to happen though. But uh, Louise's costume, for some reason, to me looks like the bride and and because they kind of do look like frankenstein yeah. it makes me laugh it may that actually and i don't even know if that was meant to be but every time i'd see louise i'm like boy that looks like the bride with frankenstein yeah and that kind of made me laugh but really at the end it's like me am good father me me go <laughs> oh no and, and basically bizarro leaves uh, uh boyzaro to die on the destroying... leaves everybody yeah, on Bizarro World tonight yeah. because Louise, like, she's like, I've had enough of this shit. She goes and g- grabs Bizarro. Are you talking Bizarro talk, Eric? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> you're never not, you're not. Okay. Freaking, but but yeah. she grabs this whole thing, and now, now the sound that he fucking tosses Louise away, throws everyone away, gets in the rocket. Fuck off, you schmucks. I'm done yeah. with y'all. Not fuck off, you intelligent oh. people. I'm staying. There you go. See, I can boom. Where's my ding for that? No, please don't go. See, there you go. I, I, now I already messed up. I already, please stay. Don't yes go. 
fetch. And then he well, even at the one point when, you know, boy Zoro was looking all dejected because he's watching his father go out for a pack of smokes, essentially, yeah, yeah. he says, Dad, please. Yeah. I'm like, right there. That is a yeah. normal thing to say. Yes. That's not bizarro talk. What am I taking from this? Yeah. And that, like, yeah, because it when you get that's where you get the problem, where if he's up like, Dad, good, you're going. OK, he's upset. But by the time you twist and turn in your head, the, the moment's gone. You know, you you don't get this. Should be some feels at the end of and, this. And, you s- and the thing it is, it's like Dad, please. And even when Bizarro goes in, he's still going all freaking retard, Bizarro. But yeah. but two seats. Yeah. Cannot cannot me. But then he goes back into the whole Bizarro thing. I'm like, whatever, yeah, man. That's I don't what know saying. what you're doing. Whatever. It's, it's very sad. Your father's an asshole. I'm sorry, boy Zaro. But don't worry, because even though it seems like our you know our uh, Superman family and his friends. Have already hit the road back to a yeah, normal goddamn hit the road. Earth where they talk good and proper like us. Like yeah. we talks over here, you know. Yeah, like um, we's talking good and proper here with the with the Americans. <laughs> yeah, you have this. Uh, there isn't a. I'm I'm just looking through to to find some fun, and there is some fun. Uh, unfortunately, Bizarro goes to town on Louise. He starts beating yeah. her up, and then knocks her out of her shoe. Eric, <laughs> she he she got punched out of her shoes. Her shoe fell off, and I, that made me kind of laugh. But yeah, we got to get back to where they're talking American, Eric. I got to get to it. But yeah, they go, and it's so funny because you have. All, you know, you have Maya, you have Kathy, John, and, and Rob Zaro there, and he's reaching out to and get... I, didn't even, I actually didn't I even know. think about that. I did not even see, for some reason, this whole thing when I was going through, Rob Zaro went to Prime Earth. Yeah, Earth he's Zero. going. Like, he's going there. He's yeah. over there. Okay, this is going to be amazing when he finally yeah. meets Damien. And this is the fun. Like, hopefully we do end with the fun there when it does happen. But it's funny that the world is dis- it's, it's going to, to hell. People are dying. There they are. Oh, everybody's Big dead. smiles on their face. Big smiles. Hey, boys, let's go. You know, everybody hey, else boys, now. Everyone's dead but you. you yeah. All oh, right. Boy. Give me your hand, boys. Or don't give me your hand. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, they go. And, yeah, this sets up something that should be really fun. The next it issue. It should. I'm telling you. Yeah. The next issue, I'm telling you, I'm back and forth because I thought the last issue we had when we had – I think it was the last issue. where Yeah, because – we went back to Earth Zero. We like that's yeah. where Super uh, Boy Zaro met Superboy and shit like that. And I'm like, all right, we're gonna talk normal. Yeah, there were some aspects where the, you know Superman had to try to talk to Boy Zaro. Yeah, like yeah. Zaro but talk. even so then, it was like it was even spelled out for dummies like us. You know what I mean? Exactly. That it was yeah, it was it was a little. But now better. That we're getting we're getting back. We got Rob uh, Zaro, Boy Zaro. I look forward to the conclusion yeah. of this story because it too. can be only fun in my mind. We don't have this thing where Boy Zaro thinks that Superman's his father. We don't have to do – I swear to God, if we go into this and it's just them trying to cheer Boy Zaro up because his yeah. dad's a piece of shit and his mother's dead, I'm going to be very upset because yeah. you have just set up a lot of fun. There better be payoff for that yeah, goddamn Yeah, you fun. need Damien to show up. And the best with Damien and Rob Zaro is that Rob Zaro, he's you know he's a ladies' man. He's But, but he's still – talking and bizarro talking if damien isn't down with that like it's that opposite deal that will play off like oh what are you doing you know talking to the girls i hate the girls yeah i know so do i but i hate them like damien being the dick the way he is like you're a goddamn idiot like you know no thank you or whatever that's what i'm saying that's the that's the fun of it would be compliment yes that's what i'm saying everything and everything that rob zaro says Will be what Damien thinks, but it's actually the opposite. Like I said, uh, me, me love the, the super boy. What? No, we don't. 
And, and, and it makes sense. They're, they're talking to each other and both think that the one's saying the other. It's, uh, it's great. It makes me laugh. So I hope that that like, happens. Me, me way better than boy Zaro. You're damn yeah. right you are. Yeah, you're damn right you are. And that means you're damn right you aren't. And then, the, the, uh, you know, shit goes wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That's what happens. Thank you, wrong but, turn. Yes. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.5 out of 10 because I thought that a lot of the fun was missing out of this. It was bogged down with Bizarro talk and the whole idea about what the connection, disconnection is between Bizarro and his world wasn't very fully played out no. in my mind. And I, as I liked the art initially, as the issue progressed and the action got stronger with so many characters, it degressed to the point where I'm like, this is just yeah. like chicken scratch by the end. It really seemed like. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to go a little more positive with a six I wrote. But as we talked about it. It is weird because even the way we described it and talked about it, you kind of lose track of the story. Like I yeah. said, you can't really tell a great story with Bizarro talk, so you kind of lose Especially track of the story. Going against it half the time. And anything I, – I haven't read a lot of the reviews for this. I bet you a lot of the reviews will not focus on a story. will focus on the idea, oh, it's always fun to see opposites of the Just League and opposite of the Legion of Doom and opposite of that. You, you kind of – that is what you kind of get the surface deal. You can kind of grab onto, but you do lose track of the overall story of what this is because I think they're really the, – the story itself lost track because we had this. And like you said, you don't leave with this idea. I We had a really cool deal going where it was the opposite of Rebirth leading up to – you know, Superman Reborn, Redeath, Superman yeah. Redeath, to see, like, we even said when it started, like, I wonder if they're going to have an opposite mixie. Is this right. going to do this? Are we going to play this whole thing? That's kind of funny way to end a run with, you know, telling the opposite story of a deal oh, and things like that. So, yeah, you kind of lose track of it. But, yeah, I'll go six out of ten just for some of the things we pointed out. Not the he, he punched her out of the shoes. <laughs> the shoes, shoes fell the off. The shoes fell off. Uh, but, yes, we're going to move on now to... Deathstroke number 30, written by Christopher Priest, art by Carlo Pagulan, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Sweet Willie Schubert. This issue starts the Deathstroke versus Batman arc, which seems more like a miniseries than Seriously. a continuation of the Deathstroke story. I thought that this start really threw me off. I was a little confused at some of the progressions, though I love the art as usual, but I was a little down on this as the start of something I was really looking forward to. And we talked about earlier, uh, and by the way, I, I just made that up, Eric. I forgot to make a blurb, so there you go. Oh, How, good, nice. Did I do pretty good? It worked good out really well. I believed it. <laughs> yes, I, I was like, holy crap, I didn't write blurbs. So you have this. I, I can't give it marks off because we don't start from where we left off in this book. That's the weird thing is when you go into this, it really doesn't feel like I, – I know it feels like a Deathstroke book. Obviously, the art looks the same. Yeah. You have the same the panel same. progression. You have the same placards and things like that. But it's something bigger, and it's something different that you're going into with Batman being you know, pretty much in their co-lead with this. And because of that, it just seems like it's disconnected from the series that we just came out. Now, I say that, and there are a 100 callbacks. There's editor's notes and things like that. And also in my review, I did mention that I was wondering – one of the things I was very curious about going into this issue and this arc, uh, this story, is is Christopher Priest – and I told you this – is Christopher Priest going to – Dumb some things down so that new people, because you're going to have no. Batman fans that never read Deathstroke that are going to jump in. And to me, 
I thought that what he was going to do is center more on Batman at first, which he kind of does. He does. He does that. So there's one check. I thought that that was a good move for new readers. You start out, you get – but – when he, when Destro comes in and when you start going and, and things start rolling, boy, I, I can't see that anybody who hasn't been reading Deathstroke at least a little is going to know what's going on. You have the Wintergreen AI. You have, you know, callbacks. The icon shield. Yeah, you have the icon shield. You have just callback after callback to things going on. Even just Jericho showing up with really no fanfare of what he is or what he does. It's like they're uh, filming a documentary in this yeah, one. Robin and Jericho them, yeah. both talking about it's their fathers or documentary, father figures. I was going to say documentary called Father Figures, Eric. But uh, yeah, with this. I was a little disappointed. You said you liked it. I think you're going to like it a little more than me, which, uh, God forbid, that has not happened in a while in any book. So I'm actually – there's two tonight. You'll have to guess yeah. which other one that Eric seems to like more than me. Uh, with me, it's there's some very weird progressions, like I said in the blurb, where, okay, I'm getting what's going on, but sometimes I'm getting a little confused, and then I think that a lot of people are being left behind. And what Christopher Priest does, everything does usually in this book. I'm not going to say it in Justice League, but in this book, everything comes back around to mean something, to kind of be tied together and things like that, which is why I thought this was a very odd opening because the last thing we saw in this book in issue 29 was Deathstroke being taken to Arkham because they thought he was crazy because of the AI. Wintergreen AI. AI. And the thing is, I'm telling you, we talked about this before. I think it was the last issue we talked about Deathstroke where Batman versus uh, Deathstroke versus Batman was coming up at a certain point. I still believed it was a six-issue mini. You're telling me how it wasn't. It's part of the series. And after going yeah. into this, I have to assume that it was supposed to be a six-issue mini because we jump in cold, yeah. not picking up where uh, yeah. we left off at and all. And weird. Or we had to say, like, you know, yeah. DC went to Christopher Priest and said, look, the sales for Deathstroke aren't great. They're not. We, uh, they- we're, we need to go out strong here. Like, we, you had the idea for the Batman Deathstroke versus Batman. We need to get to that right away. Yeah. So we're going to do that next. Just, yeah. just throw it out there because – it just feels weird it you know, does. ending on that cliffhanger. Awesome cliffhanger. Deathstroke yeah. in Arkham, not knowing if he's insane not knowing. or not. And we didn't know either. You don't know. And if you haven't been reading Deathstroke, he has the Wintergreen AI that talks to him. It's a younger version of his man, Wintergreen. Uh, and AI with that, shut down. The AI was shut down by Isherwood, who isn't in this issue. Like, there's a lot of people not in here. Rose isn't in here. Like, there's a lot because of how it, it, it yeah. flows. But when he got taken to Arkham, that was a cool deal where it's like, is he insane? Isn't he? Whatnot? We kind of thought this earlier. We thought, what happened if they say it shut down? We were all excited about yeah. that. With that, though, the weirdest part of this to me is the the Wintergreen AI is fully going. I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah. and this icon that, seems to be fully That's what's weird, and that wasn't the deal. That was shut down before. So. Where is this taking place? Like exactly. He, I'm telling you, I thought that uh, Deathstroke showing up and being committed to Arkham Asylum was the perfect, was the perfect start go, yeah. for Batman versus Deathstroke story. So we again, none of that. This is completely fresh. Yeah. So Christopher Priest, who's a pretty smart dude and writes the deal and tries to do this. <laughs> I can only think in the back of my head that there's a sneaking suspicion that none of this is happening, that this is Deathstroke in in Arkham. I don't think it is. I, I don't think you, that he would I, do that. I don't but go that route. What's I have going a sneaking on? suspicion that by the end of this arc, it's he'll somehow make sense. tie it around to where it we finally get to. back to where we were. But yeah. even that, for the way it starts out and how out it feels and disjointed and how six-issue mini it comes off, yeah. I just think it's going to be a standalone. Yeah, and, and with that, like you're waiting for uh, – 
a, a thing. This story takes place between this issue yeah. and that issue and things like that. And it's just weird because also we're coming out of the Defiance Squad. Yeah, yeah. we see that Deathstroke's kind of left that behind. That kind of led to the idea that the Speed Force made him, made him a little wonky. That was the issue or the Wintergreen AI and things like that. But there's nothing with this. It's just like you said. It just feels like a standalone deal that feels like a miniseries kind and, and of say, deal. It feels loosely tied to the Deathstroke series because we have yeah. familiar oh, characters yeah. and yeah. faces. But outside of that, this, there's no continuity going no. on here from where we've no, left it doesn't off seem, or even he, started things and anywhere. He, yeah, and he doesn't just leave things lie around like that. It's just very weird. But it starts off pretty much if you don't know Premier League soccer and history of and Liverpool, and yeah, that's not your club, and you know you're going to be lost. And I. I I like it though. You know why? Because a lot of times, you know, me and you are sitting there and I'm yelling about a hockey game and oh, how yeah. you'd never do that in Batman or From even in Batman with, with football and I'm screaming and yelling. So hey, I'm glad that Christopher Priest says, you know what? Let's give some other people a chance to enjoy some sports references. Now, I don't know anything about this. I don't. I was a Premier League guy for a little bit. I told you. I just mentioned it this week out of in passing where that one guy would come over my house at 6.30 in the morning so that we can watch Premier League soccer. Because sure. Tanya got me somehow hooked up with this guy in Premier League deal, and I, I would pretend I'm sleeping, though I really enjoyed it. I would get up. I'll tell you, I was kind of – people may just smirk or whatever. I was a Manchester United fan at that point. Only because they were always on. I ended up going and I was that watching like Fox Sports World or something, and they always had uh, the oh, it's when like Rude Van Nisselroy was on the team, Eric, oh, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know guys like that. Beckham was still on the team. Uh, I could bend it like, like him, right? Ryan Giggs was one of my favorites, Eric. But yeah, I, I actually was in it very heavy for just a little bit, but not enough to know. The history of every well, club you, and things like you go that. This so. thing where, uh, ten years ago, Alfred's having freaking you know dinner and watching these soccer games yeah. with uh, uh, freaking uh, Penelope Blake. Oh when, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When Wintergreen shows up, and then we jump ahead ten years later, where Alfred and, and Wintergreen are together. still friends and talking about soccer at this place. Yeah. And that's all I got out of this first two pages of this bit because I'm like, you're talking soccer and freaking you know. Yeah. Like uh, English slang that I don't understand, so I'm going to move on from here, yeah. Christopher Priest. You have left me in yeah, the Yeah, you've left them. But it's funny to me because they're there, and where do you think they – I mean, if they are indeed that second deal watching the game – or if they are actually, but you see it on there, maybe. You're, yeah. But you would think that that's this is in Gotham or somewhere close, right? And the funny thing that it makes well, it's me the laugh. Todd English. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, but I, to I me, I think to me, is. I think it's an English bar that plays yeah. Premier League because I don't think Alfred is flying oh, to no, England it's, just it's to watch it. Yeah, so it's in New York. City. It's, yeah, so it's in New York. So, the funny thing is, there's a good chance that this is 6:30 a.m. Or 7 a.m. These games are, you know, we have a six-hour difference where we are in New York as well. And these games are in the afternoon, usually in England. So, yeah, they're, they're getting sloshed at 6 a.m., which makes me laugh. What, they're just I don't there know what drinking. bar is open at 6 a.m. I don't know, but this is what uh, that guy, the guy who used to come over to my house, would bring beer at 6 a.m. and would drink while I just sat there and I watched. I, I didn't like to talk to him. This guy was, eh, he was, he was, he really got on my nerves. But, uh, yeah, with that, it's just there for a connection between uh, Wintergreen and Alfred. I know, I'm with you. It's kind of a neat thing to think that while you have these guys fighting the it out. The world's greatest pretty, detective and the world's, and the world's greatest, greatest assassin. assassin. And behind these great men who can pretty much accomplish any feat possible, 
you have these two men behind them who are like confidants yeah. to both who get together and they talk about this nonsense and the whole idea yes. about what have they done with their lives? Have they created monsters? Do they need to stop these monsters at some point? Because either they could destroy or save the world for the skills yeah. that they have acquired now, over the years. Now, the, the thing that gets me, though, is in this Deathstroke book, Wintergreen has kind of gone away from being a guy that I call a good guy. He's been with Adeline all this time. You don't know what know game he's, he's playing. He's playing. That, well, we don't know. But the game he seems to be playing is a roundabout deal, yes, to protect Deathstroke, but he's also kind of screwing with him, not on the up and up. So, But you go here with the whole deal where they get together. You you have very opposite people that they mentor, at least hang out with. Yeah. But they're there to enjoy you know, some soccer. And bes- so honestly, there. besides for the whole killing thing, Slade and Batman are very alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And, and you kind of get to the end where... Yeah, Destro kind of throws it in his face as well. Uh, but with this, you go off to a little deal where Dick Grayson Robin is talking about how Batman is and how he, yeah, you know, I don't actually call him dad, but I should, you know, he's earned the title. Uh, but he goes with justice and vengeance. You, you kind of, you know, you can't pick both. You have to choose, but he doesn't. That's how he goes. He's not a, a puzzle. He's an etch a sketch. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go on because we don't even know who where is this interviewing is. Robin. And it's a black and white deal. So you, you, it, it, and it's Robin Dick Grayson. So there is yeah. a time frame to that. And yeah, later you get a Jericho deal kind of spelling out how, what type of father he is. Now, as a spoiler alert, uh, we are a spoiler podcast, I heard. Yes. Uh, this whole deal and what seems to be at least the beginning of this whole story is the fact that in this next scene, Batman goes to a crime scene. You get this guy, uh, this, you know, drug guy who's now in Dubai. Uh, he, that people have robbed the bank where he has a safe deposit box and things like that, and they end up finding something that was addressed to Gordon to go to Batman, which is indeed something that shows that Deathstroke is Damien's father. So that is Crazy. really that is the twist, Eric, that you get. So with this and idea that's a cool of twist, yeah, and with this, I don't know if it's going to go to the fact where Damien's going to enter the book. He may. We have six issues. I actually think that what he may play – And we've seen Damien in this book before. Yeah, and and what I think that this might be the play at with the Robin and the Jericho comes up talking about each of their fathers. I think that maybe what the priest is going to go with is the idea of – which father would be better for Damien? Yeah. You know, like you have Batman who he's Batman. So you think that he'd be the best father, but is he? And then also I think that it's another way to show a wraparound, as you said, very similar characters. You know, one yeah. does kill, one doesn't. Uh, they both but have they a code. All and, and, yeah, and they both have a code. One's just a little different. You also have the idea, if they play with it, that Slade tried to make a defiant squad. It didn't work out, but he kind of – all those people in that were kind of his Robins. You, right. you have a lot of things with that, but – Batman does get this thing. He doesn't look at it at this point because he's just off to try to stop these guys who this, are this trying to get away. You, while I don't like the whole, you know, soccer talk or, yeah. or football talk, whatever you want to call it, because I don't know where anybody's from. The football. The football. No, <laughs> but football. Um, this whole chase scene with these guys who robbed the safety deposit box yeah. at this bank where they found the envelope that Batman later uses to, like, you know, connect things to Destro. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. No, I don't either. this whole thing here. Like, it, it is just a lot of quick cuts with you know, yes. laser cannons coming out I'm of telling goddamn, you, it's like, quick. U-Haul it's one of those, yeah. Trailers on the yep. back of this van. Uh, uh, cannons a coming truck out of the that seems to be a robot truck that jackknifes. I, I'm telling you, with this, it is one of those things where – 
it's like you said, quick panels, uh, big panels and things like that, where all of a sudden you get one thing, then you go to the next and there's a cannon shooting. Then you go to a next of somebody crashing and you, it, it's very tough to follow the action. You obviously we know what happens. He ends up crashing these people and he wants to know where the hell, you know, what, the diamonds and even that he goes and he says to this guy, these diamonds belong to Bernie Chow, who is the guy who they went in. Now they belong to me, which means Chow is going to kill you unless I stop him. Tell me what about this envelope? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, it's a weird even progression with that. And he just gets and says they, they didn't know. They like barely the even know. says the diamonds belong to him That's now. what I'm telling. That's what I mean. It's <laughs> seemed a little off like I know that. it's intimidating you know you're now you're freaking out putting the fear of god in yeah. these men but it just felt like an odd I thing know. these it diamonds did. are mine i'm like you plus like, you i know, mean what are you playing at you say that that guy is he's he's on the fucking death's door he's he's <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you he's knocking on heaven's door eric if i was gonna sing right now and there's batman just threatening him he's like ah eh, they didn't even know who that guy was i mean this yeah. is weird it's just a rival crew that was going yeah. after chow's money to try to take him down these guys didn't even know who chow was uh, yeah and with that you have and with this book you can only assume as the wraparound is like Deathstroke's involved in every sort of way. He's doing this, playing that, playing this. But the whole deal is when he looks at these papers that were addressed to him, they are DNA tests. And even like they're anonymous subjects, but I recognize the DNA signatures as Talia and Damien. And it basically says that he's not mine. And Alfred's just like, ah, forgery. I, what, I'm you, tell you, what are you talking about, Bruce? You went and had your self-test. Yeah, you had your self-test. Like, exactly. As soon as Talia said you have a son – not on my watch. We're going to have paternity yep. test immediately. And it came back that you were the father. So these are yeah. obviously forgeries. So, and, and he's like, I or, don't know. No, oh, I'm telling you. Grandmaster plan oh. going on, but his uh, tests were forgeries. Yeah, I don't know. Or Chris or Priest is about to leave DC and he's like, I'm going to screw with um, everyone. Okay. I don't Batman's think a clone of Slate. <laughs> I'm telling you, Batman is the clone of Deathstroke. There you go. Have fun, boys! And then he goes. I'm, I'm just thinking of the way that DC works. You like you saw that Gail Simone had that big like you know tweeting rampage uh, yeah, going on yeah. about how when she was writing Secret Six, how DC pretty much put the kibosh on everything she everything wanted to do. She wanted There's to no do. way in my mind I'm telling you, it'd be they so were pleased to be leaving the book. Like you know what, Damien. Slade Wilson's son. Oh, yeah. Boom, I'm oh, out. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, even where I'm telling you that, and it's clone, that yeah. yeah, Batman Slade's uh, clone. And then what happens is he has a dummy issue that he said. I'm telling you, Christopher Priest has now become Deathstroke himself. He has this dummy script that he sends out, but then he does his other script, and somehow he works the printing press that night, prints his own <laughs> goddamn comic, and sends it out. And, oh, my God. Everybody would lose their shot. be so funny. But, yeah, with that, he's like, oh, I'm going to have to find – You know, I'm going to have to decipher this message, and it's basically to go find Slade because at this point you don't know exactly what's going on. Yeah, but but Slade's our only connection right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's going to go off there, and then you have Jericho. Like I said, he's like pop you know what can be said that hasn't been said about him that guy's all in and basically he'll do whatever he has to do if he is a sous chef he's going to be the goddamn best sous chef and if you're better than him he'll fucking kill you to become the best it's like, such a weird thing though because we like i said we have this whole documentary black and white style going on where you know the, these you know son figures of our main characters mm-hmm. are being interviewed about their fathers but we have Dick Grayson as Robin from yes, like 10 years ago. Yes, and now you have Jericho in his current Jericho. deal. Yeah. Yes, that's weird. It is weird. 
Uh, and there you have it where, I mean, you could have even had, you know, uh, I, I don't know. You could add something from before when he was a little kid where he hated yeah. him and stuff like, like that. Like Adelaide made him his first costume. He was going to yeah, join the yeah. Teen Titans and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. But he doesn't go that route you have there where you see a guy and he's there, the janitor. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you're trying to fool us, but you're not fooling us, you know, but as it is, they kind of is. But he, they go. There's the guy, Chow. Batman grabs him, and you get a lot of this back and forth with decoys and things like that that you're like, okay, uh, whatever, because decoy. And they, Batman just yells that well, because the guy he grabs. It's just an odd thing, though, that doesn't really play yeah. out well, all that well. Well, that's what I'm saying. My, Some of these things we have, are just weird. Yeah, because we have Slade Wilson, you know, yes. like he looks, it looks like Slade Wilson dresses a janitor yeah. trying to gain entrance into Chow's freaking penthouse. Yeah. But this is just a decoy. It's set a decoy. To, I, I don't really, What is this guy getting I, out of this? He's about to be is, killed. I, I'm, I'm I trying mean, to think about how this works because in my mind, Slade doesn't really know about Batman's whole thing with this. So he sends a decoy in while Batman has a decoy Chow hanging from yeah. the building. So they're both going after the decoy, but I'm like, why? You all yeah. know where everybody is. Yeah, that's that's the thing. This is what I'm saying is at the end of this, I was a little bit disappointed with this. Now, again, he sends the decoy in to get these guards away from what's going on, and then as Deathstroke goes in, Batman comes in and spoils the party. So I think that maybe that would be that this guy gets detained. They start looking at him to allow Deathstroke to go and get Chow, but in the meantime, I don't know why that guy would do that. I mean, you are really setting yourself up to be killed. Uh, but yeah, then you see Deathstroke is watching. He's there on the, on the, the freaking, the monolith or whatever you'd call that, that big giant tower. He jumps off and that's where you have the wintergreen AI. And this is nothing like, if you don't know what it is, I really, th I think that you're going to be left in the dark because he's even like, hey, virtual Billy, live with it. And I'm like, boy, this makes sense to us. We're reading. And, and the thing that, you know, he's gone back and forth. And then there's that thing in the back of your head of like, is it real? Like we left with that. So where is this taking place? See, I'm telling I, you, I just came into this since I realized we're not picking up anywhere where we left off. I'm going into this at, with the idea that. Everything you have read so far in Destro, you yeah. just take the main yeah, thing because take, yeah. this is out of continuity. It's not out of continuity. Not, but, yeah, but it's wherever it happens. in for wherever it, it is. It and may, so I'm we got a virtual billiard yeah. working, and we have Deathstroke with an icon suit. Uh, you have Christopher Priest, who is, again, we think that the book is going to end soon, and that's why this is thrown in. But if it does continue, I guarantee you that a couple issues after this – will be where the wraparound is to start this. That's how he plays these things. He really does. Uh, but, yeah, if you just jumped in, I just don't know that you'd know what that AI is. But, you know, he jumps off. He's only got so much thrusters. He does have the, you know, the whole icon, you know, the sheath going and all that. Uh, Batman and him just battle, and they do. And yeah. you're seeing in this in a good way of – how they work, how they plan things, how the, you have Batman go and he's grabbed on to Slade. Slade's trying to use his thrusters but can't use them and at the end just lands on the Batwing. But the then bat he ends right up jamming that. that. Yeah, and jams that. That crashes. They go, you know, and he says to Batman at one point, like, you're not going to be able to fucking break my neck. It's not going to happen. You're not that strong. And either way, you won't do it. Yeah, and then even where I think that it's the best because – 
This is Deathstroke. You have to remember this is the Deathstroke book. It's also Christopher Priest. You also have to – in my, back of my mind, I think of his Justice League where one of his big things was for him to get Batman out of the the uh, leadership role of the Justice League. I'm not sure he likes Batman. Oh, so I'm telling you, from what I get here and what we've gotten out of Justice League, Deathstroke is better than any character yes. in the DC universe. And he's going to do he's that. He's the only person in my mind that could take down Catwoman at this point. Yeah, and why I like yeah, really, why I like this is where they're fighting underwater, and it's Deathstroke who then seems to save Batman. I think it's such a big thing for Deathstroke to be like, "Give me your hand, let me get you out of here." Okay, you you so done like, screwing around, buddy? Best because when they go down in the water, you know, like Batman had chains wrapped yeah. around Slade. They both go in the water, and they're both going under. And then next panel. Batman's just in the, like, coming he's in the up water. The seems like he's drowning. He's already up. He's already up. That's what I'm saying. Like, it makes me laugh. He's like, you all done screwing yeah. around now or you want to have some more? Yeah, uh, that makes me laugh. Now, in the meantime, while they're falling through the sky and fighting, Batman's <laughs> also yelling at him about what happened. You know, what's with this chow? Why are you yeah. doing this? Why'd you leave that? This DNA? Blah, blah, blah. When he gets out, he's like, you done screwing around? What the fuck are you talking about? Just let me see. He looks at the papers like, huh, what huh what's this? Old DNA test? And he's like, you know, proving you are the father of Talia Ghoul's son. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then so? you have that whole deal. I, and he's, I tell you, I left this whole yeah. thing. It's like, because he's looking at the DNA, he's like, well, like, uh, what, an old DNA test or something? It's like, proving you are the father of Talia Ghost Son. Yeah? Yeah, so? whatever. And yeah. then he just looks at him. Oh, stop it. I have money. I sleep around. Yeah, what do you yeah. want from me? I'm like, you're damn right. I yeah. love you, Destro. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, too, because I don't – I thought he was playing at at the beginning was like, yeah, you know, she may have – you know, there may be another – person it may not be like he thinks it might but no he's like yeah you know what then he says like a weird deal at one point like you know what you're running around anybody who's a genius or not even a genius doesn't have to be to realize that that robin of yours is now ghoul and stuff and that's a weird line to throw out there but basically they want to know like what the fuck's going on and slade's like why don't you just go ask talia or rache i you know why are you wasting my time i'm a guy yeah i like to drop the seed every now and again but i've been given these dna tests over and over and i don't care i get a year batman screw off he's like listen you have the batman devastation fund i have the slade child support fund believe me (laughs) it's 10 times bigger than your devastation always working yeah he's like yeah why do you think why do you think i am so rich uh, but yeah, you have it where Batman says, you know what? Until this is figured out, I'm going to figure what's going on. This is nonsense. But until that's done, you're done. Deathstroke's done. And Deathstroke's like, really? Y- you really think that? Like, the only reason that you're allowed to be Batman is because I let you. Like, it, it, and it's it, such a great back and forth. I'm telling you. And this is, I'm telling you, this whole confrontation at yeah. the end. This when, is I'm the best you, part. The, the setup for why yeah. they're there and how, like, how they're screwing it's each other. It's shady to me. It's not great. But yeah, once it's you not. get Batman and Deathstroke actually tussling and talking about oh, yeah. each other, going back and forth because you realize at this point, oh, my God, they are so similar characters. Yeah. Ba- Deathstroke's threatening freaking Batman. Batman's threatening Oh, I, I love this. This setup for what yeah. we're going to get where you know Deathstroke's going to keep working. He's going to keep being Deathstroke. Yeah. And Batman's going to be there every step of the way to shut his shit down. I'm like – that's an interesting story yeah, that I, I want to read. I really love that part. The problem is getting there. And I think that getting there was a little forced. It came out of something that I, it seemed wonky at first. I'm telling you, if everything was these last five pages, once the yeah. Batwing, even with them falling and Batman yelling and seeing all that, if that was the whole issue, this is like a 9-5. Uh, the problem is with me, you start with a, I think on purpose, I think that what happens 
I'm telling you, Christopher Priest does not like people to, to, he makes you earn your way. Oh, yeah. And even that soccer deal with that, I think that that's him saying, okay, you know what? Let's see what they do with this. You know, are you going to get that into this that you're going to do research? You know, the answer for me was no. I can Absolutely get not. what's happening and I can go with it. I, I'm telling but you, even I'm then, thinking away that, you know, for some reason, Wintergreen and Alfred are friends and they yeah. both have these secret lives. I like that idea. But I'm going with, with that. that. There's that weird deal. Like I said, I have to defer to Simon and everybody in the Slack that's from the UK knows the situations they're talking about. They don't really jive. It right. seems weird for Christopher Priest. This is what I'm saying is – it, something might be going on in the background that we're not aware of that those are hints that things aren't really jiving. I mean, even to the point where you have Wintergreen and Alfred saying these things, are they testing each other to see if they really know what they're saying? Is it, is it as easy as, oh, I want to see if this guy really is a supporter and I'm going to do that? Or is there something else going in the background where these little clues like the AI being there and not kind of jiving with was, is that part of it? I don't know. But by the end, uh, I left all that convoluted thing. Even like you said, the guy there that's the the Deathstroke, uh, you know, he's pretending to be Deathstroke. The decoy, and yeah. like the decoy, it seemed odd. But by the end one, it's just Deathstroke and Batman. I, I really, at the end, the whole it's thing really is that I think it's just to continue the whole – I actually start out yeah. the continued idea how alike these two are. They yeah. both have decoys for the situation. Yeah, and it makes me laugh too where even like – Obviously, Batman knows who Deathstroke is, but it does make me laugh when he takes off his, his mask and then he puts it back on at the end to go. And I'm like, Slade, you're walking to the water. Where where are you going? You diving in there? Because Batman's <laughs> walking to the dock. And it's oh, almost I like – I didn't think this one through. I'm telling you, gotta, that's I the problem. Going, though. That's Can't what I'm around. saying. I'm, I'm telling you, they're like, you, you know what? You're going to stop. No, you're going to stop. You know what? I'm going to be on you, and, and ignorance is bliss. You let me do what it is. No, truth is a burning wall. Yeah, well, you're walking that way. I'm going this way, buddy. And the <laughs> shit, the fucking ocean's there. What the fuck am I saying? Okay, eh, I'm just going to go for it. Just dives in, goes down for a little, holds his breath. Like, is he gone? Uh, it's I, just, I just very imagine Slade's so stubborn. I'm swimming back home. Yeah, yeah he's going to swim back home, and Batman's <laughs> going away from the sunken Batwing. I mean, everybody's doing something fucked. It should be the opposite. He should be going like, all right, let's get the Batwing. No, no, he's going the, the wrong way, and there's Slade going. So it, it just made me laugh. Pacific yeah. Railway back yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's gonna take that. I hear they stop at an island that has a lot of good heroin. So I'll go do that. Good but times. yeah, uh, I'll tell you, I like it a little more that we talked about it. I gave it a, I think I gave it a seven three. I a seven three or seven four. I got to pull seven three. I gave it just because of kind of the mess. It's a little messy at the beginning. It, is it really time, is yeah. to get to that point. But I even I think I I tried to say it in my review. It, it's still – Deathstroke still one of my favorite books, and I do think that I gave it a little points off just because of this weird bumpy transition from issue 29 into this. I think I may have been a little unfair that way. That I don't know. Really stuck I, I think it's me. actually justified because we are doing a continuation. This is not spelled out yeah. to be something by itself. It is number 30, continuing where we yeah. left off. No, yeah, it's so, a new yeah. a story, but – you need to have some kind of like you know continuation yeah. from where we left off. And I think the art's great, but there's oh, some amazing. confusing you know transitions and progressions. And well, that that so, whole chase scene could have been yeah. better illustrated yeah. in my mind, or just and, better and, depicted. I mean, the art yeah. of it looks great, but because of the angles and how they chose to depict yeah. it. That came off on. Yeah, it did. And the first half of the issue was soccer and the, uh, you know, chase scene. And then you finally get to the deal where you have Batman going to find Deathstroke because 
of the, the deal. Now, I also want to know what happened with Chow and is Deathstroke just heading off into the water to go kill him and, and whatnot because we saw the decoy at that one point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, even that, it might be left behind. But even so, the, the whole deal. But that end was really good. I give it a 7.3. Like I said, what would you give it? I'd give this a 7.5 out of 10. I'm telling you, I, it really got me excited for yeah, this I'm excited. whole arc. Yeah, I'm upset that we don't have a continuation of where we left off because it made sense to be the perfect start of where we would have a Slade versus Batman. Yeah. But the story itself, I, I'm sure there will be a wraparound. We get this whole thing where we think it's going to be one thing. Oh, yeah. why is he not tying this it up? It always oh, wait, is, yeah. Here we are four issues later. He did tie it up. He's yep. a bloody genius. Yeah, but, oh, you so son I of a bitch. Look, I still look forward to the idea that he will wrap everything yeah. up and that whole idea. But for where we are, I'm really excited for where this is going. Yeah. I just didn't like that fucking chase scene. The beginning soccer bit was a little over the top. And, you know, like we said, there were a few things were odd here and there. But overall, this was a strong start to this arc in my mind. Can I go, oh, priest, you've done it again. Can I say (laughs) that at the end? We'll do that. You can do whatever you want, baby. Well, we're going to move on to the next uh, priest book. I'm not going to be as positive for this one, unfortunately. Though I think, again... It does end pretty well. I mean, is he getting to be really good with endings? And and I, I, I think, think he's that, getting to be really good with Deathstroke. Yeah, and I think that there's some issues behind the scenes with with this issue especially. Uh, but we'll talk about it when you tell us your blurb. What is the blurb, Eric? Justice League number 42, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Pete Woods and Sweet Willie Shoe. Sweet Willie Shoe. Wonder Woman is injured. Superman is pissed. The Green Lanterns are clueless about what's going on. Cyber gets his self-repair started, and Batman and Aquaman show up with the fan. Where Deathstroke just shows up and shoots him before telling the Just League that they all suck compared to him. Yeah. What What's weird about this is the fan is just there, the whole issue. Like, I keep wondering, yep. like, why is he just driving around that Jeep with him and things like that? And that Batman got really, him somehow. The yeah, teleporter didn't work anymore. And it just anymore. really just got pushed aside to the point where then it's like, okay, uh, Deathstroke's here, and he kills him. And the only thing I can think of is that this was going to be a bit of a longer run. And when this whole thing with Scott Snyder and, you know, Justice Lost and the whole new Justice League no, dealing no justice. where – No justice. I mean I always say Justice Lost, but no justice. And uh, with that, they said, okay, you know what? You were going to have eight issues. Now you only have six or whatever it comes to be. I think yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. – something definitely seems short. And now you say – you said to me as well that you still have that lady out there possibly but i don't Rita. know if yeah. we're ever going to go to that and i think i love pete wood's art in the series i don't love it here it's very I'm off you, i like aspects of it but other aspects i really don't like i've done yeah. some really mixed bag for the art for me of this issue I, I agree now isn't that usually what we see when things are changed or rushed or i really think that this issue had some things changed about i mean i'm telling you anything that really goes with like the uh batman and the uh the fan and aquaman it gets a little wonky at points and and i think that those would have been the things that were kind of changed a bit and even so just everything and you have this background where yes you have this very political deal where it's in africa you have red lion he's setting them up he's really playing them as fools uh where basically he wins no matter what because he's basically you know funded all he, these he, different factions yeah, to go he, and he's fight created each a other. diversion so he can go and freaking invade another and, country and really what's going on and what this is if you really want to get to it very similar to the setup of what we're going to get later in Green Arrow, where you have a country that was pretty much set up to destroy itself, and you know, people in the end, the the big people win and the the regular people lose, and you're seeing this where there is not going to be a winner, and the Justice League is really struggling 
to pick a side and who they help and things like that. Now, the problem I have, I don't mind that. I'm telling you, salvage rights to me, nonsense. You find out that Red Lion is playing both sides. I'm starting to like it a little more. The problem is, is you never really resolve much and you don't get much out of it. And that's the problem with this whole arc with me so far is we're really not, you have the whole idea of, oh, that's just the just us league. And you have the Red Lion. He says it in this again. Uh, but really, is this whole Justice League arc to make again uh, Deathstroke look like a badass and Red Lion to fucking come out smelling like roses? Because it's a weird arc of Justice League here and also pointing out at one point that Deathstroke shows up and says Cyborg has ruined everything and shouldn't be the leader. Where we yeah. have that set up now, he also ends up doing a little trickety trick. Uh, and I don't understand really the trickety trick. I'm telling I'm you that is the, 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 the way they do it. Like you know, like oh, I'm injured to the point of dying. But if yeah. I jam this knife in myself, I may be able to reach like the back door I had programmed in myself yes. to reactivate myself. Oh, he's repair. reaching the back door, my friend. But even then, it's like I go down to the transporter, and that hits the protocol, and that it does get. That's to me the sciency thing in this. See, doesn't make is, a lot I, of sense, but I can go right by it. What it what it just reminds that, me of? I think of the Green Lantern rings when they do that protocol when. When they're going to die and they end up hitting that protocol, I'll go with that. Uh, but like, yeah, in my mind, though, the whole idea that like was every issue so far, it seems like we have to have a very heavy section where we have to go super science and explain yeah. how things work. Instead of that, in my mind here, we have this whole long drawn out thing. We, well, have, you have a we Wonder left Woman. the last issue where Wonder Woman was, you yeah, know, that's how had a ricochet book. I hit in the neck where now she's just contemplating the idea of immortality being an Amazon growing up on Themyscira yeah. and what it is that they were and stuff like that. I'm like. Why do we need to have a, t- a time now that we're going to take a break to talk about Wonder Woman? We know yeah. who Wonder Woman is. Yeah, we do. And now it doesn't really go anywhere. And it's because where- I think that he's there. And he. I, I really think that he's used this book. Uh, he, it's classes in session. He's going to show you how Flash runs in space. He's going to do this. To me, this is something that people go back and forth. It's also something where, again, like Tom Taylor had the breathing masks for right. Superman. But not to breathe in space, but to talk so you had that with this i really think that christopher priest like you know what i talked to a lot of people and they think that wonder woman is impervious to bullets she's not and you explained it the best way to me today at work where you said if she is really throws the bracers out you you would have no reason for the bracers which is one of the coolest things that wonder Woman has because she deflects bullets with them she deflects bullets with them because she doesn't want to get hit because they can hurt her, and you have this here. And I think that that's what Christopher Priest is really – that's the lesson of this issue. Now, we, we forgot just a little bit where we start out, and there's Jessica and Simon again with nothing to do. They're I was heading actually back. really hoping we were just going to go over this because yeah. it does nothing. We're well, the back. only reason I want to bring it up is only because they do – Give you the uh, nod that uh, it's finally somebody acknowledging that Batman's going to be getting married Besides to Catwoman. The Bensons. That's the only yeah, and the Bensons, which we thought did a really good job, and and were left out to dry uh, by Tom King, it seems. But yeah, this is another nod. Uh, that Batman and Catwoman are getting married, though they don't really know who. They're they're very. It's a very like vague it's, thing. It's where, a very brief thing where Simon continues talking about that lunch he's gonna have yep. with Superman, and she and keeps Jessica, talking about kissing Batman, kissing Batman. And Simon, Simon's like, "Isn't he engaged? Oh yeah. my God, what have I done?" I mean, I'm telling you, if this was what the dialogue was constantly in the Green Lantern's book, boy. That would not be much of a book because I'm telling you both of them, I'm waiting for one to say to the other, but really they're both broken records. 
I want one to say, like, will you stop talking about kissing Batman if you stop talking about that lunch? Because that's all they oh, talk wait, about. We they don't have anything to talk just, about anymore. That's what I'm, I'm hey, telling you. That, pancakes? We like yeah, that, pancakes. That's what it ends up in my mind. They hate each other's guts. This is small talk at work. It's living the dream. That's all they're going to Hey, Simon, you working? Are you working hard? Hardly working. That's all it is. I'm, I, you know, I'm a Green Lantern. I'm paired up with the wrong term. We're both part of the Green Lantern. Oh, We're God. flying back from this mission. And he just starts doing his fucking annoying. I started flying like a mile away yeah. to get back to oh, Earth. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No warthards, evil mites. You're not saving anybody. Aware of my power. It's not working. Light. Oh, God. He's like, let me rally the troops with the, the oath, and they get killed. Yeah. Nobody's rallying any troops. Yeah. So it's just, I just wanted to mention it because of the whole, you know, oh, I heard he's getting engaged, whatever. And even when you have later, where Simon, boy, can he be more needy? When when Superman's like, hey, we can talk about that maybe over lunch, and I'm telling you the way Superman acts, he doesn't even remember that lunch. He's like, yeah, he thinks sure, this whatever, is man. a new deal. All right, whatever. But yeah, you have this thing where they grab Wonder Woman. You have Superman try to cauterize the wound with the heat vision, and then he's going to go save her, but Flash shows up and says, I'm faster. You have that whole I'm nod faster. at that. You can save way more people because yeah. we have these freaking warring factions yeah. over here. You get back there, let me have Wonder Woman, and the whole even thing with this – we go off, and it's, it's, we, it's, the time it, we spend, it's me. not much, but it's yeah. enough to actually upset me that I don't think it's going to pay off anywhere near no. like anything at the end where we have Flash get a hold of Kid Flash, who then yep. gets a hold of Raven, so Raven can show up where Flash is with Wonder Woman so she can do some magical medicine on her. Yes, the problem is... Is all I can think of is me and you talking with Chris about the Raven series. Well, Raven pretty much says that she really can't do anything to help somebody away. who's dying. She can only take the pain away. That's the, the only thing that I can – she might F the pain away, Eric, if, if you know what I mean. But that, oh, I got you. I, I like that song. But with that, she, we, we've been pushing the whole deal where she can't do that. And I, it just made me feel weird, like, oh, okay, like, that is Marv Wolfman saying that, you know, a bunch of nonsense, it is, but it isn't, <laughs> continu- it is his character, that's what I'm saying, so, in to have continuity. Raven show up, and it's in continuity, felt weird, uh, for her to be the one who's gonna heal them, but in the meantime, you have the, the Green Lanterns, they show up, the, it's just chaos, there's all the shit going down, they don't know who to, you know, help. Everybody's they, fighting. They, they, they don't know the situation. No, all. They, they don't we have know a bunch all. of people around a fucking fallen watchtower, just yeah. f- firing guns at each other's tanks everywhere. I'm like, what's going on, guys? Please explain who I should hit. Yeah, and and in the meantime, while that's going on, you have Cyborg desperately trying to get to this apple. After he talked to Deathstroke, Deathstroke showed up. He's like, hey, look at me. I'm peeling this apple with this knife, and you're terrible. Bats should have been in the lead. You've been played. Uh, Matthew, who is uh, Matthew Bland, I believe his name is, is the uh, Red Lion. He's like, he's yes. played you. Uh, no way Batman would have fell for that. Uh, but hey, it, smell you I, later. Have I your find fun. It weird though that you know at the end of last issue we had Red Lion show up with his yeah. troops to try like talking about salvage and shit like that. When in actuality he's just trying to get all eyes on the media on this big war that the Justice League's yeah. around. But why does he carry Cyborg back to his palace I don't and know. put him in Deathstroke's room to die? I don't know. It seemed like he. I I don't know. But he's there, and then Slade's just like, all right, well I'm not gonna help you. You're you, an idiot. You, you really fucked this yeah, up. You, you fucked know, Batman up. was better than this than you are. Yeah, and he, you know, he's doing the Apple deal. He puts it there, and then Cyborg's gotta get to the knife. 
Uh, Tahani? Eric? But you have him there, and he's trying to do this, and the whole deal is he stabs himself. And that's where you have Batman, Aquaman, and the fans show up and like, oh, my God, somebody put a you know a knife through his chest. And you just go, eh, just whatever. And, and again, the thing is, it feels so... like we're getting really rushed at the end, like we talked yes. about at the beginning of this review, because – you know, as far as we knew, the teleporters were still messed up. Yeah. And now we have Batman and Aquaman Teleports. teleport to where yeah. Cyborg is in the Red Lion's palace. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, you have this. Then in the meantime, you have Red Lion. He's on all the news deals talking about, you know, honestly, we don't need uh, the Just Us League here. We have millions of dead Africans over decades. You guys show up, and I'm telling you, you go through this issue, and we haven't really spelled it out. But, boy, there are times where you go three pages. You get five editor's notes from Deathstroke, and I'll talk about it later for Green Arrow. That kills me. It really does because you have ju- – Green Arrow's Green Arrow. I, you know, it's not one of the biggest books. Right. Justice League is a book above and beyond Deathstroke. So to have the Justice League book, to me, it almost seems like it's it's way down or it, it seems like it's a less of a book than what Christopher Priest thinks his Deathstroke is because everything in this relies on your knowledge from Deathstroke. And it really – it really bothers me. It does. And I don't know why it bothers me so much. But to see an editor's note, me and you read them all. So I yeah. know exactly what he's getting at. But some people who are reading, you know, Justice League and then they see, see Deathstroke number one? Like, really? Y- you want me to see that? And I think that there might be some people who miss out on the full story because of that, uh, especially with Red Lion. And to me, this is not as interesting a red line as we saw in Deathstroke. So like, I don't think people are going to want to go and see it. Red was never a character that I thought was a I, strong character. I liked character. him enough, obviously. It's like, a, oh, I'm Red Lion. I'm, I helped Deathstroke. Yeah. I hire him here, here and there. It's Black oh, I Panther. I did all this to try it, to get a hold of this icon is. suit so I can yeah. make my Red Lion suit. But even here, it's like, all right, he's just here. And now, like, you know, all eyes are on the Justice League and this war going on. Yeah. I've invaded this country over here. The, gov- the U.S. government has gotten a hold of me. I'm going to look. There's nothing. I want the no-fly. I'll give this this land back that I have acquired uh, from yeah. this other country, but you got to take the no-fly zone off, yeah. off my country off, and you've got to give me one of those new shiny iPhones yeah, you guys and, got. And I'm with like, that – This yeah, is weird. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, and even, this, he's a joke of a character. If you remember the UN-imposed no-fly zone, all that, yeah. that was when Deathstroke left him there and like, oh, you know, you're, you're fucked. Uh, you know, he played – Deathstroke played Red Lion in that like Red Lion is now playing, almost like you can get the idea that Red Lion, everything that he's doing, in the there, idea from he learned yeah. from Deathstroke. He learned how to play this deal. But to go, it just – to me, it's like – it really to me points to the idea that the Deathstroke book is obviously – his love of yeah. the, you know, he, that is where he, he's, you know, really pouring his heart and soul in. He was asked to do this maybe as a solid. Hey, can you do a couple issues? We're going to figure out what's going on. Uh, things I think got wonky a uh, little bit ahead of time with the uh, Scott Snyder stuff, but it just makes it seem to me like he cares more about the Deathstroke book than this. So well, why you, am I caring so much? Every book that has a callback to this issue seems that Deathstroke is the head honcho at DC. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's funny because he is a character that every time we've gone through reboots, and I'm talking like the New 52 reboot, then we had the change-up of DCYOU, then we have Rebirth. Like it, every we've time, had three Deathstroke yeah, titles in yes, five or six and, years. And we keep sitting there. I'm like, boy, why is, is this? And it doesn't sell great now. I love it. I've always liked Deathstroke, and but I always liked the, the book. books and Rebirth Yeah, right and now. so it's not like we're saying it's not good, but it is odd that it keeps going and this is just throwing in your face now with this and i know that like ruben's probably listening now and it's driving him nuts uh because of what we're saying this issue ends basically with cyborg explaining how he reset himself he punches out red lion we're gonna go but the big thing is deathstroke just shows up and shoots the fan done and I'm like, really? That was all we had. This and was the you, this, story. This actually really makes me upset at the Just League characters in general because this is a Just League book. And this yeah. is a celebration of all our heroes together being the best they and can they possibly be. And they just stand be. there. This whole time they're arguing about what they can and cannot do and posing their will on foreign countries yeah. and all this stuff. And while they're arguing – Deathstroke walks up and shoots a man right yep. in front of him. Right like, in front you of him. the world's now, mightiest we, heroes. Yeah. What the fuck happened? How can, and we don't have the repercussions yet of what might happen, but they, they weren't there to help him. Uh, no, and, and Red and Lion's there. Deathstroke walk past to go end this Tell goddamn me. war between all these different factions. Yeah, and, and with that, I think Red Lion pickpocketed him. He has his wallet, I think. He's, <laughs> I'm like, you took his pride, too. I but yeah, didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's there with just funny. the wallet. Hey, look at this. Hey, he's, how do you think he got so rich, Eric? But with that, it's just, it's so weird to just go. And I said that that's our only thing. It's not. The, the big thing has been the fan and the idea of the just us league and where they right. can go and where they should be and this the African thing is, is yeah it's still playing out here but really the people versus just league seems like a thing of the past now they're in Africa well, to, just to going on give in you more though. you know what I mean though like it's like okay that didn't hit as much so let's do this and we can get them involved and things like that and nothing is really that crazy exciting to me and going from this the only thing i want to see is them beat the shit out of deathstroke for killing a man though at the end i would think that somebody and i for some reason i think it'll be simon saying well that kind of solved our problem you know what i mean I, i know that that's a bad thing but and i think that that's also the writing deal with not having enough time it does kind of get rid of something that might have been hanging there because they couldn't figure out. Uh, do they have the right to imprison a guy for life? Do they and have even this though and they that? can't because he would spill the beans on all that. I mean, like, yeah. They have to keep it a secret to hold him because if they yeah. put him on trial, where are they going to mind the wipe him? Where are they going to do this? Well, now we don't have to worry about that. And that was one of the things with the fan that was kind of in the background that was intriguing to me and to see what they would do, uh, even with the point where a mind wipe kind of brings in identity crisis in yeah. Batman. And, you know, and honestly, it really even throws this some kind of actually makes me think a lot of identity crisis because yeah. they did just kind of stand there while Deathstroke murdered a man, yeah. which did solve all of their problems. Again, it's a, it's a cliffhanger. I'm waiting to see exactly what this happened, what it did, and the repercussions. They just go get him because I don't even know what Deathstroke really is doing at this point. You know, he's, he's there. That's what I'm saying. Then he's there. He looks like he's off to go do Deathstroking, and I don't know what that means here in Africa while Red Lion's there. I think He's trying to freelance for the Justice League. I'm going to take care of all your problems. You guys are going to owe me something fierce when I'm done. 
Again, are we going to find out that he's the fan, Eric? I, I don't no, know. I think it's – and it's the weird part talking about shooting the fan, which is the highlight of this issue. I'll tell you. Yeah. Him, Deathstroke showing up and just shooting the fan, taking him off the board for everything we've dealt with. It's kind of a cop-out. It's also kind of cool, though, just to go that it route. Is. Yeah. It got me excited for the next issue because I'm like, like now the stakes are the highest they've been in my mind throughout this entire run so far. Yeah. But with the fan being dead, we also have the idea that the fan was working with a woman named Rita who might still be out there. Yeah, we don't know, and and hopefully that does tie up. I also like that Red Lion yells for diplomatic immunity, Eric, and it's been re- it's been revoked uh, with a punch. But yeah, like I said, there's that little bit where uh, Cyborg explains how he, you know, stabbed himself, hit the reset button that was also from the transporter to omit his failsafe, whatever. It, yeah, it really it, is really gets forced. a bit heavy handed yeah. to get what yeah. they need. And through this all, if we're going to say anybody gets the short end of the stick, boy, Aquaman has nothing to do in this. And uh, he's just hanging out with Batman. But even so, you do get all the characters a little more than you did with Brian Hitch. So, And uh, I'll tell you, overall, I think that this is better than Brian Hitch's run. But it's not as good as I was hoping and not as good as I was expecting either. So yeah. uh, what did you give this? I gave this a 6.4 out of 10, and I don't know. I think I went a little high with this whole thing. Yeah. I think the ending just really got me charged up. Yeah, I like the ending. Been. But like overall, it's like a lot of pop and circumstance, pop and circumstance to get us to where we need without a lot yeah. of extra. Like, I still don't know why, like what the Green Lanterns were off doing with Martian Manhunter. They just had yeah. to be out of the story they just to come get back. the story where it needed. And then Cyborg had to be out of commission to get where the story needed until yeah. he was okay again. It just feels like a lot yeah. of like, you know, uh, we're going to have this until we don't. But like I said before, the art's a mixed bag for me where I do like a lot of the art, while a lot of the other art I think is like kind of rushed looking. So yeah, yeah 6.4 is what I went with. I might have gone a little high though. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 6. I, I like the art enough, but then it gets wonky. It does. Yeah. And I do think that everything with this has to do with something behind the scenes. I mean, you have where shit just happens, like you said, to happen. You also had the Green Lanterns off with Martian Manhunter never explained because to me, you... Christopher Priest thought that maybe they would have been able to save the Watchtower from crashing. Maybe so he couldn't have them there. Hell, so he gets like them out of there. for the Green Lanterns to show up to collect the Watchtower. Yeah, yeah. And even with this, the weird thing about the transporter, uh, you know, there's teleporting around that seemed weird and yes. all that stuff. But it ended pretty cool. So, sure like did. I said, uh, I am looking forward to next issue to see how. I, and I believe next issue is the last issue. It even says so. at the end. It says you know it wraps up or whatever. And maybe this was that issue where Christopher is like, all right, I'm gonna have to cut some things. I'm gonna have to get to where I need to go. I'd rather do that in a penultimate issue so that I can have a strong finale that people will remember instead of really rushing at the end. I mean, he probably could have had just at the end where, oh, no, what are we going to do with the fan? And you have fucking Kate Kane show up or uh, or Cassandra Kane or whatever and shoot her with the golden gun uh, yeah. like in, in uh, Batman and Corporate. Kathy Kane, yeah. Kathy Kane, yeah. Uh, you, I'm glad he didn't do that. I think that he ended up doing the wonky stuff to get us going in this issue so that we can get a good finale because I – I still do trust him uh, to to give us something good out of this, and if he gives us a good finale, I'm in. I'll be like, okay, you know what? I like to leave a series. It, well, it a wasn't a strong note. arc, but it was a hell of a finale. But yeah, That's it was a say. hell of a finale. And if Christopher Priest does what sometimes he's able to do, maybe he wraps this thing around where all of a sudden he blows our mind next issue. Yeah, and amazing. I, yeah, it would be. And it's it, he has done it. So maybe he will. Maybe all of a sudden we find out he has like three pages where we're like, 
Holy shit, that ties in seven things now. Holy moly, this makes ten sense. Ten out of so, ten smell yeah. later, I oh, quit. Oh, the best. Oh, my. Wait, where is – what did you just say, Eric? Oh, there you go. Proud, proud, and proud, Eric. You on the seventh. But yeah, uh, I I hope so. I would love it. I mean, quitting Eric is what I mean. But oh, me we're gonna go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah! It's mail with Jim. Oh yeah! It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah! It's mail with Jim. Amen! It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah! It's mail with Jim. Boom, it's Mail with Jim and Eric. Eric's All here right, with me here. as well. And I said in the intro earlier, way earlier, Eric, way, yeah. way earlier, uh, that we were going to be doing a mail section that we did not get to put on the last podcast because I didn't record it. And this is it, and it starts with John Wayne. Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. Hell, howdy to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the amazing, fantastic, and spectacular pilgrims at the Get Fresh Crew. Howdy, Kilgrim. Oh, howdy, Kilgrim. Gentlemen, how are things? Shout out to Andrew and Belfast for posting such an iconic clip of the Duke in the Slack last week. Been a few weeks since I've written in. A couple weeks ago, even one more. Eric, <laughs> it's funny too because oh, I keep he, thinking about it. he keeps putting a timestamp on this. I know it's like week. you can't. Uh, it's funny though because when he wrote this in the same week, he wrote into Trevin and Double A Run on the Marvel Madness podcast, and that went to their spam, and they didn't read that either. He, he's got oh, a John lot Wayne. of problems with these mail. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was midterm season, so I was grading papers and such, which we all know I love passionately. And then Who last doesn't? weekend was my buddy's bachelor party where we drank way too much wine up in napa eric oh fancy it's like sideways come to life i think i've never drank any wine i i I think i've had like one is boone's farm i guess they called that wine eric back in the day is mad dog clearly wine do you drink mad dog in the napa actually i would probably have last drank mad dog in the parking lot of a napa is what i do eric when i get fancy that's just fancy to me but clearly i can't drink the way i could as an undergrad lol I don't think he was drinking wine in Napa at the undergrad. So there, that's what happened. I had planned to send in a short mail along with my first rant and rave. Though, to be honest, all that would have been is me belligerently raving about the state of DC Comics. But alas, I did not recognize the concept of time that day, and it was too late to send one in. And he did end up uh, sending me a note at one point uh, saying, hey – uh, on Twitter, like, and it was almost like Homer sending Marge the love note. You could tell he was drunk. He was smashed, Eric. <laughs> hey there, buddy. You got some time for the rants and the raves? I'm like, actually, we're, we're in the middle of recording. He's like, oh, well, it wouldn't have been that great anyway. I am, I'm drunk. So I said, well, I, I never stopped Brandon ever. From, no. You know, that's basically that, that phrase never has come to Brandon in almost every major point of his life. Like, well, I'm pretty drunk. Oh, uh, well. oh well. I got to get up and go to work today. I'm pretty drunk. Oh, well. <laughs> like, don't. First, I'm drunk. Oh, well. Anyways, here's my thoughts on the last couple of weeks. Then he wakes up. Oh, my God, we moved. 
He didn't even know, Eric. It was two months that he had. Why do you think he drinks so much? How do you, how do you think he got so drunk? Anyway, here's my <laughs> thoughts on the last couple weeks of books. Man, that my longest mail ever. Don't you skip anything, Jim. And oh, then God. he says, thanks, everybody. Goodbye. No, that would be me skipping him. Of course, I would not skip anything. Uh, like I said, the first time we read this, I uh, read a mail that was over an hour long. And I uh, and lost your mind. Yeah, lost my mind, lost lost what I'd say I lost a friend that day, Eric. I lost a friend. And an hour of your life. <laughs> I lost a friend but gained a lot of free time. First thing, uh, Ari, all this news about new books, teams, etc. Jorge Jimenez on Just League with Snyder is a dream come true. His art and Alex Sanchez on colors are my favorite team. Not awesome. a fan of the three ninety nine price point for the double ship book, though, and it'll be the only book I buy out of the three new JL books because of it. I think that is mistake putting that 399 price tag on the regular justice league because what like john wayne's doing you may not get those other two the just yeah. dark and the just league odyssey books just because of the fact that you know you're already spending that much twice a month it does feel like snyder is giving us elements of the jlu animated show from my childhood which well, i'm I super did, stoked i think on. i did read or hear somewhere that that is his just league team yeah. and he would always have that like i think it's from years ago it might have been his uh, interview on fat man on batman years ago where he did say, like, you know, if he ever did a Just League, it would be that team. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And there, there you have it. What we talked about at one point, like, there's where you get a creator who at least is doing something that it's something he wants to do and he loves, I guess, instead yeah. of forcing stuff. But we'll see. Dancing Mike's grit in his teeth, as we say. This. Benson's on Green Arrow called it. Will be interesting. Definitely going to give it a shot. Their birds run was meh, but yeah. I like their canary enough, particularly in the Black Bird arc. They've also mentioned in interviews that they're fans of the Arrowverse shows, so maybe we'll see some elements of that. And yeah, with that, Eric Shea, the voice of the Green Arrow fans, at one uh -huh. point he was doing the book when Mark Guggenheim jumped on Arrow for season a, a little 2. bit. Five. Yeah, and uh, even then, I think he was on that regular book as well, too. I, I can't remember who they had on. Remember when they changed up Green Arrow after Jeff Lemire left, and they yeah. made it very centric to he the brought show. Felicity smoking, yeah. Diggle was doing some and more And everybody stuff. went nuts. They they hated it. All the fans were going nuts saying, this is bullshit. Keep your TV show to yourself. We don't want it in the comics, so we'll see how it goes around this time if they do that. Uh, but yeah, Felicity's in the continuity. So maybe they'll, you know, they'll grab her and bring her maybe. back. I don't even remember how that, I think she just left. Yeah, I think they I were honestly, like, we don't I, have room for you. I think she was going to hang around or to stick around, and then yeah. the next issue she was just gone when the new creative team took over. Yeah, it was weird because we even laughed because it was like one of those things where, like, oh, oh that didn't hit, so they just said for her to go away or whatever. And Diggle was already on. He was at the end yeah. of Lemire's run. So well, Lemire, and Lemire, obviously throw he's, him in. He's, um, He's in it now anyway, so we'll see how that goes. But that's uh, but what's this with Adam Glass on Teen Titans? No Tomasi, no Superboy on their team. Hope that's not because of Bendis blockade on the super characters till his mini ends in July. I think it is. And I don't know. Uh, today even at that C2E2, Tomasi Gleason, one of your favorite uh, comics, yeah. Eric, especially when you're drunk, uh, they were talking about it and they were – I see – 
Double A Ron was like, see, I don't know if they were kicked off the book when Bendis come, came on because it seems like they were talking like their ending is where they wanted to be or whatever. I I read it. It sounded From a the lot way it like sounded the company me, they were kind of tired. Like this double yeah. shit has been killing them. And even if they continued, we could have only done it for maybe one more year. Yeah. Now you say that with their double shipping, probably of all the teams that we have on these books, they were the ones who took the most time off uh, out of all of them. I mean, there's a lot of these guys on the double shipping steve orlando that guy won't take a day off he, you know maybe he should but he doesn't uh they seem to have a lot of like people jumping in and out and whatever and even gleason himself you know a lot of times we weren't even getting him so and that superboy and stuff like that is obviously gonna wait and see what happens with bendis and that character you know change or whatever he's up to and and uh, i'll tell you too uh i actually double a run had a lot of the bendis stuff and we were talking about it was listening to uh not listening watching it in in this like text message format on newsarama and as it came on i don't know if the context would have made it better uh that bendis seemed like a real asshole i I, I hate to you know mince words here but yeah he seemed like a real jerk that was like and it was funny too you would have loved it at one point they have people and and reading the text way is kind of funny because all of a sudden the next person got up and said if there are plans for wonder woman coming up because the book's been real garbage and no <laughs> no comments then it just went on to the next one i'm like i saw oh, you man. guys talking about that oh my god that's so funny anyway superman and super sons last week were fucking great though i still hate bizarro speak it's Who bittersweet doesn't? that tomasi gleason and you can go with that that this is timed you know a time deal but you can go this week as well it got worse and company are leaving the super books soon just as it seems they've rediscovered their footing big blue has always been my favorite character in all of comics but what his team has done to revitalize the character is in my opinion the greatest achievement of all rebirth they established clark lois john as the emotional center of the dcu and for that i will forgive or forever love them i just got a daily update that our mixler limit has reset that was that song. awesome there you go i know jim's been uh, getting antsy about john possibly being gone calm down he's not going anywhere i don't know ben this i mean th- this is a universe where they got rid of batman and and superman for a while so uh, uh, you can't say that just superboy is a given and even the know? whole thing too it seems if they there's the biggest possibility in my mind that they could for everything they set up in the superman run even with the superman reborn where we had lois and clark being this blue energy that were combined with the red energy john Must has nothing to do with superman to be reborn the anomaly yeah. out of all of it yeah so we're gonna have to see bendis loves developing young heroes he's not gonna throw away arguably the most popular thing that comes from not. rebirth now you say that too and a lot of times bendis does love young heroes he also loves young heroes that he created and yeah. this is not his. So it may be one of those where, yeah, John doesn't go away, but it's going to be in another book. Maybe Tomasi would be off on some other thing. I don't know what it would be. A Young Justice, I think you said the last time we I'd were talking about it. this. And he's been adamant in an interview so far that he's building off of Tomasi Gleason and Jurgens, not rebooting things again. You don't know when they're towing the company line. You don't know if they're saying things just to say it. If all of a sudden Bendis comes in, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm on these Superman books. Reboot, baby. People Ah. will go nuts. They'll fucking go after him. Plus, solicits indicate that Man of Steel Mini will be all about Clark, Lois, and John. I know. That's what scares me, Eric. How do you think I got so scared? Jim, I promise you, the super fam will be fine. If anything, I hope that Kara gets more involved with the family now that Orlando's run has been canceled, and I'd love Supergirl. And you saw uh, some of the things that they put out for that Man of Steel Mini. Supergirl's in them in a bunch of different things, so I'm excited for that. 
Uh, one of the things, though, when Bendis first came over, I, I don't know. Things were going in. They were, you know, banding about. And it wasn't that far off. But really, the things that he said at first really pointed towards Lois being gone. And then Bendis came out and said, please don't get upset. It's all going to make sense or whatever. I don't know if it's going to be one of those freaking time displacement things where Lois is gone and then there is no John because of that. Like John is just a casualty of getting rid of Lois because he wants to write a book that isn't based on a family deal. He wants to get back to the Clark Kent. You, you can have a must couple crazy – Must be Superman paradox. It, it must, be, <laughs> must be Superman craziness. Uh, but you know, you have a Brian Michael Bendis coming onto the character. He claims that he's always wanted to write and things like that. You might think that maybe he'd like to write a classic story with the Clark Kent at the you know the Daily Planet and things like that, where maybe something like a mind I I don't know a paradox a mind wipe would make not sense, but would be something that a writer would want to deal with. It's almost like a um, Superman brand new day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you're talking, Eric, and and also with that. Uh, there was a thing where I remember a wise man once told me, and this wise man might have been the cellar dweller. I'm not, he looked uh-huh. just Maybe. like the cellar dweller. I don't know why. It kind of looked like you Not that man well. shout, Eric Lee? No, no. He looked more like uh, the, the cellar dweller when uh, Batman ended up dying and they had Gordon in the bat suit, the bunny suit, things. And I said, boy, I wonder if Scott Snyder screwed, like pissed off, uh, only thinking that DC was making him do this. And I said, you know, you have this book. And then you said something like, well, maybe they like the challenge of kind of doing this and trying to explain it and try to work it in and things like that, that it'd be fun for them or challenging. And yeah, maybe Brian Michael Bendis wants a challenge and a challenge would not just be continuing a series the way it was. I don't know. I'm just saying things. We'll see what happens. We got some times coming up really quick. Yep, love new soups in the JLC, and it's rare where I can't have fun with this book. I'm eating up the political stuff with North Korea, says you, but I find myself <laughs> laughing my ass off with Keenan somehow being the Mac Daddy with Ming Ming, Avery, and Lanny Lan. He is. He's a player. Not a player, Eric. The kids say it's a, a player. He says what a player. No, that's a player. I have kids. I hear their talk. They say what player. a player. They say he that that chump <laughs> that chap is quite the player is what they say. And then I say that's good. Really hope this book is sticking around for a while. Don't think it will. Uh, they've really been pushing this as like the last arc anyway. It's a weird thing to come back just for six issues, but it does kind of point out the solicits. Yeah, that this cyborg. Is yeah. After weeks of teasing, but don't even bring that up. Now you're going to bring me down. After weeks of teasing me with fun, uh, seems like the flash is back to meh status. Most of Williamson's run has been with emo or douchebag Barry, and I thought we'd po- uh, move past that. I'd like to see an emo flash. He's like a black suit. He's sitting there. He's got, like, when oh, you neg- think of an emo guy. Uh, you know, a negative flash. I got yeah, you. Yeah, you think of an emo guy, though, he's got to have, like, the hair covering one eye, right? One um, eye there, and he's, like, just sitting there looking at a candle. Sometimes I like to go with that hairstyle. Yeah, well, that's what he's doing. He's looking at a candle, maybe, you know, cutting. I don't know, Eric. That's, Writing dark knows. poetry. He's upset because he, he wants to write dark poetry, but the speed force, it's going too fast. He's got to, emos aren't known for their speed. Like, you, you sit there, they like to just sit and mope. It's tough. Not a lot to of be, emo track stars, you tell me? Yeah, no, no. I, I know that Usain Bolt, not a big fan of emo poetry, Eric. He, he's not. That's just the way it is. Wonder Woman is poop, poop per usual. Really hope Robinson has moved off soon. 
sucks because there are some fun ideas uh, he's working with here, but it just comes off like poop, poop. Eric, you can't say that twice without this. Poop, poop. There you go. You can't do it. Ideas on Jason's superhero name? You, you had one last week, right? I couldn't was, think of it. I'm telling you, it was Wonder Man, but it's a Marvel character. Yeah. That's what I want him to be is Wonder so, Man. So funny. We went through this mail before. I didn't have a good uh, thing last time. Uh, I don't even have as bad as stuff. But why didn't I uh, Demi-God. look into this? Demigod. Yeah. How about Jason? How about that? Did you like that? Jason. Jason. Jason, the guy. The Argonaut. Who? How about the Argo Nut? How about that? Would that be good? The Argo nut. <laughs> How about we Argo not do this? How about he's like, hey, let's go nuts. That's his catchphrase. He gets there. He's like, come on, Argo, let's go nuts. I, I don't know. See, I told you I'm worse off than the first time we did this. This should not happen. I should have come up with something really clever. How about the I, – I don't know. Basically, I was going to think of something with uh, the golden fleece even, but I could not come up with that. Maybe when he goes, hey, looks like you're the one who got – Fleeced? Could that be one? I'm only good with the catchphrases. I'm yeah. not good with the names. I, am You're I only getting, good with the catchphrases are these for good, one issue. Are these good catchphrases, though? He shows up. He's like, man, I knew the Argo Nuts, but you're Argo Nuts. It's, he says it to Joker. It's a Joker issue. This is, it writes itself. I'm telling you, I see what he's going with this. This is a great character. Hey, it looks <laughs> like you're the one who got fleeced. Yeah. It's working. It's working so well. You really well. need that rim shot. Yeah, I do. I do. Here, wait. Here, I'm going to do it. I actually, I, I thought ahead. Uh, you're going to be very proud of me. Hey, you think you're a thief, but it looks like you're the one who got fleeced. Oh. Oh. Well, actually, for what you're pulling out here, that makes more sense, that sound effect. Okay. Basically, only thing I'm stoked on right now, LOL. I'm really looking forward to some of the Black Label Wonder Woman stuff just because her main book is so bad. Also, the uh, Earth One. Wonder Woman is coming up soon. I think this summer, uh, Volume Two. I'm looking forward to that. My favorite Grant Morrison. Creation. Not on my watch. My favorite Grant Morrison creation. Consider me on the way to early hype train for her to get a daughter in the continuity. That would You're be awesome. You, you know that if she got a daughter, you know I'd love it because they they make her look like that cute little Diana, uh, even in the Legend of Wonder Woman, and that always gets me. It melts my heart. Teen Titans was good enough and sadly may be high point of Percy's whole run, uh, though maybe I'm just getting dim feels because this arc is literally taking place in my backyard from when I was growing up. Loving the terrific so far. Rice's art is best. It's been in a while. I do agree with that. I actually you love the art. Uh, there was a point where Ivan Rice's art took a, a weird turn and i i forget I'm trying what, to remember it was. what book it was was it cyborg I thought it was that or was it possibly aquaman way back like there was a weird run where yeah. i even questioned that maybe something was up with them but who knows and i'm just a huge fan of metamorpho and plastic man's dynamics so far and it's it's fantastic for i've always yeah, also i, I always love the loved... thing in human torch as well and since we talked about that i've gone and read a lot of uh marvel i've actually been reading a lot of marvel kind of getting ready for that fresh start see what that's all about and things like that and i mentioned before that i'd never really read a fantastic four book and i'm happy to tell everyone i still haven't eric good, i'm reading good. i'm reading reading venom out of nowhere. That's the first one I picked to read. Venom. I've also uh, – not even Spider-Man. Venom. No, I've also Venom. always loved the Rex-Sapphire-Simon relationship, so I hope we get more of that moving forward. Still want to know why the hell Rex was helping Stag anyways. Me too. But now the meat and cheese metal and doomsday metal was pretty epic conclusion, but I can't help but feel like the scope of things was overhyped a bit. 
Yeah, I agree. Every issue is basically the bad guys outfoxing the heroes, and somehow Ding. things just turn in their favor here. Uh, where Ding. is the sound, Eric? Oh, I'm having problems today. Uh, because of the 53rd Earth? Can I give that a slam? Yes, you can. The fucking 53rd Earth didn't do a goddamn thing, and it doesn't make a lick of sense. Hey, they didn't account for the 53rd Earth, bitches! The thing is, if the 53rd Earth would have showed up after the freaking world, the universe was remade through their fucking minds and breaking the source wall, that would have at least made some sense to what we had. 53rd hey, Earth before great. that shot. It, it just was thrown in there, but the Wild Hunt was never going to be part of this. It came out from that. Anything that came out from and, that was nonsense. And even the thing we got, we got Detective Chimp and Mr. Stubbs. Where's that goddamn Chimp JLA? Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know. It just rang hollow to me. <laughs> I get that it's spinning into no justice and then all those teams afterwards, but I just want a little more substance, I guess. As for Doomsday, it may be unpopular with the rest of the Get Fresh crew. It's so funny that this is an unpopular opinion. He's loving it, Eric. He's, he's going to McDonald's on this bitch. But the right. damn delays are killing all the momentum. I agree I with that. that. I also, like I've said in all the reviews that we've done, I've talked to Eric. Uh, he barely listens to me. I say it so What's much. That? Uh, yes. But, I'm in it more for the DCU side of things and to see the intriguing part of the Doomsday Clock to me was to look at the landscape of the DCU a year later from right. when, you know, that deal is and we haven't really gotten anything since the first What are you talking about? Page. Superman had a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> a nightmare? My whole life is a nightmare, Eric. I'm not there. That, that's not getting me. But, yeah, this is what I wanted. So when we get a number four issue where it's pretty much – and, yeah, I'll tell you, I'm not saying it wasn't needed, but it's not what I'm there for. You know, right. that's, that's it. I mean you go to a buffet, Eric. You can tell me that the spaghetti on the buffet might be you know, part of the buffet, but that's not what I'm there for. I'm not a dummy. I don't eat spaghetti at a buffet. I'm not going to go and get the bread for, at, at the Shady Maple Buffet that we potatoes. go to. They have a whole like bread cart, and basically that's the rookie cart. You see anybody at the bread cart at a buffet? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you move. here for? Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, you want to see – move, bro. Uh, what, yeah, when we're here talking about things, people always talk about how people treat them bad at a comic book shop if you don't know what they're doing. But I'm the comic book shop guy at the buffet. I just sit there like, look at you. Get out of town. I tell him. I tell him to leave. This was a good issue, but because it's been two months and we have to wait two more for number five, it feels more like a throwaway than it should. When we reach the halfway point, I'll send in a mail uh, do a rant or rave about exactly why I'm enjoying it and all the symbolism I'm appreciating. Eric's appreciating it too. He really likes yeah. it. I, I mean, I would say though that that's the problem is the delays between issues is what, cause when it shows up and you have to review it, it's almost like because of the delay. All right. What it did comes I up, read? Yeah. Last even that. Time. And it's like almost like it comes up as like, a chore even because it's it doesn't even seem like a regular thing. It's almost like when I had to go to my grandmother's. That's what it feels like to me because sometimes I didn't – the weekends that I didn't have to go to my grandmother's, I didn't get beat up by my retarded uncle. And those were good weekends, Eric. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I've got to go back to it. And yes, everybody likes getting beat up now and again, but it kind of felt like a chore. One final yeah. question before I depart. I asked it of Trevin and a double-A run over at Marvel Madness. So I figured I should ask you guys as well. If you could trade an artist or two from DC stable for a top writer or two over at marvel now this is the best too i'm reading this we didn't even follow the rules last no, time I just we're supposed to trade too. an artist for a writer. a writer 
Uh, who would it be? Well, first off, as I like to call him, because we are on a, a very close relationship, Javi Fernandez, Eric. Yeah, I Javi. would get rid of Javi and maybe even a uh, Riley you, you Rossimo. Gotta rid, you got to get rid of a DC writer for an uh, Marvel artist. No, it's, artist, if you could no, trade an artist or two. See, it's, it. these are rules. You love rules. You just can't follow them. Uh, we got to get a, an artist from DC. So I'm getting rid of Javi Fernandez, Javier. And also Riley Rossimo, which is funny because I can't really consider him a full-out DC guy now, but I'll still throw him in those two for uh, Donny Cates and Nick Spencer. There you go. Maybe even Don Slot. I'll do that. Dan Slot. I think <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm trying to just go with what I know, and I don't know much. But what would you go? I, I know even less. At least you're going back and checking out some Marvel now. I haven't really There's read Tom Marvel Taylor, in years. Yeah, yeah. I, I would Taylor's definitely take Tom Taylor, and I would get rid of Javi Fernando as well because he's one of my Fernando. least favorite Fernandez. <laughs> I think that there was a cut in the thing. It sounded like you said Fernando. No, I uh, did. I okay. did. Fernando. See, I call him Javi Fernandez. You call him Javier Fernando. You know, he likes it both ways. Sir. But go. Anybody else that you know? No, I, I realize Say Donnie Cates. Know, you'll you'll come out smelling like roses. A freaking Marvel writer. So Donnie Cates. Say Donnie Cates. I'm, I'm, throwing you, I'm throwing you a solid here uh, that people will be very impressed. Uh, they can't hear me now. Who was that this, writer that people years ago was hoping was going to leave Marvel and go to D.C.? Uh, well, you'd have uh, – I don't know. Uh, oh, I God, think it was big Brian pain. Michael talk. Bendis. No, not no, that. No, they guy. always say Mark Wade and stuff like that, but you know, it wasn't he's Mark over there. Wade there was uh, else Jonathan doing... Hickman is another one yeah, they Hickman. say, but, Hickman but I don't fun. think he does much over there now anyway. I don't, I don't even know, know what these guys do. Your time places. has come and gone. <laughs> You're dating yourself, Eric. And just like me in high school. That's uh, the only one who would date me was myself. So I'd trade Roge, Antonio, and John Romita Jr. Raj? For Tom Taylor, Raj, uh, for Tom Taylor and G. Willow Wilson. And I do like G. Willow Wilson. I did say I've been reading a lot of Venom. I still don't know why, Eric. Uh, but I did read a bit of that Miss Marvel and really, really liked it and really liked the idea. I was telling you a little Biggin. bit about it, and you actually were enjoying uh, the talk when I was telling because it wasn't a cut-and-dry, like, superhero-type story. It was really good. I'll even throw in Steve Orlando as a sweetener. Thank you. Steve Orlando has his image book coming out this week, which is the best thing I've ever, ever heard because that kind of points out that he's no longer DC exclusive. I'd have Taylor step in. Best thing I ever heard because I don't have to read it. Yeah, yeah. I might do it on my other review show, so take that. Taylor, Why would you uh, do that to yourself? I don't know. It's interesting. In the near, I, I won't. In the near future, maybe Wonder Woman right now. Tom Taylor and Wonder Woman, I've never heard that said. Sounds awesome. It really does, and I think that that's kind of what you would have needed after the Greg Rucka would have been something like a Tom Taylor who writes well, a very superhero-y comic. You well, know, we can still do this. We'll just pick up where we left off with Earth 2, like James Robinson had Earth 2 run, and then Tom Taylor took Oh, I was just going to say, that's weird. Here. You said that, and I, it just dawned on me, because I was thinking as you said that, I'm like, I thought you were going to say something. I'm thinking, okay, we have Wonder Woman and Dark Side in this. What would go on? I'm like, holy shit, that's like, it's not the same, but it's the same thing that happened with Earth 2 when yep. he came in. And you, and you'll admit, when he came on, you were not as big a fan as you were not. of James Robinson, but, it was very comic booky. He's a very comic book esque writer. Where and the there's problem big is, it got convoluted, and, and they had this whole idea yeah. with worlds, and that really screwed up everything. Yeah, yeah, but it's big action packed stuff, right? I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but his little three issue arc in Batman and Superman, Eric. Mwah. 
I, I rarely right. have said that. Then I'd have Wilson on Supergirl and or Teen Titans. Titans, uh, I think she'd be awesome on Teen Titans. She really would be. Her work on Miss Marvel has been fantastic and would love to see her work with some of DC's younger heroes, just as my deal. Like Miss Marvel is like when we talk about the books that, hey, that's an Eric book. We say this all the time and we, I try to explain it, but Miss Marvel is definitely that type of book. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is a gym book, though everybody thinks I'm this old curmudgeon or whatever. Those are the things I like. You like children. I Yeah, you. I do. And that's what I, I do like. Children are our future, Eric. And uh-huh. listen, reading You're that Miss Marvel, it really, really is good. I just started reading Venom for some reason. Damn, that did turn out to be my longest mail ever. Hope you enjoy it, Pilgrims, Kilgrims. Maybe next time I've got uh, next time I've got so much to say, I'll just leave rent and rave on like Dancing Mike. LOL. Who that? That might be some shader. How is life at work with the hooligans? Did Jimmy solve his septic tank issues? The answer to that is. He did not even – we don't even know what's going on. He At one point, he was going places in a park to shit in a porta potty, and then the school found out that his kid was doing that and stepped in. But instead of calling youth and, and child and youth or whatever they call that thing, they child ended services? up – Yeah, yeah. There's another organization that I, I always get threatened with, Foster Eric. Care? That's why I know. <laughs> the police – uh, they uh, they they gave him coupons for Burger King. Burger King, maybe to go take a crap there. I don't know. Maybe be more regular. Just I always gotta make take a regular? crap after Burger King. That's true. You really do. Uh, keep killing it as always. Always oh, says any of the younger ones figure out who John Wayne is yet? No. No. no, God, I don't know. Keep killing it, as always, my friends, and I'll talk to you both in the Slack this week. Best John Wayne. And yeah, Jimmy's Best latest, John. I think Jimmy's latest that he came out, his girlfriend was selling rhinestone jewelry his, his or wife. wife. I don't know what they are. It, really, do you really think that possibly they got divorced on the books to kind of work the system? Because I'll tell you, I could see them doing it. So maybe there's a girlfriend. So there. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, wrong turn, left his house, then went back. Uh, yeah, there's that's the other thing. I, when we talked about that the other day, I think that might have been on the Patreon spotlight. Uh, wrong turn, left his house. He told us that he was leaving. We drove him to his mom and dad's. And then a half hour later, he went home. And wow. then I don't know. He had all these crazy, And then he came talk. back and annoyed the shit out of me the next day yeah. to the point where I told him to go fuck himself. I don't yeah. ever want to talk to him again. Yep. Usually that was me. At the one point, remember, I threw a, a bunch of two-by-fours at him. <laughs> that was the best. Just started screaming at him and uh, threw all those two-by-fours for him to pick up. Uh, this time, I didn't say a word. I just sat there and watched it all unfold in front of me. And then throughout this whole argument where – not an argument because it was very one-sided. Eric yelling, you know what? I fucking hate you, and I'm never talking to you again. I'm done with you. And then he'd go, hey, Jim, are you mad at me? I'm like, I, I don't have anything against you. I'm just having fun. I'm just watching the Thanks wheels. Thanks for having my back, by. buddy. Yeah, I'm watching the wheels turn right here. I'm loving <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, I just sat there and whatever. Uh, yes. Well, I'll tell you, there has been some times, though, where I have put bans on people only because they were mean to you. So at least I can have one time that I can enjoy myself there. Uh, the next mail is Andrew and Belfast. And most of these, Eric, you don't know of. I've kept them away from you for your feelings. Thank you. A lot of people, yes. Andrew and Belfast is next. And thank you, John. 
John. Uh, he says, greetings, Jim and Eric. Ooh, up, Burnham Reggie. Hope all well with you, fine gentlemen. I'll keep this relatively short, as I suspect that you'll be inundated with mail given this week release of Doomsday Clock and Metal. Again, this was – we didn't we read apologize. it. We did read it, but it, it didn't get recorded. I'm going to be a positive person this week. The purpose of this email is purely to thank you both for the fantastic analysis of Metal 6, brother. Nice. Which added so much value to my reading. Eric Shea, when we got done, he lit a cigarette and he said, you know what? I was an informer and an entertainer. I said, you just messed up the line, Eric, but I agree with you. I'm a fairly superficial reader of comics and don't tend to remember details after I've read. I do like continuity, but find that I usually forget bits and pieces of the fine details. I'm the same. I got to read all these over and over just for the podcast. So it was helpful to listen to you guys and read the views of people like Simon on the Slack chat. That episode of the Patreon Spotlight added value to my reading of the books. I had went back and read issue five in The Wild Hunt before moving on to issue six. Uh, After listening to the Spotlight, I'm going to read through all the issues plus Batman Lost and Wild Hunt again slowly. Although I buy a lot of comics, I don't often reread them. It's nice, therefore, to get a series of books and I bet that lend themselves to this. In fact, on reflection, I think that any flaw that metal stemmed from it being almost too jam-packed with interesting ideas. There was so much going on that the series was fit to burst. I have to say, like my pants, Eric. I'd like to say I'm okay with that, and you know I don't wear pants. I'd like to see further elaboration on the musical elements in the future. I agree. And I'd also love to see more of Earth 53, as those chimps were epic. You God say that... I would have liked to have seen more in that finale. I don't really want to see more of them now because it didn't make sense. The limitations on those two elements make me wonder. There was no reason not to make that just an earth that wasn't like, you know, represented yet that didn't have a designation. There was no reason. It was just for that wild hunt. And then they had to add that little bit just so that people people would have lost their mind even more. It didn't even make sense to me. I know. It didn't. It, it really didn't. And then going back, and they really stressed uh, with Kendra and Barry at the beginning with the map saying there's there's 52 worlds. Yeah, I know, Kendra. There are 52 I've worlds. I've been all over. Yes, I've mapped 52 them all. worlds is what I've traversed. I know. It is 52 worlds. I agree. <laughs> 52 worlds. What do you think of that? I think it's 52. Bitches. I'm telling oh, you. No. They said it like 700 times. And then you get to the Wild Hunt. And it's Earth 53 comes in at the end where if you were going to go that route, would you – I'm just asking you off off the cuff here, oh, Eric. Would, it, would you have rather have had the Earth 53 save them in a still dream wish machine type deal? Because really that would be – if Earth 53 – say Earth 53 came, the chimps came, everyone. and they saved the day. And at the end, everything is fixed. And they're like, but Earth-53, you shouldn't have existed. What happened? They're like, no, we existed in you all this time. Or or just, you know what? There are only 52 I worlds. I want to this apartment down. The 53rd world. Like, how does the 53rd world exist? It exists because of the love and hope of the DCU, which is basically how they ended anyway with the Kumbaya circle. Would you have been better with that because at least it carried on from that, or would you have hated it just as much, if not worse? I might have hated it more. Okay. Now, he says, the limitations on those two elements make me wonder if we'll get a director's cut version of a bit where we solved Mr. Miracle issue number one a few ways back. Uh, who knows? Uh, but I'm, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I welcome it. Now, I, I will tell you one thing. Uh, talking a little to Scott Snyder, uh, he is not one to 
double back on what he says. He's not one. I mean, at one point he was going to come on the podcast, and it was after Eric had reviewed maybe one of the Dooms, maybe maybe the first I think it was issue. The casting. I think it was. I fort. actually think it was Metal One because you did not like that, and with that whole deal with them, or with uh, you know, Mongol and stuff like that, and you thought that it was a little down. I, I really think because I started, I took over at issue two, and I think it was okay, because I thought you of took that. Over number one. No, I think that it was two, and because of that, nah, I might be wrong. Whatever it was. Right. Um, I said, oh, it'd be so cool to come on and give Eric some ribbing. Like he was going to come on at one point. And I yeah. said, you know, give Eric some crap and it'll be funny. And he said, listen, I don't like to do things like that, which makes it seem like I'm trying to, uh, you know, defend my deal. I like how it stands, whatever. But it, it lends the thing to me that if you have a, a director's cut, no matter what was going to happen, you're not going to see it in that. You're only going to yeah. see a director's cut of and, exactly what And all Jim really happened. wanted was, you know, to put me on blast and make me feel uncomfortable. Oh, I'm telling you, the whole thing was going to be on the slide, too. We were going to get on, and then all of a sudden, you were going to see somebody show up. And I'm like, oh, by the way, we have Scott Snyder here with us. Uh, he has something to say to you, Eric. And I wanted him to say to Eric, oh, like, God. you know, how dare you? Where do you get <laughs> off? And it would have been hilarious. No, no, he didn't want to do it. And he no. didn't want to look like a jerk. I understand. Exactly. That's the but, thing. Is he didn't want to look like a jerk, but it was all yeah, just for good fun. It was going to be fun. People don't get you, Eric, is what happens. They don't get you. Who knows? But as far as I'm concerned, he'd welcome it. I still fully can't grasp uh, why Batman and Superman went from old fossil-like men to the shiny metal heroes. Tenth metal, Eric. It's, yeah. It does everything. Element I X. look back. I, I just thought it was uh, the whole idea of the forge the lighting metal. again. And it was going back into the light. And really, where they were, you would think even there's a possibility they died down there. I mean, they went in the lava, Eric. And if you die, you become your sexiest self, which they were. So it all made sense to me. You reading between I, the lines here? What's going yeah, on? No, they died. Sexy self, Eric. Between that these does, lines, Jim. There's no reading. <laughs> How dare you? I look back through the books but can only assume it is the forge or the tenth metal. I can't see a clear reason yet. Sexy self. Other thoughts. I think Dark Knight's issues were too drawn out because they felt they needed to give a tie-in for so many JL characters. It was too much. I think that all the tie-ins were too much. I think that the book could have used two more issues, the series, get rid of all of the other things and just have an eight-issue series where that's where I'll give Jeff Johns props is you have the Doomsday Clock and it seems like that is going on without any tie-ins or anything. You're just going to get that story. And really at this point, they're probably kicking themselves because those tie-ins could have been filling up the gaps. I'm but telling you, I think something saw, might be announced later on because we still have a long time to that series over, and I think they might start filling in these gaps. I don't think they will. I think that he's been pretty big about that, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I'm not saying that books won't come out of it afterwards, right. but he was pretty adamant about no tie-ins, where Scott Snyder was adamant of the tie-ins didn't mean anything, and then he changed his tune and said that they were important. But I actually read through the six issues of Metal itself, and it read a lot better with just those, with just the six issues. No, it did not solve and the all the, the problems. Casting. Yeah, and the fortune of the casting. I, it's funny because I, I don't say that, but yeah, those are part of the main deal. And like, it didn't end up any better or worse or whatever. It just was a better story the way the pacing and everything oh, was. Oh, it definitely was. I'll tell you, like the Doomsday Clock, the delays in Metal really killed the yeah, momentum. Yeah, and what you, like, you, you would have to go back and read because, well, what the hell did I just read last well, issue? Well, that, that two months you know, ago. You have one month where you had all of those dark Knights books show up. Then you had, you know, the the bats out of hell and the, yeah, the bats resistance and yeah, all this crazy. stuff. And it was just like at, at the time that you got back to metal itself, you got confused about what exactly was in what. 
And, you know, where, where are these cards going, Eric? These what magical, the magical cards? cards. By contrast, I'd have liked more on the Gotham Resistance front and then more linkages between that and the New Age of Heroes lines, like what we briefly got in Sideways. Uh, although Mike won't be happy with me, I'm pretty much loving the prospect of a cohesive Snyderverse extending out of No Justice, etc. in the well. future, and think that with Metal presumably busting open the multiverse, that the Spectrum DC will have to play with will be immense. And I know, like, Dancing Mike was upset. To me, opening up the multiverse, if if somebody came out tomorrow and said that there are now only three Earths in the multiverse or came out and said there's 10 trillion, it does not matter to me. It really doesn't. I'm mainly concerned with what we're doing and our main deal. Earth zero. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really care if there's an Earth 7 trillion. Now you start having a story that hinges on an Earth 53 when there shouldn't be. That's a little different story. But just opening up the multiverse, I could care less. I really could care less. And you're going to get that dark label bunch of books where it's going to be Elseworlds and things like that. If they think they have to open it up to kind of make that fit into a multiverse and things, they don't even have to in my mind but if they did that's fine with me i'm really not concerned with that sort of thing uh as long as the stuff like the source wall going down and things like that are explained or it leads to good stories that's all i care about that's really what we're missing now in these books and why everybody seems to be down in general is we're just not getting good stories so if we get them out of that i don't care how i don't care what the road is eric i just need a fun destination but that scope will allow some of the unresolved parts of metal to be developed in the future. Metal definitely has the feel of the start of a thing rather than the end. I'll admit that Snyder's writing seems particularly dense and full of ideas when one has been exposed to Tom King's run. In fact, Snyder just seems to ignore anything to do with the King verse, and that's pretty much fine with me. Yeah, you didn't see Selena at that party. The only and question mark for I, I, me Actually, what? I was just thinking as we're going on here because I, I'm still stuck on that goddamn Earth 53, but to say, like, Earth Zero, doesn't that mean we only, like, go up to Earth 51, so the big thing would have been the reveal be Earth 52? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem is when they did say that it seemed yeah because it goes zero to fifty. Yeah, they I didn't even think one. about it. So right they now they skipped World War Four and went to World War Ten. Eric is what they did, and three. I I, I actually forgot there was no World War Three yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's here on your house every day. Every day I have World War Three around me. So yeah, they they skipped all those at World War Ten. Doomsday Clock now feels a little tired in comparison. I have a vague notion, however, that there may be moves afoot to connect the two events up in terms of the resolution via Dr. Manhattan. And if it does, I, I may need so. to praise DC a lot more than usual. Could we look back in retrospect at a grand plan that links up in a lot of respects? If we're going to do that, I'm now going to I'm going to start a new hashtag. I never heard it. Trust the process, Eric. I know you've never heard this. Hashtag. Trust the process. Maybe not. If so, though, history may look back on this period of DC sympathetically. As for me, I bear the scars of buying a lot of issues that didn't go too far, a ropey last-minute mixy insertion into a major storyline, which gave us a choose-your-own-continuity uh, through Superman Reborn. I have to say, at this point, though, Snyder at least looks like he has a very ambitious plan for a cohesive universe of his design, spinning off into these Just League titles, and may have stolen the, mark, uh, the march on Johns, who seems to be something of an absentee landlord 
at present. Or I could be completely wrong. I'll say this, though. First two years of Rebirth makes the first two years of New 52 look like they were choreographed to perfection. I think there was a little more editorial deal with the new 52. And also those guys, it kind of was a new plan. I know I'm, I would guess, and this happened when we had futures end where I said to you, like I do, Eric, I have theories, uh, you Uh know, on top of theories. And I said, you know what? I don't think some of these writers were really given a a roadmap to to what they had to do with these books. And I ended up talking to a couple writers and basically were basically told that, that they said, no, they just said, write uh, anything. And so when you had issues in the same city that that didn't go together and things like that, it definitely was because they were just leaving. But I think at the beginning of the New 52, because it was so important to reboot, I think they had these plans and talked to these guys. I thought that me and you said, we think that Rebirth's first arc, you know, first trades of all the books definitely had more of an editorial hand. They oh, We yeah. thought it was Jeff Johns that he was going to be big on this, try to get – I mean books like a Ben Percy's Green Arrow change from his new 52 DCYOU. God damn, that I was mean terrible. I'm telling you, but it got 50 times better out of nowhere because it seemed more of a fun legacy type deal. It started being more comic booky. And then it kind of changed after that, and things started losing their way. It was almost like everybody was at this big meeting. Everybody was fired up. They, they Everybody was on the same page. But five weeks after that meeting, there hasn't been a meeting since, and people start forgetting what happened at the meeting and start doing the back to their old ways. And it, it kind of – a lot of these books just really went off the rails. And hey, not hey Jim, I got a little update because I was doing a little bit of research there because oh. that 53rd uh, – you know, Earth 53 was bothering me. They never said Earth 53. They said – the 53rd world which is correct okay so they didn't say earth 53 they said no. the 53rd world so yes. yeah that would make sense but it's still where it come from still a wonky way to say it yeah. too yeah uh though is uh, i don't know even if they said because that's like one of me like when i say like flash would never go well in flashpoint because he wouldn't name something that he was involved with they wouldn't really name their earth but i guess why would they know that there was the other i don't know well, they had a map of the multiverse, like yeah, everybody does. I guess. Yeah, they 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 had a map that they weren't on. So, yeah. Anyway, got to go. I'm off for a break with the family for a few days, so I won't hear the podcast for a while. I don't know if I ever told Andrew that we didn't record his mail. <laughs> <laughs> he probably listened to us like, those fucking assholes. And now, he, oh, I get it. They're, no, they're just I like morons. to think that he was on vacation, didn't get a chance to listen to it, and hasn't listened to it since, so he doesn't no, know yet. No, I ended up – I talked to him. He says this. He's like, he's going to be on a break and won't hear things or do things in Slack. I talked to him all goddamn week. I was talking to him. I'm telling <laughs> I was like, talking to him I, yesterday. I'm telling you. I was talking. He's back now. I'm telling you, this was like Monday, Tuesday, and he's messaging me. He's like, I don't know how much data I have left, but he's wasting his data on me. I'm very uh, happy for that, but I was not – I felt the pressure of giving him some really like – good feedback and things like that so he's like man i'm in in the stale they we don't have much connection and my wife's getting on me and i, I give him the great lol eric there you oh. go i'm not gonna waste his data lol and might be off slack for a few days have fun while i'm away look forward to catching up with the bo- both of you on the rest of the get fresh coupe but when i get back and that is from andrew and he has a ps shout out to my man reggie on two fronts firstly just to say sam humphrey's on harley enjoy that pudding He's all excited. Yeah, I'm telling you that I talked about that 
in the podcast, I think last week as well, later. And boy, that, I don't know. That's Sam Humphreys. He's, he's a card, isn't he? A card indeed. Secondly, to thank him for some reading recommendations. And this is, he got this from Eric Shea. I don't know if everybody knows, but Eric Shea does have an Amazon wish list with the, uh, the following books he's going to re- be reading. Uh, King Kirby's run on Jimmy Olsen's oh, Superman's pal. Kirby's entire 1970s New God series and his Mr. Miracle series loaded into his Kindle fire. Uh, and holiday reading at its finest. I'm sure America's sweetheart will agree. Ta-ta uh. for now. And that is, and I have my Kindle fire. Everybody in the Slack chat and the Get Fresh group, boop, 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 we're talking about how they got a Kindle fire and how they, uh, jailbroke it to the get the peer deal. pressure? But yeah, I got it. I was, I was planning on getting an, uh, an iPad for the longest time to read these there comics. And I thought, you know what? The iPad that I want is like 500 bucks. And this kind of fire, that's 150. Huh, I'm a frugal manner. How oh, do you yeah. think I got so rich? And, and here I, I am thinking about buying fire. a Chucky replica for $500. Yeah, just to get wrong turn. That's all yeah. you need it for, and I would love it. But, yeah, I got the Kindle Fire, too. That's where I am reading Venom on it, Eric. I'm using it to read Venom. Uh, but, yeah, that is it. We're now going to go off to more books. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. All right, twice with the uh, oath tonight. Crazy. Uh, yes, because we are now getting into a pseudo green section. Uh, there's not a lot of books this week, so uh, this it's is pretty section. much yeah. This is me and your last full section. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, Eric. I don't know where it will fit into the whole process. I might mix and match. Who knows? But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna start off with the Green Lanterns. Uh, take it away, Eric. Green Lanterns number 44, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Ronan Coquette, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. Singularity Jane has popped back up on the Green Lantern Corps' radar, and it's up to our two Lantern heroes to bring her down. Too bad that Simon spends the entire issue fighting a transformer PTSD who's trying to keep custody of his child, because this gives Singularity Jane enough time to get into Jessica's head and convince our hero that she can help her remember who the person was who killed her friends and started her anxiety issues. Yes, yes, and that is uh, the wraparound is she starts off here, and she is in her little bit of therapy going on, though it kind of, I, I would think that... therapy I don't yeah, trust well, this doctor. I, I don't either, but it's also uh, the lady might be a little bored because Jessica's talking about mosquitoes. And I'm telling you, it's a very odd thing where uh, she's going and the whole deal of this is, though, is something that does ring true to me because my wife has some issues and whatnot. We won't get into them all here, no. Eric, but when she does That's go... That's another podcast. And when she does, no. Yes, when she does go and have therapy, one of the things is she always seems to want to quit right when they get to the meat and cheese of the issues, you know, yeah. what the real issues are. Uh, so that that is very true. The problem here, though, is it seems as if Jessica really doesn't remember. Something is keeping no. her from Something remembering. Something has blocked her memory completely. And the one thing, though, going into this, because I really thought from the like the uh, ending of the last issue we had that we we're going into a story about you know her ring being you know kind of sentient yeah. on its own and doing yeah. something. Going into this and finding out, we're finally going to find out who the person was who that caused like was. killed her like friends out in the woods when yeah. they were camping. I'm like, this is something in the backstory that's been kept secret this whole time. Yep. I'm really interested to find yeah, out about I this. Too. I just wish that our wraparound for the issue to get to the whole arc just was didn't feel as much like padding. 
Yeah, it, it did feel like a lot of padding to me. And with that, yes, that is something that if you've been following this book and following, I want to point out, following Jessica before this book from yeah. the Justice League, Dark Side Wars, stuff like that, with even a pretty cool Volthoom uh, tie-in or callback here that we've been wanting to see that. Uh, and it's just been kind of hanging in the back. And I, the only thing I worry about is is some people may have been Sam Humphreys fans and left the book when he left and things like that, where when we do get to the big reveal, if we get, say, next issue we find out, or maybe we won't. Maybe this is a big red herring, uh, as these things usually are, right. uh, where you're going to find out and maybe some people who were interested before aren't even around for it and things like that, and maybe some people join in with Tim Seeley and then they're not, they're not going to care as much, whatnot. Uh, or with even it, they just might not care because it's a Jeff Johns character and he's the yeah. one yeah. set this up but he's and, not the one yes. telling the story and with that that's a weird deal because usually that's where we have the idea where usually the writers kind of give each other the leadway for the person who wrote the character or set up that like a three jokers thing with yeah. uh jeff johns but we're so far removed from that that i would say that if tim seeley went to jeff johns and said hey you know what i i want to get this over with because i'm trying to push this idea that uh, in this therapy, even that if Jessica can get this and know and maybe try to see what she can do about it, uh, we can move herself. on. We can move on with the character. Now, there is that weird deal when we do get it with Singularity Jane and things like that, where she's like, you know, are you sure you're going to be able to accept who it is? I'm like, here we go. Exactly. This whole idea that she is blocked out, even when Singularity yeah. Jane, we talk about later on, where you know when we last saw this character, she opened up a black hole in her mouth that pulled Jessica in. And I'm telling you, I still don't understand the character Singularity no, Jane. I, I was really I hoping either. that this issue would have spelled more would've things spelled out before out. they just captured really her. Really does not. But now it, it just adds pretty much deals things. with the devil because she goes inside. When she went inside her mouth, she was reliving the yeah. experience of when her friends died. Yes. And when she captures Jane in this issue, Jane's like, look. I know all about your fear. That's what I feed on. I feed on the fear yeah. and actually the po the points of where, like, you know, she goes after villains because the thing that she likes the best to eat from these people is their yeah. deepest, darkest point. It was like from when they were good people yeah. who turned to evil people. And that's and she's the point almost, that she and, likes to yeah. feast on. And she's like a lawyer slash uh, a mobster because there's always that whole deal with, listen, you don't have to pay me, but – you, I'm gonna. At some point, I will have a favor that I may ask. Like it's just like in that. the Curse of Brimstone. This yeah. she might as well be the salesman. Yeah, it's always that there, and you know that it has a monkey paw, which it even points out with Jessica with that. But yeah, there's a lot of padding in this though, because I'm interested in that. I really oh, am. God, I want to see what's going on. Point, the whole thing is that the whole idea here is that Singularity Jane, for everything that she is like gonna give to the people that she makes these deals with, she always makes them murder somebody in yeah. return for this yeah. one. She will not have Jessica murder anybody. But the thing is, when you finally learn the truth, my payment is you have to accept it. You have the to truth. accept it. Now, again, you can go a couple ways with that. Where I go with you, we're going to find out it's Jessica herself. Exactly. Uh, or Singularity Jane, who does? You know, she she brokers in murder. Moida, Eric. And with that, she knows that maybe Jessica will go and kill the person. You know what I mean? She's not yeah. going to. I know she's not going to. But she may be playing that game, but it really does seem to push. Like, I'm telling you, if I say, I don't remember who murdered my friend and I, this and that. I blocked uh, it you're, out. You're the only one. That I blocked it out. Somehow it's missing. You're the only one who can tell me. And the person says, I can tell you, but you're going to have to accept it. I'm like, okay, I did it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, well, I may be right there. I'm like, you know what? Some things are better left untold 
dead is sometimes better, Eric. And with well, that, now, now, I would just walk away. If the wraparound is, though, that Singularity Jane made a deal with somebody and the payment for them was yeah. to go and murder Jessica's friends, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah, because then it ties into something that was not originally the idea. Like Again, I you don't know that Jeff Johns may say, you know, Tim Seeley goes to him, and I would hope that he would. And when he goes to him and says, you know what, hey, uh, I have this idea. What was your original deal? And Jeff Johns is like, ah, that was just set up. Really didn't have anything in mind. Uh, do what you want. Then maybe that would be the way that it would. And if it wraps around in a singularity, Jane, with the deal, where she's saying, like, you have to accept it, and the acceptance is don't come and kill me because of what happened, uh, yeah, I'll be a little ticked off as well because that would seem like a cop-out for this run. Uh, it would really be. But in this point, though, we do have this whole story with this mecha robot, uh, this you know, guy, this transformer who has PTSD and wants his kid. And the kid has been taken away because he's, you know, he's unstable and things. And, and then what happens I, is he shows that he, he shouldn't have the kid. And that's the thing, too. It's like this whole thing is that, like, Tim Seeley really plays like a little – he makes fun almost. He has a yeah. lot of fun with the uh, the alien aspect of the Green Lanterns yes. and what he does with the characters of Aliens. But like while he's having fun, I think he plays it off a little bit too fun to the point where he's too almost loose. making fun of it. Because, you know, we wind up on a robot planet. It might as well be Cybertron yeah. where this Transformer is that a robot lawyer trying to plead his case of why he should have custody yes. for his son now that his wife is divorcing him. Yes, and with that singularity, Jane, that's her in because she's there to make a deal. You'll get your kid, but you got to do this for me, this and that. And you do have this robot world. And as I said, it to me, it's more of something for Simon to be doing. Uh, while all this oh, is yeah. going on and is. then to have Jessica be by herself. Like you have to do this with this book. You have to get it. If you're going to do a story where Jessica is going to do something that she really shouldn't, you can't have Simon around. So something has to make him go away. And it's this guy, this transformer who flips out, has the kid with him, goes, they're on this robot Turns planet. into a tank. Yeah. Yeah. And then basically like comes out. Of, oh no, this is why they were mad at me. This is why, you know, I, I didn't, but I, I promise you this. And Simon's there like, listen, I'm I'm going to take the kid and he freaks out again and it just goes. And while that's going on, you do have Jessica talking to Singularity Jane who says, you know, hey, I know everything about you now. I see your fears and all this. And I, I can it, give you some info. It's just the worst part about this character because she showed up. She made this whole deal with the devil idea with Paul Fung to kill his father yeah. before. But and then all of a sudden started, you know, suck people in the black holes inside of her body. But. I don't understand her power set or what she even is. We've had the whole thing like, oh, she may be the devil or stuff like yeah. that. But the whole idea where she's actually disguised herself as a robot here until she reveals the glamour that is Singularity Jane, the idea that she feasts on the pain of others, like the yeah. whole idea. She's like, you should have been an exquisite meal, Jessica Cruz, because you were like, you know, whether you wanted to or not, before you were a lantern, you were power ring. And this whole thing, I feed on the idea yeah. that good people become bad. That's the instant. But for some reason – you were blocked all up inside. There were parts of your memory that were missing that would have been the greatest meal of all. But you know what? For some reason, even because I'm making up my power set as I go along, I can help you remember yeah. and know who these yeah. people are. Yeah, and at this point, there's Green Lantern constructs that have chained her up from Jessica. And then as this goes on, this is where Simon's going. And like I told you at the one point, I'm like, as I'm watching this and reading this, I see that uh when Simon's fighting and he has the part where he's like, Mr. Gage, uh, autonomy, uh, if you kindly disconnect the turret from your person, you look behind, there's at least Bender in the background. Yeah. It's something that looks like a kind of an amalgam of uh Calculon. And also you have like a War of the Worlds 
Cold Steel. You have these funny-looking, you know, uh, robots in it's the back. Robots, but yeah. Bender's definitely there. It made me laugh. Uh, and again, there's where you have you start to step away and, and get a little bit too goofy. Uh, but yeah, with this, you end up where uh, you have Simon grab the kid. Uh, the the uh, the PTSD Transformer. robot Transformer kind of gets taken. To me, a little odd the way we've been setting up with this PTSD and stuff in the DCU that they just kind of get him and take him away, it seems. Uh, you know, they save the kid, and now in the meantime, Singularity Jane has got to be taken away and put in the, the safe house or, you know, the uh, sector house. Before she and gets it, transferred it, to the side. It's such a weird little thing because you know, like we, we are going off, we're going after one of the like top ten most wanted people in the Green Lantern Corps, and for some reason, even though we accomplished our mission. They Before have we take to you wait. to the science, so we have to wait, and yeah. you have to be held. And at that, my that's a house. very forced. It's a very forced thing to have to wait like that. Uh, but she does, and it's kind of like it also points to the sad sack Simon again a little. But in the meantime, you see that Jessica's made the deal. She even says, "Oh, you know," when Simon's like, "Oh, what, what, what's she trying to sell?" And nothing. I, I closed her yap, and you know this and that. And I don't listen to her. And you see that she did. She made the deal. They go and, off. And, and in this the worst part of the issue in my mind is that, you know, at the end, you have the idea when Simon shows up, oh, I was really afraid that I left you alone for so long that you, you might have started making a deal or something. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they walk away. And you see, like, this little thing. The price is due with a freaking, like, lip, like, mark lip on it kind of thing. And then, it's, and, mark, and then it burns yeah. up. But then at the end, Simon gets a call from uh, Jessica's sister, Sarah. And like, hey, uh. You seen Jessica? Oh, uh, she was going home. Yeah, I'm outside of her home. It's kind of a black hole right now. I'm like, yeah. How does she just the idea that her home is now just a black <laughs> hole so over funny. top of her thing? It's like she didn't get a hold of anybody. Nobody's gotten a hold of the Green Lantern. So it's just a black hole above. And like, eh, I went to see her. There's kind of this black hole there. Uh, with that though, stride. yeah. With that though, I thought that the whole deal was going to be that you have an end of the you know mission accomplished. All right, I'm yeah. going to take her to the the sector house. Uh, you want to go to the interstellar house of pancakes? And Jessica's like, no, no, I'm going to go see my sister right away. I thought that Simon was going to be like, okay, what the fuck's up? Like, here you go. I'm going to put you in the sector house. I'm going to go tell Jessica to see what's going on. That's how I thought the rap because when is she ever going to give up a, a you know, pancakes right. like that? But he does end up just calling and, you know, hey, what she got? Also calling the sister, but not Jessica and, you know, trying to get a hold of her and things like that. But you do have but even that. Even just the whole idea, we just had this giant black hole over yeah, top of Jessica's apartment, sucking the apartment up. Like, Seems like nobody again, cares. I, I don't know what Singularity Jane's powers are. Before she was like, it was a black hole in her mouth. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. But that's the end. That's the end is where you see Simon finds out there's a black hole over her house and her sister's there with the soccer ball not getting sucked up, thank God, in that black hole. I don't know how this works. It's a soccer ball. That always stops it, Eric. You you didn't know that? That's what stuffs black holes, soccer. Soccer stops it. Dead in its tracks. But uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 6 out of 10, and it's mostly because I like the art in this issue and because we're getting the idea that we're going down this path to discover more about Jessica yeah. and the thing that's just been dangling in the background since the character was introduced, the idea alone actually gets me excited for where the star is yeah. going, even though I don't like all the execution we have here because Simon virtually has nothing to do and just fills a page like no. space with a fighting aerobic, which means nothing to the story overall. No. But uh, 
I, I was just excited by the end of it, just that we're going to get this, but it was not a very strong issue. I just like where we're going with it and the concept that we are backtracking and finally going to learn more about these characters. But yeah. besides for the, oh, no, I'm Jessica, I have anxiety. Oh, I'm Simon Baz, I'm a Muslim, and they consider me a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually uh, – I'm going to go a little bit higher just because I did like the art. I had some fun with it, and like I said and you said, it is kind of getting around to something that we've wanted to see. Now, oh, yeah. this is where you have the issue where if I give this – I was almost – I can't go as high as a seven. I, I just can't, but I'll, I'll give it a six, eight. The problem is, is in my mind thinking that maybe I gave it five more points, you know, or point five, half a point because of the idea that we're going to get something out of the Jessica thing. Like that should come to roost if we don't get it. Like I should definitely remember that and take it off because I am really counting on us getting something out of this. If we end up getting a twist and turn where we don't get it, then I'm going to have to get really upset about that as yeah. well. But for right now, I'll give it a 6.8 because I, I did like the art. There is some fun to be had, which we haven't had in a lot of other books. It's just the fun is kind of filler. So yeah, I can't go that. Silly at times. I'm telling you, I, I can't go that crazy with it. You right. know what I mean? But I, I can have some fun. But the next one is the other one where I said earlier that you were going to be a little more positive than me uh, from uh, what you were talking to me before. And we'll see. We'll see if, I, you know, my job is to bring you down to my level of hate. I don't, <laughs> don't know if you down. realize that. But Green Arrow number 39, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by Marcelo Takara, Marcelo Maialo, and D. Ron Bennett. Kelly and Lansing have jumped on this book for a couple issues before the Bensons take over. I don't know if they've been following the story that Ben Percy had given us before, but it really seems that they are stressing the social justice warrior aspect of Oliver Queen, but yet it doesn't seem to tie well into the run we just got. I think that this would have been better served as a one-shot, not a couple bunch of issues before we get to the new run, and to me, it was kind of forgettable. And there you go. I made that up as well, Eric. I, I didn't have any blurbs tonight. What's with you and your I, I just didn't have them. I, I was getting ready, and I didn't have time, and I guess I didn't realize that I, I ran out of time. Uh, we got shit to do tonight, but yeah, yeah. uh, I was disappointed with this. You said that you liked it. I think that this is about as much of a cookie-cutter SJW issue that you can get. And because of that, it, it actually reminds me a little of the Justice League uh, right. that we had. So maybe that's a little bit that they were kind of leaning on or whatever. But to me, you're also going to get where I said earlier where you have a book that really relies on a setup that happened in a Deathstroke annual that wasn't even in Rebirth. That, that's that's the crazy. Part, I'm telling you, th this came out June 29, 2016, and this is like where the Deathstroke book had actually crossed yeah. over into Rebirth before, but you know, starting over the, again with its yeah. own Rebirth Deathstroke. Yeah, it wasn't like Rebirth. right towards yeah. the end of the last Deathstroke series that we had this story. And yeah. I think it's funny because they actually say six months ago, so now we pretty much know that yeah. Rebirth has lasted for six yeah, months. Yeah, Rebirth has only been Lansing six months <laughs> if you go by Lansing and Kelly. And to me, I, I don't know why or what, but I will tell you that the issues we've gotten from Lansing and Kelly – to me, kind of go hand in hand a little with what we got from the Bensons in Birds of Prey. They yeah. seem to be kind of that same quality. You know, that they're okay. They're good enough to get me interested at points, but they don't really grab you. And that's what I get here because, like I said, I think that basically they said to Lansing and Kelly, we need a couple issues. We're going to have Oliver Queen. Okay. Well, well I, I just imagine that they show up. It's like one of those where the joke is like a comedian comes in, like a Bob Hope they had in the 
uh, the Simpsons one time. And he comes in, hey, what's the mayor's name? Quimby. All right, great. And he goes out. That's all he needs. And I'm telling you, to me, it's like Lansing and Kelly showed up. Okay, what's this Green Arrow about lately? Eh, but it's about social justice warrior stuff and Oliver trying to be a man of the people. And uh, All right, we got it. Let's go. And that's what you get. And to me, this which, is a is very, he- very generic uh, surface-level story of a war-torn country where at the beginning they say at one point where Oliver's trying to find the kids. There's no kids around. Oh, where are the kids? I'm like, they're soldiers. I know they are, and that's what I, yeah, it I'm, ends I'm up. I'm you thought that. I started going children of the corn. No, I thought <laughs> I thought right away that there's nothing that was pointing to anything supernatural in this that we have the death stroke and calling back. I'm like, no, no, no. This is going to be the whole idea of the war is hell, and it turns it's like nobody's a winner, and even if you come in with the best intentions, uh, you are not going to be able to be the hero of the story that isn't your story. Like I said, this could be uh, two two years from now. Me and you get hired from for DC, and we have a birds of prey issue, and we do a callback to the Justice League story we just talked about earlier, where those you know African nations have had problems, and we have them go there do the same story because that's all it really is to me. Well, th- there I'll is say, that's nothing the, that's with the it. The weirdest part is that we have this whole. Let's say that Lansing and Kelly did go in like, oh, what's Oliver Queen doing? Oh, social justice warrior. All right, we got it from here. The idea that they took that, though, and tied it into a Deathstroke annual number two from his last series and then made this huge connection between Green Arrow and Deathstroke. I'm like, you're really kind of pushing here because – if well, you want to yeah, get the full I've, story, you got to go back and kind of read yeah, that really, too. That's the thing. That's the weirdest thing with this is they want to have this tie-in to Deathstroke. Will Deathstroke show up by the end? I don't know. Maybe. It seems like possibly. But with this – I don't think he will. The, well, that's the problem. Uh, the big idea in this is Oliver Queen saying to himself, I am responsible for everything that's happened here because I could have put an arrow through the eye of Deathstroke and killed him. When? When? Yeah, it doesn't it, – there's no tie-in to me with that. It's just, no. yeah, that could be Oliver saying like, oh, somebody should have stopped them. But really, you're blaming yourself. That is such a weird tie-in to get to an annual that wasn't even a rebirth issue to go where he's brought food. And now I will tell you from the get-go – the stakes are high. I'll give Lansing and Kelly that because he gets dropped in by his buddy, Reggie. Jonesy. Jonesy. Reggie Jones. Reggie Jones. Jonesy. And uh, the all of a sudden, I like the deal. He's like, huh, recognize that sound. That usually is followed by, yeah, yeah, it's a missile. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Jonesy's dead. He is dead and he's there and he, you know, and you have that where Oliver's like, oh, my God, I can't just grab him out here and whatnot. You don't really have a connection with Jonesy, but it is crazy that somebody dies. And I like that he goes over and he's like, all right, can't really pull out the burning carcass of my buddy, but I guess I could grab this food. And then it's all smiles and, you know, back to that and trying to figure out what's going on. But basically the whole story ends up being like, hey, I'm here with the the food. Everybody celebrate. I'm the king of the world. No, no, you don't know what's going on. This is there. We've seen the story before of the idea. And I actually know a guy uh, in person that's had this happen. And maybe that's the problem. There was a guy who used to come into my old work that was a pastor. And every year he would go to Africa. I forget actually what nation, but he would actually go to build like windmills, I believe it was, and schools. Uh-huh. And everything was fine. Well, then all of a sudden things got too good for this village. And he went back and the year later he went back for like the fourth time. 
Everybody in the village had been killed because they got too fancy. And the people in this thing Jesus. went. Yeah. They slaughtered the whole village, children, everything. Eric. Hey, he even killed the, the, the children. But no, and he ended up coming back and Sounds basically like him, come, yeah. he came in and we were like, oh, when are you going to Africa? And he sent and told us this whole story. Like, I say, you, you're not bringing my score down. No, you're bringing no. me down. But yeah, and he's like, but this is where I'm saying this whole deal of the idea so of what you, the. What you mean is this is a really true to life story <laughs> yeah, that well, might be an it epic is, of the but ages. It's, it's not exciting to me because <laughs> I've seen it and I just saw it pretty much spelled out in the just. Justice League as right. well, where See, you have actually, like when we were talking before this about the issue before we got on the air and stuff like that. The thing that is very reminiscent of the Justice League story right now, but where you know Priest is over-explaining things about like the That's, whole yeah. political angle of everything. I think it, this I enjoyed it more just yeah. because. It was kind of dumbed down for me. It was dumbed down for you. Guy. And you're but, not. And it was, I know. And you were was... dumb as a rock. It's <laughs> what you are. You're so dumb. But, no. You threw Oliver Queen in where you had the whole idea of social justice warrior. And I think it does make sense for where we left off. I where, don't, you know, and that's where Dino, I'm going to go next. Dino is saying, like, yeah. you know, you, you got to be uh, Oliver Queen, you know, being Green Arrow. Like, I'm not sorry. You got to be Green Arrow, Oliver Queen. You got to be a man of the people, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And he is trying to give back more I think than it's he opposite. had been previously. I think it actually goes against everything she said because she said, listen, you can't throw you money can't and shit money, at people. Exactly, yeah. That's what he's doing. He's but doing exactly he's what si- he shouldn't be doing at this point. Everything that he went through and fought against and through would not lead him, in my mind, to go and just drop a fucking food in an area that he knows nothing about and just yell, all right, I'm here. Food, baby. Uh, I'm I the said, king. The, the, the wraparound is by, by the end, though, when he was telling her, like, you know, you want to be this. I need to be both this and Green Arrow kind of thing. And I think he is trying to find that happy medium I, at again, this point. Again, I don't think that – and if you really ask, I don't know that this was written before or whatever. But to me, it actually does miss out on the point that we had in the regular book. The regular book that we had, uh, Ben Percy's run, was less about – it was more about Oliver learning that – he can't just go and change everybody's life because he's Oliver Queen. Right. He can't just throw money at something. He can't just be – and also that a lot of times in that run that we just got done, when he does go and do things as Green Arrow, he ends up fucking it up even more, and he does that here again. And I thought, okay, this is weird. And it's also weird to not have – Say a black canary with him and stuff. I, I actually wish that Emiko might have been there so that Emiko could have been kind of a, a playoff with him. And also you have the idea of a how you pieces of shit. You, you have kids fighting with you. And who's that? What's that red arrow? She looks pretty young to me. And yeah. you never kind of get that wrap around. It just seems like to me, like I said, to me, this could have been better served as a one shot where he goes. It doesn't work out. And at the end, he's like, you know what? I just learned once again, I can't throw money at a problem. And because he's there with this food, they don't want it at first. They go away. Then they go and get these supplies and say, okay, well, they're going to, we can take this and we can give it to him. And he, no, no, this isn't for any warlord or anything. This is for you. Now, in the meantime, he goes and shoots the guy who shot down Jonesy, but then it's kind of not like, it, Lansing and Kelly want to have this be this big gritty story where a guy dies, but then Oliver's chasing this guy, shoots him with an arrow in the shoulder, then is chasing him down and kind of is like, 
come on, man, I just want to talk, kind of. I won't get too rough. And like, you're not going to kill him, so what are you going with? And then he goes, and they're like, hey, we're going to go see the children. It's the children, Eric. They're going to go see. He and wants I'll tell to you, see you, you picked up on this way more than I did, because for some reason I thought this, no, because you have been telling me a little bit about this thing throughout the week since you read and reviewed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this whole thing of the no, like the nothing, yeah. you know, who is the big bad behind this, I really thought for some reason where we were leading, you know, they were going to go give tribute to the warlord, nothing or whatever yeah, yeah. he like happens to be. And there's that, there's all, all that big children. thing. Yeah, where are we going to go? What are we going to learn? Nothing. But nothing. Reason, and yeah, I you, went a Temple of Doom route where they have kidnapped all yeah. the children, kind of thing, and then like you know they're being held hostage or whatever. Yeah, but it, it ends up being that kind of is. It's kind of seems like nothing is kind of brainwashing the kids, and it's one of those where I think it's going to tie around to the fact that. What do these kids have? Because nothing is really spelling out like you're the future of this, you know, this land. We've always been taken over. We finally get a chance here. Yeah. And even at the point like Oliver's like, so who won? Uh, nobody did. The, the no. two things, we're just here with the aftermath. There is no winner. War is hell, Eric. There's no winners. Uh, we're just here to pick up the pieces and try to make our life from this. Uh, but yeah, the children are gone. They go. And you do see then nothing is there with a bunch of kids that have guns and, and axes. And this, is and, when, shit. and this is when Oliver makes the realization that person he shot with the bazooka earlier was, was probably a kid, a kid which yeah, is fucked was up. was a kid. And he says, oh, they made me do that and whatever. I actually thought <laughs> – that person looked a little older than what these other sure kids I. are, but I, mean, I actually 16. thought I thought it was going to wrap around that he shot nothing, but uh, nothing's there. And then at the point he does knock off nothing's mask, even after he does a lot of trick arrows, you do get you know almost like the boxing glove arrows, but it's it's like sandbag boxing gloves deal. That I'm like okay, whatever. Uh, and then he has a magnet arrow that gets all the see, guns I'm telling out you, of we them. We have not then, gotten a lot yeah, of trick arrows in this run. I am silly. happy to see it. I'm telling you, we have talked about before. Lance and Kelly like to have this whole thing that like this one moment that really calls back to something that people love like and the, they can the wink, bat wink. shark it, repel, it is a little wink, exactly. shark repel. and this is exactly what that is but because I have not seen a Green Arrow use trick arrows yeah. in a long time which I well, love I did get some joy out of that yeah and with that it's because Ben Percy that's not his that wasn't his bag he was no. more of the Mike Grell uh, deal and stuff like that where he wanted everything to be pretty realistic, uh, sometimes to a fault. And then all of a yeah. sudden he isn't when, when Green Arrow's in space, but you know, 7.5 air. Uh, but yeah. yeah, when this is going on, he ends up like hitting nothing's, uh, mask off and it ends up being a kid. And he's like, you're a kid. Oh my God. And then nothing just shoots him and walks away. And everybody's like, Hey, Green Arrow, this is what happens. You know, you, you, we don't have any place for heroes here. And they walk off and he's there in more blood than I've ever seen anywhere. <laughs> just sitting there i'm like there's no way you're getting anywhere i would guess i don't know where that lady went off to because she was there i i have a feeling she might be behind to help somebody must be behind to help him well, she, out bes- besides for the banker guy who gave a lot of the exposition the to uh, Oliver Queen about other, what happened, yeah this this young girl seemed yeah. to be or uh, younger than the, smoking like, the like older a badass people. smoking like a badass yeah. she seemed to be the most prominent yes. one and for some she reason did. i do think she'll return to help green yeah, arrow I, out. I do too uh because you definitely see that banker guy walking yes. away he turns and looks but yeah i i'm telling you i thought this was very generic i understand they're only here they they do end up they're the relief pitchers of the dcu totally. they end up showing up when they're they're needed 
uh, this isn't horrendous. It's just the idea that I thought it went against the spirit of what we just had, and and you don't think so. So there you go. Uh, but with that, I thought that it was just kind of I saw what was coming down the line and stuff like that. So I gave it a four point five. I really didn't enjoy this. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a chore to read, and where you get uh something that has been very prevalent in the rebirth is you get a very undefined villain. Who just at the end, it's just, oh, they're, they're child soldiers. And yeah. that's it. And that's not enough for me to be like, oh God, what's going on? Because even that, the, we got to get these things. Like, are the village there? Are they supporting the kids because they think that that's the future as well? Are they doing it because they need the kids back? Like you said, we may find out that there's a little more to go on with that. But as this goes, they just go off to see the kids. Maybe give them some red shoes, like they say, and then they fight Green Arrow, and then they walk. Where where are they walking to? Where are they going? Because they all just walk away. Are they on a walkabout? But they just yeah, leave. Maybe they have so the I don't know. Outside of the house. I don't know. We're gonna see. I don't outside know. Outside the house, outside the village. I don't know why. Yeah. Outside. The I don't house. know. I don't even know if they're living in a village at this point. They seem to be living in the crags. <laughs> they're there. It's it's a goddamn fucking village of of rock people. I, I don't know. But uh, what did, what would you give it? I See, don't know. Is, I I give it a six point five out of ten okay. because I I actually enjoyed parts of the art. Some of it got a little bit too like uh, yeah. indistinct, like you know things just seemed rushed towards the beginning. But I think it got better as it went along. Okay. But the whole idea we go into the biggest problem with this is they're calling it back to that Deathstroke yeah, annual that's number a weird, two because it's a weird it, deal. It has a lot of story that's going on that we have to wrap yeah. up really quickly to get us to what we're dealing with now, and I don't think it's it does a good a, enough it's job. It's such a weird connection to Deathstroke. There's I know. No, but you the, don't but need the, that. The wraparound towards the end when we have the, the nothing and the children who are nothing as well, the idea that these are the few, like, you know, they ask for nothing but the future and they have learned all they have, you know, this idea of what they are, the warriors, you know, there's no good, there's no evil, there's Man. just nothing and we're going to, like, secure the future for this country who has pretty much been nothing but taken over its entire existence. They've learned this lesson from Deathstroke when he yeah. came in and tore the country apart. Yeah, what's and weird. Like the wraparound, yeah. it's just it's a little too much story from two years ago yeah. to throw in here. But and, yeah. I also like the idea that we come in as Oliver Queen and you know I'm going to help this country being Oliver Queen. Shit, that's not working. Something is going on that is making me powerless. Okay, I'm going to become Green Arrow. And when we're confronted yeah. with the children aspect and he can't do anything about it, but just stand there because he can't take a shot. He gets shot himself. So now we have Oliver Queen powers, Green Arrow powers. I'm mm. like, that's a really cool kind of cliffhanger yeah, in my mind. Even to get that, this little I thought it started. was very forced because you had him there. He got rid of all the kids' guns. Somehow that gun remained with nothing because he had that metallic, you know, the, the, yeah, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? One of my, the magnet guys, arrow. The magnet arrow and everything went except that one gun and then that's pulled out. You know, it's in a holster so you can go with it, but yeah. still I just, to me, it's like, oh, there's Oliver Queen. He shows up. He's throwing money out of the problems again and then that doesn't work. So now he's just going to shoot people, but he can't like, it, like you, like how you like that idea. To me, it was like just roadblock after roadblock here to the point where i i don't know why i'd rather i think this would be better served to have just a fun romp for a couple issues especially since you have green arrow by himself have him do some but if you're gonna do this why tie it in the deathstroke unless he's gonna come in we'll it's, see it's the weirdest angle. you have That's such an easy some... way 
to, to tie it into the ninth circle, yeah. being in control of Queen Industries and having Which a land. Which would tie land, it around to be all yeah, the Queen's fault. That would have had a land, you know, oh, they, they really went into this, uh, you know, this nation and ripped it apart and the kids and this and that. It's the kids. And, yeah, it's the kids. You go in and see that ship was, uh, and we've seen this before where all of a sudden you go in and he sees that the war was fought with Queen Industry fucking weapons and shit yeah, like whatever. that. that Because they were taken over and now he feels responsible and get an idea he's on a walk about around the world to write what wrong that he could not stop because he was in, you know he was doing his hard traveling hero nonsense and stuff <laughs> like that but you know and maybe even have a little ride on the trans-pacific railway but yeah i just i thought the, it was a little misstep i, I the just other biggest problem it. i had that really bothered me throughout the issue though is that we have oliver queen show up and then, okay, this isn't working. Green Arrow's here. Everybody. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. How is that's, nobody putting this together? I know. Because they especially, know you're Oliver Queen. Yeah, especially the guy who knows Oliver Queen. Like, oh, it's where did Oliver go, by the way? Uh, yeah, it's very <laughs> odd that they wouldn't say that. I always hate when heroes do that. Yeah, no, this, this is, really bothers this me is really bad, though, where a guy's just like, Ooh. there is nobody else from anywhere outside Ooh. this country except Oliver Queen. And out, out of nowhere, Green Arrow shows up. But even Green Arrow points out, I got here an hour ago. Around the time that Oliver Queen did, shut up. Yeah. No, but yeah, like, shut up, man. And putting out what he got there an hour mm. ago. I'm like, just shut, shut your goddamn mouth, shut, Oliver. Shut your mouth. But yeah, here we go to the last issue that me and you are going to talk about, uh, just me and you tonight. And it's a doozy, Eric. It's a doozy. Uh, what is it? Batman number 44, written by Tom King with art by Mikhail Yannon, Joelle Jones, June Chung, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. For some reason, Bruce is fast asleep in this issue, and Selina uses the time to go out by herself so that she can blow a hole in a dress shop and find the perfect gown for her wedding. While this oh, is going I get on, you. while this is going on, perfect. we're also shown some of Tom King's favorite moments of Batman and Catwoman throughout their long history. Yes, and with this, uh, a lot of people do enjoy this as a way to celebrate uh, the moments of Batman and Catwoman, and I get it. I do get that. Uh, the problem with me is I also get the fact that this is pretty much a clip show. Yep. Uh, the, the stuff that isn't lifted from other issues in the past is pretty much silent. So you don't have any script there. The, most of the script that you get here is lifted right from these old issues, which we will point out. I have them written down and things like Not that. Nice. So we're going to do that. Uh, but the thing that really gets me is we are still in this really, for some reason, a lot of people, this hasn't come up. Except in the Get Fresh crew, beep boop, boop where boop. you have Catwoman there, she wants a dress. Number one, y- you would think she might be able to, you know, get Bruce to lend her some bucks. I mean, yeah. he's fronting everything else in the DCU, uh, you know, including Titan's Tower and things. So, but you, you get the idea that Tom King wants to show you that Selena is still her own gal. I'm a Selena fan. I like that aspect of it. The minute that she blows up the bottom of the, the floor of that dress shop to go and then steals a very expensive dress to me, that is nonsense. And she better have something that wraps around by the end of this where she ends up hooking up whoever owns that dress shop with a lot because she has ruined somebody's life. She is, and also nobody shows up after an explosion. I mean, there's an explosion here. Nobody shows up. You can pick the lock of the door. You said that to me at work. Like she could just, or open a window, cut a a window. She is a master thief. Yes. And she even picks a padlock in this to get to a bottle of champagne in the mini 
fridge in the dresser. Blows why up. does she destroy why? this person's livelihood by destroying why. the shop? Why is why did Tom King do that? You also have the deal where again, me and you were talking, some people in the Slack chat were talking as well, is we never in our mind, got the resolution if she's wanted for mass murder. If you're a mass murderer and you go out and start blowing bombs up, I mean, now you are pretty much a terrorist. You are a domestic terrorist. There's no doubts about it. She is blowing up shit to get into it. It's nonsense. I mean, well, I, I we laugh. I spent this whole issue. Is she doing this because she still because wanted for mass murder wanted... and can't go out but and that's the problem. like a normal person? I don't know. There's there's other ways to do this. Bruce Wayne is a rich... You have people come in and do this, oh, yeah, but, come to but Tom King wants her to get her own dress where now she's going to steal it to be like that's the wink wink she's a a thief still she's not going to give up her whole life for this but it it really it doesn't sit well with me that she blows up the shop it really does but the idea that she's doing all this to prove that she's still catwoman but while we're doing this we're proving that is not batman because he's not being batman and he's sleeping through the night and doesn't stir when Catwoman gets and, out of bed. And again, with a thing with uh, – We're back in. You know, and you say Batman's not being Batman. Well, Catwoman blowing up a floor to get in something isn't being Catwoman either. And in an issue where you're going to go back to really give a clip show of the greatest hits of Catwoman and Batman, I think it's off. That, And I, I know I saw a review that said, I know it's off, but I can get over it. I kind of can't. I can but can't. It just bothers me. But what also bothers me is when you have a show, you have any show that you got, anybody loves a show, the worst episodes are when you you sit there, especially when we were kids, where you're waiting and waiting. And you don't know what's coming on. You don't have, you know, you might have a TV guide or whatever, but you also have no way. If you get the show, you're going to, there's no like, oh, I'll go on Netflix and watch the rest and watch a no. good one, whatnot. You get what you get and you and don't get upset, worst. but I do get you, upset when, when because it's a clip show. As a clip show, yeah. it'd be the worst thing that happened it's to me worst. in my week because this is something I'm looking forward to. TV, you know, you got fucking five channels when I was a kid or something like that. And half of those you don't even use. And yeah. now I have a clip show for my favorite show. Now I'm going to wait another week, hopefully, to see to something get like, something new. And the worst is when you get a clip show, and then the next week they take a week off. You're like, oh, really? Really? That's what yeah, I'm getting? Like, I'm waiting in this. Oh, for- even like Stargate SG-1 used to have like their final episodes, I think it was, or their second to final. I'm pretty sure it was their final, where a lot of clip shows. I'm like, why would okay. you do this to me? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, at one point – I'm waiting for that the whole thing happens where Alfred gets in a car accident. He's in a coma, and they're sitting outside. You know what I remember about this? And then somehow they don't even think about Alfred because in this book they don't. They only think about themselves. But with this, some people really like this. Some people like it. And I think that where Tom King, I think that where a lot of people are having problems with his writing and his his Justice League is he is really specifically writing for a group of people and that are his fans now who are new to comics, new to Batman. The whole Selena with Batman is what got them into this. So maybe they don't know a lot of this and this will, but. He plays it in a way that, to me, doesn't spell it out enough. And I see people talking and reviews where they're basically going, oh, you see what Tom King's doing? He's showing us all the different costumes uh, of uh, Catwoman before Not she gets the gown. Costumes. But she, he's showing you the progression of their romance love affair. And I, it's okay. But it's a clip show. Yeah. And if you've read some of these or seen some of these scenes and whatnot, 
it kind of is like, okay, here we go. We're getting another issue that's grabbing from other issues. Uh, when are we going to get an original story or and a while story? His, while his original story is freaking without dialogue for the most part. Yeah, Catwoman, and yeah. it's Catwoman not being Catwoman. Yeah. So you have it. Batman she's, not being Batman. And she's going around. She goes out. She's flying around. She's swinging around deal. And then you start off with that first scene. That is from Batman number one. It's actually from yep. the issue that also premieres the Joker. And I think that that's also a thing that he threw in there to be kind of like if you go the extra step and find out about these things, you realize, oh, wait, you know what? Selena is as important as Joker is. And, yeah, he's going with this. In this is where the bandage would come off and you see that Selena would have been stealing the jewel that we had earlier. Right. Like it all wraps around with that. Uh, but also the wraparound in this is that they were on a boat at one point. So that solves that whole deal. We were on the boat. No, we were in an alley. Remember that whole yeah, back and forth? Well, they were in a boat. That was Batman number one. But then you go from there and you have the dialogue that's a, a very much the same. You know, I know when I'm licked and things like that. And they go off. And now you have Selena. And with this, Selena is just going towards the shop she's going towards the shop to get this dress and you see her even set the bomb off there and then we go off to a deal there and like i said i well, wrote even, these even down this whole so. back and forth type of thing where selena's going around and like all right i gotta go get a dress and the way i'm gonna do that is i'm gonna swim through the sewer so i can hook a bomb up to the bottom of the sewer to yeah. get to the inside the shop from the, uh, the underground and then when she gets up there you know she takes she kicks her boots off she takes them like she starts trying on dress and like you probably stink to high heaven. Even though oh, yeah. you have destroyed the floor, you have stolen a gown, you have ruined these other ones because now yeah, they smell them like all. sewage. They just stink. And really, uh, sewage and things like that shop's going to be closed anyway. But yeah, this next scene where Batman's chasing Catwoman through and Catwoman actually goes – it kind of goes back to save Batman's life and risks right. her own life from the collapsing building is actually from Batman number 62 that came out in 1950. And now you get this idea where he's going with these greatest hits where he's showing you – Okay, you see the first time they meet, you see that Batman seems to be smitten. They have a little bit of, you know, innuendo going back and forth. Now, the next time shows that Selena indeed is kind of not fully bad. And even Robin says like, oh, man, she risked her life. I don't understand. You know, sometimes she acts like the exact opposite. Then you go and you see the explosion. She goes to get the dress. And now the next one is an issue where she actually owns a pet store. It's Detective Comics number 203 from 1954. Again, you have this back and forth and everything is it with this, you know, I know you want to forget all about your Catwoman past, but if you do this and that, you know, you get Can these a leopard really change your yeah. spots so and a leopard's part these of the tie-ins, And I'll give Tom King credit, he did some research. If this isn't something that was like he's a huge fan and always loved these. If he did go back, yeah, he did some research to find some deals and find some things that are going on. The next scene, though, that we get, because then she's laying around. She's laying on the floor, Eric. And then we go. And the After next she one ruined to that me, sofa that they have yeah, for people yeah. to watch the gowns and shit and, like that. And the next one is, to me, this is the most important part because of the line. And it's an original line from Batman 197 from 1967 where she says, you know, what am I supposed to be, a burglar or a bride, a bride or a burglar. That is a big deal. That's kind of the name of the issue itself as well. So you get where you are getting a progression of their back and forth. But really, you have to also see that through most of this, where Tom King is giving us the cat god, uh, you see that he's kind of, to me, like kind of shouting out to us like, 
she always was this. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there she has Batman. She has him down with this sonic fucking cataphonic trap cat's cradle <laughs> sound wave <laughs> nonsense. But nonsense. it is it is showing that she always was a little bit better maybe than we were no, giving no, her credit for. And the the thing was, she's always been this character, I know, though. I know, I know. But, yeah, and you're getting this. The only thing that I really wish, I know that you're playing with a continuity here. And also, a lot of people are saying, I saw people talking like, oh, this shows that there must have been a Batman Reborn because this is pre-Flashpoint. No, 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 that continuity no. stayed. That That's always been. Yeah. So that's not it. I wish that he would have went. I know that maybe you would have had an issue. I actually wish that we would have saw something from Batman 66. I, I just, I think that would have been fun. Uh, I know that it's not really Get in the, the continuity. I don't again, need Julie Newmar here. Again, I'm telling you, I would have liked that. But yeah, the next deal where they're going, she's looking at the dress. And again, I don't even get the, the funny thing about this is I never even get from this that she's thinking back at it. I, I know that maybe you're supposed to think that, but I don't even get that. I think that this is another one of these where I yell about Lance and Kelly with the back chart repellent. I think when this wraps around, it's Tom King trying to prove to you that he's a better Batman fan than us and a Catwoman fan. I really think that that's how it is because to me, it doesn't really play out that she's like stops and, you know, the clip show deal. It just seems that he just wants to prove that he knows what he's doing before this wedding. And like, right, nine panel people, layout, no people dialogue, are eating it out. and then cut back to flashback. Yeah, people are eating it up. So, And the next one is when they're riding the tiger and Batman's in pursuit of the horse. It's Batman 256 from 1974. And obviously, as we go on, you do see that they are. he is going in chronological order as well yeah. as we go. And again, now we see the free spirit, Eric, and she's there. And, and you're not going to be able to, I'm independent. And you have that. And it, it looks cool. Uh, but yeah, you go and now she's like, I'm telling you, these other, now she's putting on the dress and she's going from there and that and the other thing. Now we get a big one where she's fighting Batman. And, uh, to me, that's, and that was in, uh, Batman 355 from 1983. And the whole thing with this issue when it happened was that Selena saw Bruce out with Vicky Vale. They, Vicky Vale and Bruce were out on a date. Selena saw that and flipped the fuck out and, and started a fight with Batman just because of that. So now you see, hey, they had a little she's rocky very deal. Jealous. She's very jealous. She, you know, she's already protective. This is back in 1983 and all. But it's weird because to me, and now that I'm, I'm saying all this and I'm talking and with this, it's a weird deal to me too because when you have this, I really think that Tom King keeps doing this to us and doing this in his book where normally you would have an editor's note and say he plays this game where if you're going to think that he wrote this, he ain't going to tell He's you different. Go, no, exactly. He'll and the worst go part of with it. Too it. Is like we have this scene here like you just described – what happened in the issue and stuff like that. So it works to the jealousy where she's all about that. But you don't know. What you get in this scene, you don't get that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that. And uh, it just seems like she was there and he ruined her life. And in the meantime, again, you have a lot of costumes going on and things like that. Yeah. Uh, then you kind of go. And that's really where... all it was for me. It's like, all right, progression. Yeah. So we see different costumes. All right, moving along. Because I'm telling you. I, I know Catwoman is this anti-hero who plays both sides, and whether she's going to be a villain or a superhero, it really depends on the writer and what they want to use at any time. She's yeah. always been this character, so it really does nothing for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. And then you have the the last call-out then is when they're on a rooftop, 
And Batman's like, Selena, what's happening to us? It seems we're drifting apart. And that is from Detective Comics 565 in 1986. So that's the last of the call-outs for the rest. It seems like that is now that they, you know, recent past where they're talking. And again, he's trying to show you that not, it's not been perfect. Like everybody has their bumps and things. And you have where you have a big thing like we keep changing outfits. I know it ties into what you saw. And uh, like, no, not just outfits. You know, what happens if we change? and this doesn't work well you got to try it anyway you got to keep going so you get this whole idea that they are you know they've discussed but, it but Batman Jim, is going. We, we see this progression of this timeline where they've known each other where does their time in the war of jokes and riddles fit into this with the I costumes don't i don't know i don't know and i don't know and <laughs> here, here we go i don't know i don't know and with that you know now you, you killed me and really, I'm here. I'm more of an informer tonight, Eric. And I'm saying this like oh, you're you, may, me. you may get the idea with this that because of the time I took that I liked this issue, I was pretty bored. I really was. And I went back to look up stuff. I saw some other reviews. Uh, Batman News actually had a really, really good review. Uh, Brandon does the reviews there. Uh-huh. Uh, not our Brandon, but their no. Brandon, and had a really good review that actually there was a couple of these that I could not find that he actually really went through some, you know, effort to get. That one with we're drifting apart is really odd. And even says in his review that the costume's different from the original and it threw him off. He's a huge Catwoman fan and Batman fan. Uh, obviously Batman, you know, news that he's on and he really has a really, he loved it. And, and to him, it seemed like this was like, okay, Tom King is showing you the love affair through the years and showing you that he cares and knows whatever, uh, because of the way it's spelled out and the, the current deal, because then it ends with her just going back with the thing. Alfred sees her because he's got an early breakfast going. She says, shush. He, you know, kind of smirks and then she goes and goes back to bed and Batman has never woken up. So again, we get a Batman who's never Batman in this book. Uh, the best Batman you got was from everything before that wasn't what Tom King did. But with that, I was pretty bored. Yeah. And again, it's I just need Catwoman, a story like destroying a goddamn story yeah. and stealing a dress. And and where I've said one of the biggest problems, and if you've been listening to us for as long as, uh, uh, you know, for even before Rebirth, first off, you'll know, or if you if you think back and try to remember, I was a Tom King fan at one point, a really big Tom King fan. It started to change for me in the jokes and riddles, especially, but even the I Am Suicide started. But the jokes and riddles really kicked in the idea that when he writes a scene, he doesn't think it through past what he shows you on the panel. So in this one is the idea that she has blown up a shop with no sort of care or anything about what that means, what has come before it, come after it, somebody else, somebody whose lives ruined, and also, you know, stealing the dress is one thing. That's cool. That's something she would probably do. You know, something borrowed, Eric. You, you have yeah. that deal. But it's that blowing up, like in jokes and riddles, when the Joker shoots somebody two feet away from a police officer and they don't react. Or you have where, even in the jokes and riddles, where you have uh, the Riddler stabbing that one guard or whatever uh, 26, 26 times, times because, he has something to say. because he has something to say, but nobody coming to help where you would have – he is the biggest guy, the biggest known villain at that point in the continuity, and they just let him in a room with no armed guards or whatever, and that's the thing. 
the things don't sit well. And I, I always try to explain it when somebody says, listen, it's comics, Jim. That, that's what they do. You know, you're going to have this wonky. And I say, and, and this is kind of a catchphrase. I've tried to make catch, Eric, but it never does. You can't have the fantastic without the realistic as well. You have to have it based on something. You can't just say everybody can fly. Or else it all falls apart. You have to have some rules. You have to have some real world physics at some point and, and make the scene make sense in a real way. This blowing up the shop just to get in, it doesn't even make sense to the character and it really throws me off and it's just another thing. But if you like this issue, really you like it, that's fine, but it is yeah. the best parts of it aren't even Tom King's. They, they're just lifted from other things. So if you, you want to go homage, yeah, you can go with that. I go clip show, and like you said at the beginning, it's the worst thing that ever happens when you're a fan of something. So, But people are loving this. People are. I see it. And it's not just reviewers. I'm talking about the regular fans of oh, yeah. this book. I see everybody all over Facebook and, and stuff like that loving if, this issue, thanking Tom King for bringing this yeah, into their lives, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, they cried and things. And, yeah. and with that, though, this is the pretty – And to me, this is the first issue of the let's get ready to – go to the wedding like you know this is the start of the preparations i hope that they're not all like this i hope that I we hope have not. something a little more but i don't know that we're going to get anything more than this the story from here until july is just going to be oh how do they get ready for the wedding how do they get ready it seems i you know and then you have that little deal the joker finds out and gets pissed off and, and who knows what goes there but it really seems to me like we're heading towards a non-story run until we get to the wedding. And then maybe we'll all get everybody will be happy after the wedding is done. We can get back to telling a story because and I, I don't feel like this has had a story in this book for, you know, almost a year, it seems by now. It really does. And it, it's killing me. Uh, but yeah, what, what did you give it? Or do you have well, anything before, else? Well, yeah. Before I get to that, I just want to give a special shout out to Michelle Davis because at one of the, in my written review, I was talking about when, you know, Selena comes back to the manor in the morning and she's putting her dress that she has stolen away, her gown. I'm yeah. like, why the fuck is it pink all of a sudden? What's going on? And she wisely informed me that, you know, wedding gowns do come in bags to keep them protected. I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I'm a goddamn yeah. idiot. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I want to give uh, Michelle a special shout out there for you know letting me know how wrong I was about things I don't understand, like weddings and you know relationships. Oh, but, she uh, got she got a hold of me too. She said she doesn't like your jerk off voice, so she never listens. That's what she oh, said. Oh, that makes so. sense. I'm sorry, Eric. She, and you're you're talking little, to nobody. <laughs> the last little bit I found odd too that I did not put in my written review is that when Selena comes back, she gets into the other side of the bed that's not her side, so Ooh. I don't know what's going on there. There the are cool side sides. of the bed. Exactly. Hey. There are strict sides. She's getting into where Bruce was. I'm like, this, this is crazy. What are you doing? Yeah. But no, this that's just nitpicky nonsense. But overall, I just thought it to be a boring, you know, kind yeah. of issue that really just made Catwoman look like a piece of shit and made Batman look like he's not Batman. And yeah. I was really upset with that. And, the, you know, the art just seemed like, OK, let's have some extended shots of Catwoman's button panties. And that's the highlight of yeah. it. So I gave it a four out of ten, just like I gave Batman number forty-four yeah. back in the new fifty-two. Way back in the day for and, different reasons, but and the I'm same and story. I'm not getting a bunch of shit for no, this like I was you're for not. that. You were you got a lot of shit back in the day. We didn't even really get into that. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five point five. I like the art enough. I I do like the callbacks. But I don't like the way they're played out. I really don't like the idea that he's just sitting there letting the accolades come in, it seems, until somebody says, like, oh, I see what you did. You did that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. But if yeah, I, I see people, I, I never Man, said I did. I yeah, did write yeah, these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of playing that. And that really it gets in my 
crawl where we have weird cut. You know, you have an editor's note for a guy who uh, sniffles, like has the runny nose and says, huh, I had a runny nose before. See death stroke number three. Yeah. You know what I mean? With this, it's just like well, they're playing it loose and it kind of bothers me a bit. Uh, but yeah, you got to progress. He's going out stuff, of his yeah. way not to say, like you know, yeah. to, like you know, I'm telling he's you, he's not yeah. saying he's not taking credit. It's just, it's just a weird he's, idea yeah. where like he's not spelling out this is not my story. And we have and that said, almost and, feels like theft of time. Yeah, and if you think that that's like the craziness, like we had, I am suicide, which was. Uh, or I am Bane, which ended up being pretty much a reverse nightfall. You had the issue with that well, other Thomas, uh, yeah, that little kid who wanted to be Hush, Batman, Master which Bruce, is yeah. Hush again, Master Bruce. It was pretty much Hush redone. And then you had the whole Wonder Woman, Batman, and the Demon Realm, which Super was, Friends Part Two. Yeah, yeah the uh, Action Comics, I think, seven sixty one was that. Yeah. So you, you keep getting these ideas where he claims they're homages and he claims they're this, but it really is a track record of grabbing other stories. Well, that's the thing is, he's only claiming their homages when he's called when out. He's Other caught, than that, he's and, just going to take credit that. for it. But people seem to be like, oh man, I love that because he's really uh, respecting the past and he's really doing well with me kind of want to get to the future i want to get this book going because this rebirth really just seems this whole run just seems to end up being kind of blase to me because you're not really getting anything except the book that batman isn't batman and it's really weird so we'll go from there but uh yeah i give it a 5.5 though a little more uh positive than you but eric we're gonna go off to the mail right now and see if we can get a little more positive yo it's mail call it is the best Podcast so weak, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. All right, we're at mail section number two, number dos. And number I, didn't mention dos. It. I didn't mention it before, but if you want to get in on the mail, you can mail us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and we read every bit of mail, including this first one in the second section by Sean. And I think that because of that, I, I think Sean would buy me a coffee over buying one for you as well. Oh, this is some bullshit is what that? this is. Hello, Jim, Eric, and shout out to the Get Fresh Shoes. Whoop, whoop. Poop, poop. I just wanted to say I told you so. Yeah, back in October, I emailed in saying that I had a theory of them bringing in the Batman from the multiverse to help fight the Nightmare Batman. And you both said, nah, with your high and mighty jibber jabber. Where do we get that jibber jabber? Where do we get off? Where do we get off? I, I do remember I the mail. All. I think you were a liar, Sean. I do remember <laughs> the mail. I think that what I said was that sounds very good and it would probably happen. And then you said no. And then a peer pressure. I it said, you might be like right, Eric. Yeah. So I was so happy when I saw Red Sun Batman, Bloodstorm, Bloodstorm Batman, Gotham by Gaslight Batman and Dark Knight returns Batman, ready to do battle against Barbados in Dark Knight's Metal number six. And 
It was crap. He sure was. I'm going to give him poop, a poop, poop, poop for that. Nothing happened. I like what I, I was like. What the hell, DC? You bring these guys in just as a tickle and a giggle? Then it just got worse from there, from where the heck they got 10th medal and where the heck was Joker hiding all this time, and when the heck did he formulate a plan with our Batman to take out the Batman who laughs? Mind control, Eric. The only thing I liked about this story was the fact the source wall is broken because that could maybe, just maybe, bring back the good old DC and Marvel crossovers. And if you disagree with that, I might have to say I told you so again someday. LOL. I would, I'd love that. I, 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 just, and, and, I just love the idea, though. It's like, all right, the source wall is broken down. Scott Snyder's done it. Call up Marvel. We can finally have a crossover. And, and is it not maybe <laughs> they go, hey, Brian Michael Bendis, can you call your, your old buddies? Like they want to listen to him now. But uh, yeah. even so, if that happened, and really uh, the one part, the sales – did not come out officially, but that top ten, you know, that that real preliminary deal, the uh, the precursor to the sales numbers for months came out, and they did announce that once again the sales overall in comics are, are really tanking. It's yeah. really really tanking, and so where you sit there and say at some points, no, there's no way they would do that, and that they, really people like money. And if they did a crossover again, uh, you know, that whole deal, holy crap, it would sell so – it would Gang be huge. Busters. And yeah, I know that pe- – you'd have people saying that that's the worst thing. The last time they did it, it sucked. And you have to, I remember when but, it came out the last time, I was a, a young guy and it, yeah. I was excited as hell when it happened. Like, yeah, Ooh, I yeah. got to get this. Yeah, and you could go all those routes with even like uh, – all I need is before Stan Lee goes, Eric, I need to just imagine again. You know, just, just imagine this. <laughs> just those, imagine if you those got one of those. Those weren't the greatest. But no. That whole deal, if you had the DC versus Marvel Universe, you have whatever yeah, that is. Too. The people who would talk about it, and you Twitter, it's a different landscape now. You have Twitter. You're going to get these reactions. I'm telling you, I wouldn't even – if I was DC and Marvel and they announced it and they're like, oh my god, these people are flipping. It doesn't matter. They're still going to read it. That is something yeah. that even if you're like, god damn it, I've, I've, they're still going to read it. And who cares still going they read to. it? They're still going to collect it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, actually, I shouldn't even say read. They're still going to buy it. And yeah. boy, just think of that. We could get a hold of, say, Trevitt and Double A Ron. We can have some crossover podcasts there. It would oh, all work amazing. out. It would all work out in the end. I Weird wish Science I could versus have... Marvel Madness. Oh, my goodness. No, and really, you say that? Please don't ever say that again because now in my head, a switch just clicked that now I hate double A run and Oh God. <laughs> just because you just said verses and then now I can't It's like I a fucking Manchurian candidate this over is here. It. Next thing you know, I'm in Minnesota, I'm hiding in a, a fishing shack, I'm ready to slice double A Ron's throat. <laughs> How dare you? I jump out. Eh, it could happen there. I wish I could hear your Patreon talk about this issue because I'm sure you guys feel just as pissed as I am. He's he's not going that route. No. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night, your fellow lover of cup of soup sean and i'll just mention that i didn't even say it at the beginning there's sean saying that listen sean you can jump on that patreon right now and listen to it and decide if it's for you and yeah. it's just i think that's just the lower level you'll get the five dollar you get a ton of shows and by a uh what is it may 
coming up? Is yes. that what it follows? May is April? always after April. Okay. I thought there was some sort of smarch in there. Lousy uh, smarch weather. But uh, but with that, you can check it out and listen to that. And then if you don't like what you hear or you don't want to pay, whatever, you can just bail at the end of the month. Uh, I'll tell you. For them, well, I, you, you know how I am. I just like Insane. stats. Insane. I got you. It's only stats. So, yeah, Sean, I, I, I don't need suggest. Sean breaking your heart when May rolls around. It, it and will you have break to start my, crying on my It does break shoulder. my heart. And then I'm like, why? Why didn't Sean think that it was worth it? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling you, when I say this, I, I sit there with such confidence that everybody, including Sean, would stay. And then he'd leave and I, a tear, one tear goes down. I'm like, he, he didn't think we were good enough. And then I get upset. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sean, I'm telling you, I'll get a hold of Sean and tell him yeah. just just join up and see if it's worth it and see what's going on and and listen to that. Even if he just listens to that, because I think that he would find that we were a little more positive than maybe he thinks, but we still had the same problems he did. Yeah. So yeah, I would think that. And as we heard earlier, Andrew and Belfast said that we really blew the lid off of that one, Eric. We we blew Amazing. the lid over of that. Oh my god. Informers goodness. and oh, performers. Informers I almost and said entertainer because and you entertainers. Son of a bitch. We're informers and entertainers. And like I, I say a lot of times, Eric, you're now the one who got fleeced. <laughs> better that time i thought it was gonna work out speaking of which i'm sitting here and i i don't know sometimes you you can probably hear where i have to move my mouth away i'm not tazon zay or what's that guy tazon day (laughs) tazon day i'm not moving my mouth away as i breathe uh what's happening is i cannot get comfortable because as you know but people wouldn't know my ass is still on fire eric i had a problem this week where i came home from lunch (laughs) i forgot all about you and it's killing me i i think i should have went to the hospital I came home from lunch and I had to go to the bathroom, which I usually do As at you lunch. Do always. So I come home, I go upstairs. Tanya's out and about. I don't know what she's doing somewhere in the house. So I go up and I thought stuff. to my, I, I thought to myself, it's weird because as a family of lazy kids and me and you know not Tanya but my boys and me, like nobody ever closes the toilet. You know, it, the seat itself, you know, that may go up and down at points, but nobody closes the the toilet shut. So I go in there, and the toilet's closed, which seems very odd to me. But I go, I, I open it up, I sit down, I sit my ass on the on the toilet. And yeah. even when I did, I, I noticed that uh, the water in the toilet was blue, but we have, you know, that sort of thing going yeah. on, you know, the, the toilet cleaner there. So I sit down, I'm doing my things. And while I'm doing this, I, I think at that point, I didn't have my tablet because I was just coming home from lunch. I had my phone. I might have been talking to people in the Slack chat, you know, minding my own business, doing my business. And all of a sudden... Uh, my, my ass started really hurting, and I, I hadn't even gone yet. So this wasn't one of those like, oh, I ate one of them spicy chicken sandwiches at, at the And when you Chick-fil-A. were telling me the story, that's what I thought was going yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, no. I started, and I'm like, uh, God, like something's going on. It really – then Tanya yells from upstairs, by the way, don't go on the toilet. It's got the sulfuric acid in it. And I'm like, What? And I, I mean, got yeah, up. She, I'm she, telling you, how is she going to get rid of bodies? Yeah, no, my, no, because she does this. It's the stuff for the the goddamn pipes. We pipes, have old yeah, pipes, so she put. And the problem is, you put the the lid on so that it works. It's magic. Well, the problem yeah. is with that lid on, 
all the sulfuric acid gas and shit was just waiting for me. I sat down on it. My ass and my taint, pardon my French, it, it's got chemical burns. I, I'm hurting and I'm having some problems. I walk around as this. I just got done doing the equestrian for three weeks. I, I'm going like I'm fucking saddled up. I imagine I, you walk around like you just got hazed to the fraternity. Yeah. Well, the fraternity was my house and I am hurting. I'm hurting bad, and I'm shifting and trying to go, and I, I may need to go to the hospital, Eric. But this was days ago. So, you know, two days ago Going yesterday. Going to the hospital for a little burnt ass. Come on. I'm like, listen, I think I have a chemical burn on my ass and possibly my taint. Can you help me out? And, uh, you know, you go from there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hurting right now. And the next uh, deal is Luke Hollywood. I put some oh. – uh, I actually put some lotion on it. And As it, you do it, normally? It, it felt weird. The lotion down there and in there didn't feel right. It really didn't. And then – I don't know. It felt like uh, when I went to the bathroom, then I, I could imagine a firefighter going down a greased pole. Eric, that's what it felt like, and it felt weird. And I did not I like, like it. it, and I'm not liking it now either because once you put lotion on an area like that, it, it doesn't really come off fully, and it feels weird. And, yeah. I'm not having fun, is what I'm telling you. Luke Hollywood. Luke Hollywood. Hollywood. He picks up my my spirits. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everybody else in the Get Fresh crew? And he wants a particular sound, Eric, and it would be this. Look at all those chickens. That does that does make me happy. It seems like these days when the new books drop every week out of the whole lot, there's one or two really good reads, a couple mediocre ones, and then a few pants ones on top of that. Your mileage may vary on how many books fall into the pants category, and then he has pants equals bad. Oh, thank God. I was going to ask. He says pants equal bad. Uh, I I was talking to T-Funk about this on Slack, about how he doesn't mind as much these middle-of-the-road books. He can kind of you know, not get invested and have fun. But I I told him that we have to read everything. So when we have these really bad ones, even the the middle-of-the-road ones start to wear on you because you know you want everything to be good. But I need something to be great to pick up my spirits because I I always read the bad ones first somehow. I know. Same here. What, the bad ones – called your pull list is that what you're talking about (laughs) that's definitely how it felt this week anyways i haven't read all my dc books yet but so far there's a clear winner among the rest now i will tell you this is another thing that i saw i mean you see trends going and in the slack chat uh even t funk said today it's hard to get anybody to talk dc comics because everybody's down i also notice including luke because i know when this email came in i noticed that people are waiting and not reading their books right away either where you used to have people on on Wednesday afternoon, like going on and on about well, all I their books already. Yeah. yeah, like they had just bought their books, read it at lunch, and now they're no, freaking all fired up. I imagine up. they're reading them on the drive home, almost getting yeah. into an accident. Yeah, and right into an accident, right into a tree. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I find this now where I talk to people and like, hey, uh, like, hey, what did you think of Wonder Woman? They're like, they're like me when people ask me when I haven't read your books for the, oh, you know, like I'm gonna I read it the day of the podcast. Yeah, Curse of Brimstone and White Knight were the books I really enjoyed this week, so I was happy to see them get the spotlight treatment on Patreon. That yeah. was a great episode. It was nice. really nice to hear both I Jim and so Eric enjoying a book. I told you. It is few and far between, and it always ends up on Patreon, where me and you were like, we didn't even want to end the review. We kept talking because we were so happy that we both liked the Just book. Just imagine it's like, oh, now we're paying for positivity? Is that what yeah, we're doing over that's here? that's what you get. See, there you go. If you want to hear positive. And now from now on, Eric, I'm going to put the uh, ultimatum. Every book on Patreon is now a 10 out of 10. There you go. 
We'll fake the funk, but only on Patreon, uh, especially when the books have been down on the main podcast for a while now. And what he means by that is we're not really bringing our A game. He's me, uh, I don't know. What He's he dead to me. He said we're entertainers, but not scholars is what he said. I wasn't expecting to enjoy Curse of Brimstone as much as I did. It was probably one of my least anticipated books out of the New Age of DC Heroes lineup yeah. until Orlando's unexpected book came out unexpectedly. He didn't put that. He put it, his unexpected book comes out. Yuck. But I thought I'd, I'd jazz it up a little. Uh, I would say The Curse of Brimstone. I, I know you'll bum, agree bum, with bum, me. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah! yeah! Take that. That, got peep. that pricked up their ears. Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you, I think that you will agree with me. Unexpected still. But Curse of Brimstone, all these books were announced, and then all of a sudden we heard of Curse of Brimstone in, our, in both our collective minds, because I know how you think. We both thought this book really wasn't real. Like, we're like, yeah. eh, when I see it, I'll believe it, because and, I didn't hear anything about it. And not only it. that, because then when I realized it was real, I thought this was the Steve Orlando book. Yeah, yeah, we knew nothing about it. I don't know it, shit so. about shit, apparently. No, and, and with that, uh, it was okay. I liked it. I, I wasn't, it didn't come I swinging didn't, out of the gate, but it was, you know. It. Yeah, I thought that in the Patreon deal, we said, it was a weird, slow start for a book with a new character and a new concept and things like that. I wasn't too sure about the concept, and I had very little experience with the creative team. So I was presently surprised when, I turned out, when it turned out to be really good. I thought Justin Jordan did a great job establishing Joe's character in the book, but as a result, we saw very little of his powers or abilities. He really set him up to be the sad sack so that he could quickly accept the deal, is what I thought. It's like yeah. the exact opposite of the problem Sideways had. I'm hopeful that the next couple issues will give us more insight into just who this salesman is and the ramifications of Joe's deal with him. Hey, devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Joe will finally get a decent something car. Something wicked this way comes, Jim. Yeah, something wicked this way burns, Eric. Uh, maybe Joe will find a – I thought that was going to be better than it came out. Maybe <laughs> Joe will finally get a decent <laughs> car while he's at it. I'm not, uh, this is really. a trend of the episode tonight. <laughs> problems. Really, uh, the, the whole deal – with that car, he had that'll be the physical like thing that you'll see uh, because no. that car's so pushed. Now he's gonna be you know some hot rod or something. I don't know what the kids call a hot rod nowadays. I'm not usually big into pencil heavy art styles, but I think Philip Tan delivered some very nice work in this book, and I agree with what Jim said that the dark and gritty style lends itself to the rundown nature of the town of York Hills. Looking forward to seeing if issue two can build upon what we got in this issue. I was just thinking it was so. weird that I didn't think. Do you think that he just looked up a map and saw York, Pennsylvania, but didn't want to go full out? Out there and called it your kills because that is weird because that's kind it's of very Pennsylvanian kind of feel to it. Yeah, snickerdoodles, Eric. Then there's White Knight Seven. I know Dancing Mike isn't a big fan of this book, so I don't want to put him on blast, but I'm having a great time with it. Every month when it comes out, it's always near the top of my reading pile. For my money, it's the best bat book we're getting from DC. But I haven't read Creature of the Night, so I can't attest for that yet. That's really good, too. I think it's crazy that we're getting the best stuff from the Elseworlds books and miniseries, while the main title just doesn't seem to cut it for the people. Tell me, Eric, do you like the miniseries that we're getting? I had to cough, is what I, I knew. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but the Elseworlds stuff, I'm really loving. Elseworlds, Eric. Elseworlds. 
It was the character. You just got fleeced. It was the character work that really did it for me, this issue. That scene with Bruce talking to Dick and Barbara was very striking and heartfelt for me, and it was a big step in the right direction towards redeeming a Batman who has been pretty awful to those around them over the course of the book. Just been uh, an asshole the entire time. I also tell you, I was watching some of the C2E2 stuff today, and they did have Sean Murphy on, and he did acknowledge that – and maybe he went a little too political at the beginning. And he actually yeah. acknowledged that some people were turned off by that, and he wished that maybe he didn't do it so heavy because that's what that wasn't the intention. Well, he's intention. definitely gone away from it, it now. It wasn't the intention of the book. He said that what he was trying to do is kind of get the – Kind of like a, an atmosphere of a reality, a real deal going on. Like, you know, when he goes on Twitter and turns on the TV, that's the sort of thing he sees. So he wanted to set up the book being an Elseworlds story to be more uh, like away from the DCU and into that Elseworlds deal by showing stuff that he thought was like from, you know, ripped from the pages of the headlines or whatever. Right. I don't know. That didn't make sense <laughs> What am I saying? Topical. During, during the buildup, uh, the final assault ripped from the pages of the headlines, Eric. During the build-up to the final assault, it felt very cinematic, and I couldn't help but get excited to see how it was all going to go down, and the massive bomb drops between Bruce and Jack and the car felt huge. Stuff that I fully expected they would wait until the final issue to reveal, and that's why I liked it as much, too, because it kind of did go against the grain of these mini-series, maxi-series, what, to have that, that last, the penultimate issue is usually just there just to get you hyped with a cliffhanger to get to the final deal. This actually had some had huge reveals. a lot of reveals, reveals leading up yeah, to our it cliffhanger. Did. It had some really good stuff. If they are revealing it this early, I'm excited to see what bombs will drop next issue. The Jason reveal was also huge for me. Forgiving me for going a little mumbo-jimbo here, but I reckon the sequel to White Knight might feature Jason making his return to Bruce. Arkham, King, uh, Arkham Knight style. See, saying as a bad guy. Whether or not Bruce is still Batman by then is something we'll have to wait and see, uh, because he does say that he's going to reveal himself in this issue. On the Patreon spotlight, you mentioned that the issue avoided one of the usual weaknesses that many minis fall for, where the penultimate issue are all set up for the grand finale. I should read ahead sometime. Really? But this issue managed to pull off all the setup as well as provide plenty of payoff with it. Yes, indeed. As a result, I can't <laughs> wait to see how it all wraps up next month. I- I'm with you. I think I'll even uh, double ship for this series. Oh, double dip for this series and pick up the trade when it comes out because I'm really enjoying it. After reading this series month by month, I think it'd be interesting how it reads as one continuous story. I think that this is going to be one of those. I can't say that this is a all-time trade, uh, but I do think for a while it'll be one of the better sellers. I think that a lot of people who aren't reading it will have heard so much about it that when they see the actual trade, they're going to dip in. I think there's going to be a big sales deal with that because it's selling great anyway. It's in the top 10 of sales when it comes out, and that's crazy for a book like this. And yeah, I think the trade will have some a little bit of legs. I don't know 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if, if people are going to be you know saying that this is I don't imagine killing it's going to be a killing joke like with that. legs that's like that, saying. but I think for a while it's going to sell really well. Yeah, I actually think that the hype is good, and, and at least for one once, the hype seems to be accurate in my mind. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the enemy gushing about White Knight for another month. I'm going to go read some more My Hero Academia. Uh, you can't escape this, Eric. 
I don't even. I don't know what. I gotta go. I gotta read some of this and maybe watch the anime as well because I told you it's one of those things where when you don't hear something forever, like somebody tells you, like out of nowhere, I say something about a show that you it may have not even been on your radar. It's an old show. It's been out for four years. You never saw it. And the minute I say something about it, next thing you know, you're driving to work. You hear about it on the radio. You do this and that. The minute that I read that in the Slack. My Hero Academia. Next thing I know, everybody I see is – I'm like, this had to have been going on already. I just didn't know what it was. It's crazy. I still don't know what it is. Well, I didn't say I know what it is. I just hear the name, (laughs) but maybe I need to get in on it. I want to see what these young kids are into. Uh, Because the hype trade as well. Even out of nowhere, I listen to this one podcast. I listen to this one podcast that drives me insane, Eric, and I make you listen to it sometimes. And the first thing they start talking about is My Hero Academia. I'm like, god damn it. To get ready for season three, dropping the Tomorrow, hope the fans and the Get Fresh crew be boom, enjoy it. When the main books are lackluster, sometimes you got to go elsewhere to get your fix for quality content. And yeah, uh, DC better listen because a lot of people are kind of going Marvel ways too. Not that uh, – it's funny. I, I've been reading – I don't know if I told you, Eric. I've been reading Venom. Oh. And so I, I messaged Brandon. I'm like, oh, Brandon, I, for some reason I picked Venom to start, and I, I was really excited. I was talking to you about it, and I really liked it, and then it kind of fell off a little. And Brandon's like, yep, you're going to learn very quickly that the shit stinks over here as well. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're singing my tune there, buddy, and I'm not reading the uh, I'm not reading the new Sonic comic, the honorary Get Fresh Crew book of the week, but, but, so this will have to do. So, yeah, a lot of people are talking about that new Sonic. I read it. It's good. And before I'll you ask – get a hold of Cousin Ricky. Find out. I, I had that on my Jim's other comic book review show, the longest uh, title of one of our shows, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. Nice. Uh, my Hero Academia is really just as good as the book of the week, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. Eric, he's saying it's just as good. It wow. must be good. Your boy in leak slip, the Hollywood Kid XOXO. XO. And the last bit of mail is from Brandon. Brandon says, Sup, fellas. Sup, Brandon. I am putting a worse-than-normal disclaimer on this email, specifically concerning the grammar and or spelling, due to the massacre that's about to occur. Now, I'm looking right now. I'm going to look. I'm going to look ahead. Yeah, I, I see a lot of things red there, Eric, where it tells me that there's no how, how is this different than normal? We'll see. So my brain is shot this week, 50% due to lack of sleep because of a sudden-onset addiction to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> you child. Right now, <laughs> Logan's downstairs, and he's playing Fortnite. And every time I go down to break, i got to tell him to, to turn it down because it's too loud, and he gets pissed off at me. 50% because of learning new shit at work that has my head in a pretzel. Yeah. I had many a thoughts about things earlier in the week, but since the work week started, it's been downhill for this guy. New job is all right otherwise, but my main gripe is my constant and all-the-time podcast listening is cut down to the point. It takes me most of the week to now finish the number one podcast in my heart and then get to yours he said this one so cuts had to be made i was sad to start first with my hate listens although they are not necessary (laughs) they fuel my anger fire and I'll tell you, I me and just love that you people need these hate podcasts. It's me and Brandon I yell constantly. At you every week about why do you do this to yourself? Yeah. Eric will tell you there is not a funner time in my life. You don't see me smile many times when Brandon sends me a message for a new hate listen. 
big smile, and then I get all giddy. Because oh, no. you know you're going to subject me to it yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the best. There's me and Brandon go back and forth. We give our little and, – and God forbid, I, I don't know that I will ever reveal any of these hate listens to anyone. I, I am a guy who – I like the hate listen, but I don't like hurting people's feelings. Yeah. So I'll never do that. But boy – well, we have a long list, and we listen to them, and oh my goodness, we have some. Oh fun. my! And I, oh my! And I worry I won't be myself without them. Then I like the. Then I. Then I the podcast. I just like a bit little. <laughs> he, he's gone off the deep end. He likes rich little. Get off! Get off the bottle. Ha, had to go next. Surprisingly, not as hard. Of a cut as the hate listens. Go figure. So I'm down to about three now, you guys. You guys, part of my take, and KFC Radio. Then any Patreon stuff put out on the feed. On the bright side, I have headphones. See, I, I thought that they, uh, you were going to tell me that, say, the Cellar Dweller was a hate listener. I don't know. He may have told me I, that. I just want to know what this KFC Radio is. Do they tell you know. how good this shit tastes? It sounds delicious. On the bright side, I have headphones in at home a lot more now, and the women of the house are about half as obnoxious as the result. That's what she gets for throwing out my belt. Yes. She's going to feel the sting of that belt. Due That's to con- what she gets for making me buy a yes. house and marry her. Yes. Due to, con- due to time constraints and my early onset dementia this week, I'll get right to the books. Superman. Well, uh, as this and its partner series come to a close, and I'm telling you, there was three misspellings there. That's why I'm, I'm there. I am translating as I go. Rebirth. I can feel my anger getting stronger for the coming change. The only thing they could do to torture me more with a character I love would be to par par old Baldy Bendis with Jar Jar. Now that's a team made of nightmares. And, and I actually, I, I keep saying Venom. I'm not really being totally honest because I did talk to you that I was reading that X Men book that Brian Michael. Bendis did as well, oh, yeah, that yeah. I was really enjoying where uh, Beast brought X-Men? back – Yeah, I think it was all new X-Men – where Beast brought back the original X-Men uh, so that the past Cyclops could kind of get his new Cyclops to come to grips with the whole killing Convoluted. Professor X and all this stuff. And uh, with that, I was really, really enjoying it. It's Brian Michael Bendis is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. And I was really, really enjoying it. And then – at about issue 13, after the first it two trades, wall? yeah, it hit a wall of a lot of dialogue and not a lot going on. And I, I messaged a brand, and I, I think I see what he's talking about. I had a better time with Bizarro Talk. This issue, avoiding the word not whenever I saw it and just reversing yes and no type words. That's how I go with it. Yeah, so either I, I found I actually, a hack. I, I actually am grapping the idea of it better this time, where I actually was pretty fluid with going through the panels like it that. It just didn't tell a great still story, though, with ass. Yeah, and that's right now. That's a Brandon hack. I wish I had that thing. Boom, Brandon hack. So either I found a hack for this biz speak, or I'm getting used to it. Either way, I like this arc overall more than I was annoyed by it. I agree too. I actually like it enough. It's the Bizarro talk that just kind of doesn't lend itself to. Well, that, tell a great I just want to know more about the idea of the story behind Bizarro World and the Bizarro Redeath no, idea that they're trying that's to throw the problem. out there. As but I'm this fucking is, confused as shit because I don't know what is, they're going I, with. I don't think they're going with that anymore. Anyway, I think all this is is again. Bizarro, but Boy Zorro, somehow maybe oh, yeah. he'll stay in our universe. I don't know. And now uh, I'm trying to remember what is the, what are the Super Sons name in Bizarro World? Uh, Not Rob Zorro, oh, yeah, Boy they Zorro, did. but what do they call they the had Super them. Sons? I, can't, I, I know what you're saying. I can't remember now. Yeah, the canines bother me, but yeah, that's what yeah. it seems like we're going. We're going to get yeah. Rob Zorro and Boy Zorro to our Earth, and then it's just going to be this Bizarro Super It seems Super like there's Sons some reason for it because they had to make a big thing about Boy Zorro, the hand, bringing it out. 
And Rob Zara was already there, which was very odd. So it, it has to mean something. Although I wish we got to see more of the bad guy villains and the fact we didn't. I blame solely on Bendis, that asshole, he says. But I did like the bad guys too. Manship sent me a, a message. He loved the bad guys, and he wanted to see more as well. And uh, remember uh, uh, later – or no, it was on the uh, regular spotlight. I talked about him loving that uh, old cyborg and how he's going to give me shit. He is, yeah. he, even positive manship got rid of a cyborg off his pull list. <laughs> he hasn't been reading it. Uh, so he didn't, didn't love even it know. That And then it's funny because I said, hey, I have a shout-out to you on the podcast and the, the uh, my review about cyborg. And he's like, oh, oh, my God, I should get cyborg again? No. No, no, please no. Batman. Well, my roommate as far as wanted I can to tell though, Manship may love it. Yeah, yeah, really. Who can tell with old Manship? Batman. Well, he's very positive. Well, my roommate wanted and this is about Batman. My roommate wanted me to buy the Catwoman cover for her because she thought it'd be cute to hang the pair of coming uh, somewhere in the house after we get married in another <laughs> 7 years from now. This statement right there sums up Tom King's run on Batman for me as a whole. For the uh, the most part, my roommate liked a cover. And yeah, roommate. But yeah, that, that kind of does. Uh, people love this issue. I, I, you know, I didn't work. And now I'm getting depressed. White Knight, damn good stuff right there. I don't yeah. even have much more to add other than I can't wait for the conclusion issue and hopefully soon the sequel series. Also, whatever Sean Gordon Murphy does next, Batman or not, I'm in. I'm with you. Deathstroke, well, if I had to rank the books I bought with Batman in them this week, this would be right behind White Knight for me on the enjoyable well. scale with the main Batman title. Uh, human centipeding on the reel of them both, and I would agree with Gross. that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a little behind on the main Deathstroke title, about five issues, because I remember it better when I read it in chunks, but I skipped ahead uh, to You're this. not missing much here. Yeah, and, and really, you don't need fresh. it. Yeah, who you only need the concepts of the Deathstroke book, yeah. which I thought were a little thrown in there uh, for new readers, but Brandon knows those concepts. Who knew a Batman just fighting a villain, not having Catwoman do all the work, would be so much fun? I, fellas, I anticipate being more on the poll next week. Didn't he say that the last three weeks? Remember the one was I, I didn't put up a poll because I, I'm out of it. He's always out of it. It's Buffalo. But we all know the chances of that happening are slim, slim to none. Yes, Buffalo time indeed, and that's Brandon. And they're going to be talking, him and Trevor are going to be talking about the Marvel 2-in-1 number 5, which, if you didn't know, Eric, uh, me in the know, that's kind of the book that's ushering in the Fantastic Four. And there you go, Eric. Ooh. There's a little knowledge for you. But, yeah, Marvel 2-in-1 number 5 coming up right now. All right, welcome everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by my man Trevor. Trevor, what is going on? Nothing much. Just sitting around drinking soda. <laughs> yep. We're just chilling here on a uh, cold winter day in April in Buffalo. Uh, it's not <laughs> a misspeak. Uh, <laughs> it's freezing balls outside at my house, but uh, cold here too. <laughs> <laughs> go away i'm ready for whatever spring is um but um yeah uh we're talking marvel two and one number five today winner of the vote by quite a margin it beat out uh the new arc of all new wolverine which was old woman laura or whatever they're calling it and uh i think venom verse number one or whatever venom verse number we were on uh was the other venomized. choice venomized yeah 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it's called now. Uh, <laughs> but I think people are venomed out. So this one pretty substantially in the vote this week. Everyone wanted to hear about Marvel's two and one number five, um, and especially with the announcement of a Fantastic Four book coming down the pike here during summertime. Uh, probably got everyone a little hyped up too. Um, so yeah, writer is Chip Zdarsky. Uh, art team is Valerio Shetty. Uh, is that it? Uh, Sheedy. Sheedy. Valerio, Valerio Sheedy. Uh, Italian. I think that's the only name, isn't it? Or no? On art? Oh, no. Frank uh, Martin. Frank Martin. As color. Yeah. Uh, and then we got VC's Joe Carmanga on the letter duties. And we got a little blurb here before we talk about it. Uh, despite him running the most unfunny Twitter account in the history of mankind, I'm finding myself enjoying a Chip Zdarsky book. And Marvel's two-in-one as Johnny and Ben continue their quest to find the other two Fantastic Four members. On their first mission, they've encountered a form of success, just not in the exact way they wanted, and it's leading to some possible other planet-ending issues. So let's check this out. Um, yeah, so basically we're not on Earth Prime. They, they, they're they in the multiverse on a different Earth right now, and they ran into basically the missing members of the Fantastic Four, or at least uh, uh, one of them. Um, read last issue and he is basically a shell of himself so we're, we're picking things up where that issue ended um, with Johnny and this world's beast debating basically about the actions of this world's uh, Reed Richards who again is just like a broken fucked up man uh, is kind of just like I, I feel like they didn't fill you in exactly on what he's been doing but I feel like just stayed out of everything and been working on random inventions that uh do and don't have an impact on things. <laughs> well, he's been working. Um, he's been, which is funny because I saw the read in the six one six do this. He's working on solving everything, like all the world's problems, because to make up for not being able to save them from Galactus. Yeah, and in this world, um, Doom was able to do that instead of the Fantastic Four way back in the yep. day. So, so Doom is basically Galactus at this point, and that's all working in the background. Uh, and coming to a head later on this issue. Um, Thing, listening to this debate between Johnny and Beast is really kind of just getting fed up with all the the nonsense, and and he just walks into the other room, uh, approaches this Reed, and slaps the living shit out of him. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he goes flying into this project he's working on, and like his face smushes against this glass. Uh, this this was one of my favorite panels in the whole book. It looks sweet. Uh, it does. Yeah, it's it's like you know you press your face up against the window. That's what's going on here with Reed. Uh, a little bit of stretchy thing going on there too. On top of that, it looks um, like silly putty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you just took a chunk of silly putty and threw it against the window. That's what his face looks like here after the thing hit him. Um, and again, it leads to a skirmish between the two. That that. Um, you know, it is a little back and forth before it ends in Reed breaking down and, and the two kind of sharing a, a moment and finding some common ground uh, before this world's Sue pops into the room and kind of breaks the tension between the two of them um, with the tension going on her, you know, because this is somebody they were looking for, just not the version they were looking for. Um, next, uh, we get the wet, bl- what I call the wet blanket of our story. And this is the tag along Rachel who joined uh, Thing and Johnny on this multiversal quest. And she's up to something either. I don't remember reading about 
or hasn't been revealed yet. Can you uh, shed some light on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> she's looking for uh, a cure for her sister, and that's where we see her right here. She's okay. seeing her sister in this universe, and there's no hope for her here, so she knows that she didn't find what she was looking yeah, for. She, there's no cure here. Okay, I totally, I just totally blanked on on that part of the story, I guess, and how she was introduced uh, a couple issues ago. Um, so yeah, I guess it does all connect. I was really like, uh, I don't care about this chick at fucking all. Uh, it's only one page, uh, before she receives a calm call from Johnny. She's kind of peeved that she, she gets this call. Uh, but since she's not finding what she wants at this hospital anyway, she just ends up leaving and, and agreeing to meet up with them. Um, we go back to meeting up with the fantastic four of two worlds, uh, and the four, individuals finally all get in a room like together for the first time and share a few emotional moments together that, that have, you know, some pretty good payoff. will choke you up a little bit. If you got any attachment to them. Um, the best part though, is it doesn't linger on really for too long. You don't get a whole lot of mushiness before no. we get right back into the mix and witness some cool stuff, which is the heralds of doom. Uh, basically, <laughs> doom bots on surfer boards uh, from all different points attacking the city and its heroes as the Doom Galactus prepares for his inevitable approach here, uh, breaking his promise and, and destroying this world. Um, that looks so awesome, and I love everyone's shield costume designs, yeah. especially yeah, Spider Man cool Daredevils. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like the little sub note I wrote here. It's just some cool things to notice is that Sue is like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's, uh, what's that chick's name? Maria Hill, basically, in this this yeah. world. And she's basically, I don't know, if it feels like talked all the heroes to being S.H.I.E.L.D.-sponsored spies slash heroes, uh, basically for hire for S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and they work for them fighting these Doom bots off. You got Thor, <laughs> Spider-Man, Miss Marvel. That's Miss Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Miss Marvel. Um, and you can see Captain Rocket. America in the background mm-hmm. and then uh, Dr. Strange yeah. on the bottom right. Yeah, and Dr. then at the top, you, on the top, you could see Angel from uh, the X-Men with the wings. Um, Sue looks more like battle-hardened in this She's world. Got a She's scar got a scar across her face. Yeah, right? yeah. I just thought, yeah. I couldn't tell if that was just a weird way the light was hitting her or that's a scar because even in the, the far-out panels, you they, they make sure to draw this kind of line across her face so yeah she looks battle hardened for sure um so that's a cool splash page and then and then we get really back into the action when the fantastic four of two worlds you like my abbreviation in the notes there f4 (laughs) of two w (laughs) (laughs) uh they join the fray and start mixing it up with all the doom heralds as well uh all except reed who's running like a bitch at the moment, like Dorothy from a tornado. Uh, he's running away just from this doom Herald who is chasing him down. Um, the doom Herald ends up like grabbing him around, the, around the waist and just flying him up into the sky. Uh, when Johnny comes to his rescue and Johnny goes like, you know, supernova to blast this doom Herald out of the, out of the way. But you know, it sends them both falling down because Johnny, having trouble with his powers and, and thing as well, just not to such a high extent, um, you know, starts dropping to earth. And this kind of snaps Reed out of being a giant bitch for the last two stories. Uh, <laughs> as he then turns into like a Fortnite parachute for Johnny and, and they end up landing safely. Um, 
And when they do hit the ground, he kind of, you know, gives a little bit of a rah-rah speech to rally the troops and, and um, get everybody pumped up for one one more go of it all, try to save this world, really. Uh, when his moment <laughs> is interrupted by somebody else that tagged along on this uh, multi-sect journey they were taking, Thing and Johnny and, and Rachel, uh, and that is the doom of earth primes world. <laughs> you got to be very careful with saying who's from what world in this, uh, in this comic. Um, so this is, you know, iron doom who, who's been, uh, you know, doom turned iron man. Um, and, and he mentions despite Wolverine attacking him, uh, <laughs> out <Yeah>. of habit, <laughs> uh, that he's here to help. Um, and, he basically mentions, yeah, I followed you two knuckleheads along on this journey. I knew what you were up to. So here I am, and, and let's stop this Galactus Doom from ending this place. Uh, I like that they didn't drag out what John... When they first traveled to this universe, and they were in like the in-between multiverses, and then Johnny's like, wait, is that? And then, then you never know what he saw. Yeah. And then he saw it. He turns out he saw Doom. Yeah, and he, he kind of mentions that line here. He's like, I thought... You know, <laughs> he's yeah. like, I thought I was right about you or something um, tagging along in our journey. But uh, what we come to is that the conclusion from Doom and everybody that we're, we're going to need a little more help if we're going to take down this Galactus Doom and we're going to need somebody with a lot of power. Uh, so our cliffhanger is a pretty sweet ending as we get Johnny and Thing who are sent off uh, to recruit and they go to this you know, downtrodden looking farm and approach this downtrodden looking figure. And it is Norrin Rad and Emma Frost. Emma is not too happy. The, these two knuckleheads have, have approached the farm because, you know, they're supposed to be dead. She's not sure what's going on. She thinks it's kind of all a doom trick. Thing takes a bullet to the head. <laughs> and like uh, smashed to pieces against his head. <laughs> yeah, And then she reads their mind and finds out, you know, no, they're, they're the real deal. Just, little different somehow. Um, and they, they're, they've come to get Norrin and say they, they need him one last time. Uh, and you can tell, you know, he doesn't really want to do it, but he's going to do it kind of thing going on here as Emma kind of gives him the kiss and an official send off. <laughs> and that's how our issue ends. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know this. I, f- I find this as far as buy barrel or forget goes to be a strong buy. Um, I buy it digitally personally. Um, but, but I, it's like perfectly paced. Um, it doesn't linger in any one spot, like any one feeling for too long. You go back and forth from action to emotional and, and it just feels all right. Uh, as far as how comics should kind of go back and forth between the action and, and you know the emotional beats and, and the art's always awesome as far as this book i think there was one hiccup as far as issue three or something like that but everything else has looked really really good um and it'll look great collected in a trade which will be coming out shortly here uh one more issue maybe this one it depends what marvel feels like doing i think one more they'll probably wrap up this storyline but uh yeah, I, 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 I uh yeah this is a strong buy for me. I mean, one of Mar- Marvel's best books right now, I think. And uh, even though I don't uh, like Zdarsky's other Marvel book, like I'm a little worried that Dan Slott gets the Fantastic Four because I would have liked to just see, based on how he writes, this read and this Sue and the states they're in, uh, just just a shot at the true versions of those characters and, and the relationships between all four of them. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Dan Slack can, can get a little corny sometimes. But I don't know. Like he's hit or miss. He, oh, he's a little that, like a dad writing a comic book sometimes, and that works. Sometimes it can be a good story. Sometimes, like right now, he's killing it on Spider Man, but he, he's like just done it for a long time. You know, not done that yeah, yeah. high level quality for for so uh, the ten years he's been on it basically. But uh, you know, that despite all that, Fantastic Four can be a little corny sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, despite all that, this back to this book, uh, I, I definitely recommend if you haven't, you know, you've been ignoring it or waiting for the first trade, you get it when it comes out or when Marvel does one of those 99 cent sales. If this winds up in there, just that it's worth 99 cents for sure. Uh, it's a really good book. Uh, there's not much more I can say about it other than that. You know, I can't wax eloquent about it. I don't, I don't know comic terms that well, but, uh, I have fun reading it. Uh, I have a good time, and when I when I close it, I kind of want the next one to read right away. So, you know, that's my highest form of compliment I can give a book. I, I say it's a buy. What What do you think? I totally agree. I, I think this book is pretty much perfect. Like it, it's it's well paced. It just flows perfectly. Uh, everything gets answered in a timely manner. You're not left uh, lingering on plot holes or like you don't have plot holes or you're not lingering on plot points too long like if something happens in issue three you find out in issue five you know yeah um it always has great it it is it's very well balanced it has great action like that that nice heartwarming moment when uh sue is hugging johnny and and they and then reed looks sad ben puts his hand on it just lasts for one page and then we hop back into the story you know what i mean like yeah some people would spread that out for like two or three pages and just waste a ton of time. Yeah, but... Bendis would have a field day with about five oh my God. pages, and you would be like, "Oh, this is so many words. I <laughs> get the gist of what's going on here. <laughs> Let me skip past." <laughs> <laughs> and I love how um, every issue alone, like if you read every issue alone, you had a great time reading that issue. But it's also great as like a whole entire arc too. So some people, the whole the story is not good unless you read all six issues you know what i yeah. mean you have to read the whole thing but here you could read issue four and be like okay i'm into this series i, I love this issue so much i'll go back and read one two and three and now i'm going to read five and six um i loved it I, valerio shidi did a great job on art the first issue he did it was kind of like he was like finding his footing but then the second and the third were just fantastic and frank martin seemed to learn to work with him very well on the colors because the colors were i felt were kind of off in the first issue they did together too because they i don't i don't think they've ever worked together before so this was the first time jim chung's coming back for the next issue for the next issue which will be his last issue at marvel before hopping over to dc so i'm excited for that and then paco medina is going to take over but i loved it this was definitely a buy for me i i worth your four bucks and i highly recommend it yeah, I can't believe it's still going to go. Like this is going to continue alongside the Fantastic Four book. I just don't know in what capacity. Like, yeah, I hope they do it more like the classic way, so it won't always be Johnny. It'll be like thing with other dudes solo. and, and yeah, other, yeah, cool. yeah. Let, I would like to kind of check that out, and that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, the preview at the end for next issue. This is my theory of what might happen because there's some giant machine that Rachel and Doom are on in the background, and it's Doom Galactus in the foreground fighting Thing. 
So yeah, are they yeah, going to yeah. blow thing up to Galactus size to fight <laughs> Galactus? Because I'm here. That would be that. awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be really awesome. <laughs> like I, I'll, I'll buy the digital and hard copy and and put the code out online for that shit because that that's <laughs> that's a movie I want to see. But uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna wrap things up here for this week, guys. I will get that poll up for you on Monday, and you know, vote. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um, if there's any requests, hit me up DMs or, or on Twitter, and maybe I'll slide that comic on the uh, the poll because I've I don't know I just had a hard time narrowing it down to three lately. We're kind of gonna hit that strange period before uh, the fresh start uh, starts. So a lot of these books are like wrapping up. So if there's something specific you want to hear about, let me know. I'll put it up there. Um, and you know, if the wins the vote, we'll talk about it. So. Um, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Beamer3660. Trevitt's new one is at what is it again? <laughs> Trevit Trevit Trev. There you go. Uh so a lot of T's in there. Uh make sure you get it right and get that vote in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Yo, 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 Listen to what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are Good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea Hello! <laughs> that was a remix, Eric. You like that? I did not. Uh, yes. There we are. I don't know what that whispering was that. going on. It I seemed a little sexy song. to me. Uh, here we are. We're here with a couple books with Regé. Uh, not a lot of books this this uh, week. Nope. Uh, it was a yeah. skit week, as they say in the UK. It was a it's so crazy, me. too. We have hardly any books yet. I had five. I, I don't know what's going on. Like It's really come to roost because I seem to be the guy who a lot of times where, oh, hey, you guys have six books. Phew, I'm sitting pretty with three. All of a sudden, yeah. out of nowhere, I don't know what's going on. I didn't pick up any books. What are they doing, really? Even Eric said, though, the one thing that's killing me is that Trinity book seems to be like Harley was at one point where I think it comes out seven, now. seven times yeah. a week, it seems like to me. But yeah, we're having, and this, that isn't even my problem this week, but we're here with two books for us to talk with Reggie. And then obviously he'll go and talk to Chris as well. But the two books also, it's, it's a weird combo of books too for it you. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 it is. So it's so weird. It's because these minis, these minis yeah. could land any time. You know, yeah, they can. Much, and, so. and what we're going to be talking about coming up is Harley and uh, the Black Lightning. And Black Lightning, the miniseries, is ending. This is going to be the last issue. But even with, like, where are those other books? It's really weird the way it came about. Oh, you know I'm going to have a week where I have, like, fucking yeah. eight books. You know, then I'll have another do. one. Where it's, I'm telling you, I have, I think I had seven, five. Next week I have five again. And then the yeah. week after I have two. And that's, and then really, uh, some of them like pop up and I don't even know this next week coming up. Originally, I think the second round of Creature of the Night was supposed to be, but I know that's not coming out. That thing's delayed out the wazoo. So I, I get a little I, reprieve I saw, there. I believe, a shot of Kurt Busiek holding a comp. 
Yeah, really? So he, it's I actually believe. done? That's so it might be cool. out in two weeks. We'll see. Or three weeks or something oh, like that. That's pretty cool because I, I'm really looking forward to that issue, though, by this point. When you get delays like that, yeah. kind of lose a little interest. I kind of got to you know rev myself up for that. But the first book that we're going to talk about here, I didn't have to rev myself up for. But I know I, I actually peeked at your review and read it, and I saw you did not like it as much as maybe mm. me, maybe. I don't know how I, I, I felt like really they had problems it. for the end of an arc for sure was really my thing with it but I still I you know they're the writing it's, is still yeah. strong, but it kind of like took took a left turn. Yeah, and when the, we uh, get into it, I will point out like there is more pop culture references in this than out of nowhere. It was real heavy with that. But tell us what it is, Rich. It is Harley Quinn number forty one, written by Frank Thierry, art by Inaki Miranda, Moritat, and Jeremiah Skipper. There was another plot before we had this, and there'll be another plot after it's gone. Penguins and henchmen, don't worry me, there'll soon be another one along. So go ahead, just make them bleed. Scarface now heads the New York Mafia, what the fuck did I just read? There was another plot before we had this, and there'll be another plot after it's gone. Boom. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm just looking quick because I wanted to see, and I don't think you went. You didn't go with the Frank Cho variant for your covers of the week. I know that you like him, but uh, in that variant, do, yeah. in that variant, boy, uh, Poison Ivy's in all her glory there. Like it's it, that is like a hundred percent Cho with the you know the big oh, yeah. the big look. When I was looking, I rarely talk about covers. I just saw that I was I was going. He but writes, really, he writes a full. He draws a full. He draws lady, a full figured lady. That oh, is yeah. what he does. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this issue, I don't know. It just kind of happens. Uh, like I said, I'm a little more positive. I had a couple, you know, laughs at it. To me, uh, it's one of those that by the end I had to look to make sure it wasn't those one of those anniversary issues. For some reason, it seemed to really drag on at points. Like it, it almost seemed like it was thirty pages oh, long. This definitely uh, does not drag on. But, but I feel like the minute from the minute you get there, you're suddenly given a whole bunch of brand new information you just have to deal with. Like yeah. Suddenly, Mad Hatter is taking over everyone in Cornell. Like, I thought I missed a goddamn yeah. issue when I yeah. jumped into this because all of a sudden the gang of Harley's, all of Harley's friends and stuff, they're all controlled by Mad Hatter. They're I'm all like, controlled. I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. we ended with Killer Croc and Harley. What happened? That's and, right. And no matter what, we ended with Killer Croc and Harley where it was kind of dubious whether they were going to fight. Like, you know, like yeah. she was like, what side are you on? And right here, Killer Croc is on her side. But, you yeah, know, yeah. even with that, I, with that part, you can be like, all right, I can roll with the punches and take it for granted that off. Off panel, they, you know, high fived or whatever, but yeah. the Mad Hatter thing. And then it comes in like Penguin's whole plan was to take over Coney Island. And I, <clears throat> I thought it was all about taking over New York. That's why he assembled all, all of New York's crime families yeah. and killed the heads of them. But all that, all that happened there was he handed them over to Scarface and their ventriloquist, which that's cool, I guess, but I, I don't really understand then what. Penguin's master. So it's not even like he he didn't even hand him over to Scarface. Scarface had to go out of his way to try to make a deal with the rest of the family to try to take Penguin down. Yeah, it's true. No, you're right. He didn't give it to him, but that was the only result of it. Since like Penguin doesn't want to work in Chinatown or in Harlem or other neighborhoods in New York City that you may have heard of. Just Coney Island, which he wants to turn into Antarctic Island. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm actually – while you were guys were talking, I was actually looking ahead uh, at some other uh, – you know, what's coming up in this book because to me, like what you're saying is is completely true that it uh, it seems like we missed an issue. Maybe we did because the next issue is the last bit of Frank Thierry's run. He's done next issue, yeah. and it seems that that issue is going to be, in my mind, looking at the solicit – is to get rid of or kind of put away the gang of Harleys, uh, because that's something that and and when they had that many even he well, did the many. Well, she's going into the future next yeah, issue. That's so, the thing. It's old and, lady Harley or whatever. It's like a take yeah, on old man. And, and I, it's, right, it's right weird, and even that doesn't jive up with the solicit. So who knows? Uh, because then Chris Sabella takes over for a bit, and then we get to the Sam Humphreys deal. So Very, yeah, I. Mary I actually think that things got got kind of cut. I think that there was going to be something more. Here, be, yeah. Because t- to be honest, my I, you know, and again, I don't really have anything strong for this, but I got the impression Frank Thierry was taking over and he was going to be taking over. He's like, Jimmy, yeah. you know, Jimmy had a yeah, point now it just seems scary, like it was just you know a set mean? deal. Well, uh, at one point we were setting up for her to go down to Florida and it was going to start this thing. And then that just completely disappeared. And we had this where maybe this was just now like, hey, we just need you to fill in until we get the next team, which isn't even Chris Sabella. It's going to be Sam Humphreys going to apocalypse nonsense. Uh, but yeah, I think that there was something missing here because you something start happened. this up. Funny. And Probably yeah, happened. and yeah. like I said, you do get a couple funny bits here. Said you get some pop culture stuff that kind of made more me pop laugh. Culture than usual. Yeah, it really was pop culture heavy. If yeah, there's some issues where you'll be like, boy, they really went with the sexual innuendo. Oh, they really went with the violence. This is a pop culture referenced issue uh, through and through to me. And I, I actually liked some of the references. Uh, some of them were even older than I actually thought yeah. that you would I'm get. Like from Ray Bolger as a yeah, scarecrow? Yeah, Ray Bolger as a scarecrow. That was I funny. I don't know that's pop culture so much. But. Well, it is. I mean, it and here's the me. deal. They're in the middle of fighting and they're talking about Enrico Palazzo from Naked Seriously. Gun. And, and that they're waiting for Reggie Jackson to show up because they've been controlled. I don't know that anybody knows that anymore. Uh, any even younger... the idea that they're talking about Enrico Palazzo, which was oh, the, uh, the, so the singer. It was the was singer the that was replaced. And it, yeah. well, it was the singer that was replaced by Frank Drebin, who then became the umpire. And the big deal was when he took off his mask, they're like, oh, Enrico my God, Palazzo it's Enrico Palazzo. And right, it's right. so funny. Again, I don't know how many people. I, have, I thought like, that was funny as hell because oh, I, I know the reference and I yeah. love the naked gun, but and I don't really, know how many people are grabbing hold of this. I will tell you right now that if you are listening and you're a younger uh, guy or gal and haven't seen the naked gun movies, oh, I would yeah. say to go watch them right now. They, uh, to me, they're kind of timeless. It's not like, and if you are more aware of, say, Definitely even this is late. Yeah, I, and I like the, I like the second and third also, but the first one is the a, first is an absolute a classic. comedy it's a classic. classic yeah. yeah, it's a classic. And it's one of those where you can watch at any point. I don't absolute. think it's as dated as, say, an Austin Powers. That's another kind of a spoof yeah. type of deal in a different way. That's very dated. But, uh, yeah, Naked Gun's great. I love the Naked Gun movie. So you ever watch that, that Police Story show? Yeah, yeah, my dad, loved it. my dad loved uh, that. Police Squad? Sledgehammer. Police Squad, yeah. that's right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he loved the files from Police Squad or whatever the the full actually weird title was at the one yeah. point. Uh, yeah. My dad was a big fan, and then when the movies came out, he was as well. But yeah, uh, with that, 
to to go with the Enrico Palazzo, that that's pretty classic. It really is, and I I really appreciate that instead of it just being a right in your face reference from last week. You know that was pretty crazy. But you even have some others. But there isn't that much of a story. It's more of a hey, we're just gonna tie this up quickly. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have Poison Ivy yeah, show up. I, yeah, I but mean, the that, gang's that all really, here. It, it kind of surprised me. It 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 does tie up. All the loose threads I could think of, and I did like the way that it left uh, Condiment King as the hot, only yeah. hot dog place on the boardwalk. I that know that cool Eric enjoyed stick. seeing Crazy Quilt, right, Eric? You, you enjoyed seeing that continuity kid. Crazy correct? Quilt is dead. I know, he's dead. I, I saw him there. I'm like, oh, geez, Eric's going to have a I, problem with I him. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing what happens now with Scarface in charge of the New York mob, although yeah. if Frank Thierry's leaving, I don't think we're yeah, going to see it. Yeah, we're not going and, to. And it's not, and this New York isn't the same as the New York, you know, that's in the DCU. Yeah. So we're probably oh, never yeah. see it. And with that, when I saw <laughs> when I saw Crazy Quilt, I kind of laughed because of the idea that yeah, it's not really this continuity. You can go well, with that, even but it the made whole me laugh. Bad Zaro is the Bad Zaro yeah. from the Bizarro World. Yeah, it's the Bizarro yep, World. Yep. Bad Zaro. Oh, him I love seeing a lot of because yeah. I love that 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 whole Bizarro team that that yeah. existed in the earlier two thousands. It was like and, a yeah. whole. And it's one of those. It is one of those. It is one of those where you can kind of look and see some pretty crazy characters and kind of like, like the Ten-Eyed it. Man. I mean, here's the deal. The Ten-Eyed Man, the the really weird deal is, if Reggie remembers, that fucking Popeye guy from way back, that guy yeah. who was uh, the, the ship captain, I'm telling you, from way, way back, when I think that the Gang of Harleys may have been their first or second issue, way, way back, he's there. And it made me laugh. I'm like, boy, they're really pulling shit out here. Uh, I thought that guy was hilarious. Uh, But yeah, with that, they don't really do much. It's basically, hey, here's Harley. Oh, she's back. Uh, We're going to all team up. Let's get every character we can think of to go and go for it. And then at the end, see the ramifications of Harley. Oh, you didn't like us. That whole deal. This feels like Frank Thierry's victory uh, uh, laugh. We have all these characters that have appeared throughout the time. And we're going to get them all together for one final little, like, you know, mission kind of Harley thing. Harley so Sin is in the middle of it. Yeah, they're all doing it's, it's this. It's his first arc. You know what I mean? There's Harley, yeah. Harley Sin. All of them are there. Yeah, Poison Ivy. I hated the way Poison Ivy dealt with the two yeah, homunculus I, I, uh, penguins. Who, by the way, they seem, to, they seem to double in size every time we see oh, them. Oh, yeah. Now they, they just they're, 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 they're like fucking 30 feet they're tall. They're kaiju now. They're kaiju penguins. And even that, you. I like, though, that they do this. And then Eggie says, my God, worst kaiju fight ever. It's two penguins <laughs> and a daffodil, and they're going at it. It made me laugh, though, that line. Uh, but, yeah, really, the only really thing that like, might have – a waste of a yeah, thing, you know what I The mean? only thing that would have made it better, I, I actually looked through because I really, really wish that we would have saw Kite Man get the fucking shit kicked out of him. I wanted Kite Man to get a punch right in the face. Uh-oh. He's not there, obviously. Kite Man uh, has become your – Yeah, yeah. Tra- he's, your, your, he's, your yeah allegory he's my trigger. Yeah, he yeah. is the allegory. But, yeah. With that, though, you, you keep going, and then, yeah, you, you run in, and it's basically like we're going to move from here to there to get another character. You have Solomon Grundy, you have uh, Scarecrow, and you go and really – Power Girl even shows Yeah, Power Girl, Grundy. which, again, yeah. doesn't it's make sense in this continuity, but <laughs> it does in the Harley continuity. Because it shares even 
didn't make sense of the Harley Gun. What, what, you know, like just she like, was there at one point. Way, just a, it just is a this. This is a greatest hit. It, it really is. It's just, just the just get bring everyone. her in the beginning. Be like, yo, Power Girl, could you like do like ninety five percent of the work here? Yeah. That'd be cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, she could have done it all. But yeah, you go and they take down the penguin. And then you get the whole deal where Condom McKing's running a hot dog stand. Uh, he's very he's good at it. He's gone legit. Uh, yeah, he has gone legit, and he's very good at it. He's very impressed with himself. So you get a little sexy thing there. Like, I have condiments where I don't even want to talk about, but it doesn't get too That's crazy. Not sexy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sexy to me. I love ketchup. But yeah, you, you go, then the art changes to a little cartoony style. Like and you said. I hate it. Yeah, That's yeah. The more like, it's that. He draws a cute yeah. little girl. It, well, That's here's little... the thing. The problem I have with this is, if he's going to do this, do the whole issue with it. I, I hate that we just end with that. To me, uh, it's, it's, it's because it's added on. Problem, I, I think that it was just added on at the end. Like you said, I there wasn't too. enough. Added on, boom. And, yeah, Scarface running the deal, and you got the goddamn fucking hot dog stand with Conor King, and boom. And the big thing is the gang of Harleys wondering why Harley didn't like them, and I did like you, and whatever. And then we're going to go from there to see what's going on. But, again, Frank Thierry's run is coming to an end. Uh, so we'll see. I believe next issue should be the last one, the way the solicits are going. And it says next, Old Lady Harley. Again, I don't know that that means that we're going to get a future story or if it's going to be like she's going to be there. I don't, I don't know. You never know with this. You know what I mean? That might yeah. mean that she's like, oh, there's she doesn't like doing anything anymore. She's an old lady compared to us gang of Harleys. Oh, we. I, I don't know. But we'll see. It's kind of funny. It'd be funny if it was like a old man Logan, but the old lady Harley where you that, go. And it's like idea. this, this weird, gritty deal. So we'll see how it is. But, uh, yeah, the art was decent enough. It did change it was a, a I pretty really much, did not like the art in this issue I, I thought it was okay it's what we got you get a lot of characters and I think that it fits again a lot of times the art if it's not your cup of tea it's not going to be but it does fit the series so you got that so I didn't mind it as much uh, but it's really, they did this last issue too where Naki yeah. Miranda and Moritat did half yeah, and yeah. half so At something funny point, happened yeah. I, I like the way Moritat draws the gang of Harleys but I agree that uh, it's it's a jarring transition between them. Yeah, like Inaki Miranda draws a much more goth, sharp, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, harsh style. And, and then you have a very cartoon. It's downright like a, a cartoon, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like something you would is, see, yeah. you know, as in a kid's book. So yep. yeah. a little so, weird, yeah. but uh, yeah. like you say, I think there is a behind-the-scenes story yeah, here something that we don't on. know anything something about. Yeah, so we'll see. And and really, something may be on, and we're talking about this, something may have been going on with Pomiad and Connor leaving, and then Thierry saying, listen, I'll tie up the loose ends here right. before you go on. It may not just be Thierry. Thierry may be the, the gem of this whole situation. He, he may be the one kind of just like, yeah, bro, landing the plane. Or yeah, yeah. Could, like, uh, I'm thinking that, it could, be, yeah. it could be a million things. It could be nothing bad. Maybe Frank Thierry's yeah. got a, got a better he deal. He was yeah, like, maybe he oh, doesn't uh, feel like uh, doing this. Yeah. Maybe they said, and he's like, listen, I'll do a couple issues, but I don't want to be on Harley Forever, though. Some of these, yeah, I don't see him on a lot of other books, so you would think that he'd want whatever, but I don't know how things are going. I have no idea. But what did you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, basically everything we've said here, I didn't hate the issue. I walked no, away I didn't from it. Either. I, there were moments I really enjoyed, and uh, I, I did get a couple of chuckles out of it, but I definitely felt like I had missed something or the plot had taken yeah, a turn. and. Took uh, a turn. Had the, the end of the story was almost like something totally different than what we yep. get, what we were getting at the beginning. 
Uh, so I ended up giving it a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm, I I said I'm a little more puzzled. I'm going six five because I like some of the jokes, but yeah, the beginning is really weird. Uh, but again, it is jarring. But by the end, I mean he had to do it. Look like what he wanted to do was tie this up quickly. It was okay enough to have that. You have a lot of battles. You have tons of characters that you can watch. I've read way worse Harley issues than this, and then it sets up the next issue with the Gang of Harleys and them with that and stuff like that. And that's something that really – Gang of Harleys in general, it should have been left behind a year ago. There's no yeah. reason why the Gang of Harley should still be around, uh, so – I would think that they're going to have to put them away. I don't think that it would really shock me if that goes to Chris Sabella and then goes to Sam Humphreys uh, because really the Sam Humphreys thing going to Apocalypse seems like it's going to be we're back to a singular Harley book, which uh, you know maybe we're done with Red Tool as well, which is a shame uh, even though he's kind of just hanging around now. Uh, at one point I really was into him. He's just kind of there now to do his yeah. little jokes and stuff. They haven't really – done much with them so i'll give it a six five uh eric what do you give it i give this issue a 5.5 out of 10 i'm telling you the beginning was very jarring to me i wasn't a huge fan of the art and i think everything was really just rushed to a conclusion which upset me because you got all these villains and the ideas seem very fun yeah. and at the end we just get a few pages of a fight scene where you don't really even get the individual characters like mm-hmm. saying stuff or doing stuff like specific to their power set or whatnot it just seemed really forced to a conclusion i wasn't even that big of a fan of the art even like i for some reason it really stuck with me towards the end when we ca- we see Frank Frank and Coach, you know, they're rescued from the clutches of Penguin. And, for, uh, you know, Coach is on Frank Frank's lap who's sitting in her chair. But her, legs are, suspe- stung, but her yeah. legs are suspended in air. She's supposed to be paralyzed. I'm like, how's that work? And how she yeah. have used to rela- – it bothered me for some reason. But I wasn't a fan of uh, that, that kind of art towards the end. But overall, it just – it felt lackluster for what they had set up in the, uh, in the beginning of this arc. Well, and I'll tell you, here's where – I get like it gets a little wonky with the deal where when you go to the DC site, when I looked up the solicits and you look at the upcoming issues, they don't have covers for them. They are blank. They are there with the, you know, really Harley Quinn number 42. No cover. Mm. That means shit got changed and there's no other deal about it. And I do think that and it, it, it can't be something that you change your score because of it. But I do think that definitely shit got changed, that we were going to have a issue 42 uh, that was going to continue the story going on and and really getting the proper deal because the setup, when you end up with so much setup and then all of a sudden it ends, very odd. So, yeah, I think something went wonky the, the more I look into it here with my little bit of detective work. And it's a shame because we were actually enjoying it uh, a bit oh, yeah. more than what we were getting before. And, yeah, I mean, 6.5, I'm the most positive, but it's still only a 6.5. Uh, but I like some of the jokes. But what is the other issue that we're talking about, Reggie? Tether issue that we're Tether. talking about in my section is Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number six, written by Tony Isabella, art by Clayton Henry and Ibel Guichet, Pete Pantazis. Yes. Take the last train to Cleveland, and I'll meet you at the station. There's a showdown in the morning, so we'll just have to be patient. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Cause Black Lightning and Tobias, they've got a few to settle soon. But it's just a slobber knocker, so it will be over by noon. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. And we'll stand around for half an issue then. 
yes, a underrated band, the Monkeys. <laughs> they really are. I was thinking after doing this uh, parody that I think I'm going to get the Monkeys collection. Oh, I, you yeah. know, it's something I really have as a kid. I used to love the show, but I think I've always stayed away from them because they're, you know, obviously faking the funk. You know, yeah, they, know, are. they were. But uh, I just enjoyed the songs. They're all a lot of them accordion as hell, but they are. I think I'm going to uh, get it tonight, the, gentlemen. The, oh, my goodness. The, the thing that gets me with them is a lot of people think that, uh, for the most part, Davy Jones was the lead singer. But really, Mickey Dolenz was. He sang a lot, of, including that one. Uh, he did a lot of the uh, lead vocals. And I hate any band that has a drummer that does lead vocals, but I like that. And I love the show. <laughs> I used to love the show. The problem is, as Eric will t- attest to, it was also one of the favorites of my retarded uncle who beat the shit out of me and as he beat the shit out of me or he would actually this would be something that in my mind it was the horror movie of my life where i'd just be sitting there and from behind suddenly i'd hear hey hey, with the monkeys and that i knew i'd fucking run i'd run because i was about to get the shit beat out of me maybe worse and hey hey with the monkeys and he'd make me watch the monkeys with them which i liked but I, it just it led to nonsense. Well, it I'm really glad did. It, doesn't, it doesn't seem to have uh, made it a trigger for you, or else. No, be no, because I, I, it's right funny. Now. You start that, and I, ah, I just start yeah. running away, screaming. <laughs> but uh, no, I actually think that for a band that was a prefabricated band, uh, I do think that <laughs> they were better than they ever should have been. Uh, they have yeah. some really good songs. So, uh, with that. Let's get to the issue because I'd rather monkeys talk are a lot monkeys. Than this I'd rather issue. talk about the monkeys uh, forever than talk about this issue because this issue was a not of a lot of nothing to an a, a series that was a lot of nothing, and it's a real shame. Uh, this is Tony really Isabella. Is. This, He's the one who created the character. You have him coming back, obviously, in time for the TV show deal, and with that, you are not going to get anything out of this series except a very, very uh, surface level, uh, no pun intended, a black and white story where it's just, there's the bad guys, there's the good guys, we're gonna throw in this idea of social justice deal and see what comes out at the end and nothing does. I, I don't and really get it because there's so much room in the six issues for characterization. I yeah, mean, you don't uh, get any. Just jumping ahead a little bit, this whole issue has a long, half issue long epilogue where we kind of get like a wrap up with black lightning you know meeting up with all his compadres and his yeah. family and, yeah. and and like i looked at him i was like i don't know any of these people i don't know who no. the fuck they no. are like we didn't, I know. we barely spent time we with didn't spend any, any time with them over six issues you know we, we barely, barely really learned and it's, a, it's a good thing that we set up that he had that stealth mode where he could just turn everything black and everything yeah. like that like we didn't do anything with Nothing the whole happened. recreation yeah. of the fucking no. outfit i'm like why did we spend time with that just there's to get a no reason beat him up fight at the end i mean yeah. really it, there's a weird deal with this issue too it's not a weird deal i mean it's right here where basically tobias whale yells and screams shit for 10 pages then you get a mid mid uh issue uh, credits page which you know, just like it's so far in and then you just go back to what you had and it's nonsense. There's nothing of except, and then basically wraps up with a, yeah, look what happened. You know, Seer turned himself in and, and let it. Seer. This whole thing was, a, I mean, it's basically the, the whole thing is, is Black Lightning went to meet Tobias knowing it was a trap so that he would distract Tobias. While, while they get everybody, everyone else wraps and shut up down. every aspect of his, yeah. of his operation. Off and, 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 and 
And when that happens, and so his shape shifting uh, Derlin buddy is yeah. he he Usagi. turns out not to be dead. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, Usagi turns the juice back on. And, and really, the thing is, Usagi is the hero of the story because if yeah, it wasn't it for him, Black Lightning would have been it's defeated. And even that, we, we get done. You know, Usagi turns off the room that's inhibiting Black Lightning's powers. And immediately, now that Black Lightning has his powers, he can overpower done. Tobias Will done. with the lightning. Oh, and by the way, your, uh, your Durlin secretary, oh, yeah, she just ran away. That, yeah. was, you know, that was bullshit, too, because two issues ago, she murdered four people to protect yeah. him. Yeah. Like, what? She just, just ran right away? away? What the hell? What is going Flip on? Flip-flopper. He's got, he's got a fucking is. flying snake man and a goddamn Derlin hitman secretary. We didn't do anything with him. Nope. Nothing. Uh, nothing. It, it seems, it seems like that, that's a uh, fight meant to happen. Yeah. It's, uh, and like, and Black Lightning taking down Tobias well, it was so nothing at the end. It was just nothing. like, he just I'll, overpowered the shit out of him because he had. Can you imagine how, how boring this is though? Because if it was set up from the get go that we had this big long plan, but no, it is just, I'm going to blast you with lightning. And once I have you incapacitated, I'm going to spend pages telling you my plan of how I outthought you about everything that went down. Okay. Over. Oh wait. Yeah. Well, I have a place still to do. Let's talk about that for a few pages. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. That's it. It, there's nothing to this. It really. I was so disappointed with really, this. Like, yeah. Put, it, what it are we so doing? We have a show, Black Lightning, which Tony Isabella is a big part of that. I hear people are really enjoy it. From what I've watched, I think I watched four episodes. I thought it was really well done. Getting Tony Isabella back here, he's going to do the characters that he created. But what he's doing with them is wasting time and trying to maybe have a platform for gun control. And yeah. that's it with no story that like you know ties it all together because Black Lightning does nothing. I and know. it's more about these background characters that we have resolution to when we didn't care because they were barely no. talked about. Yeah, they the were series. barely talked to. I know that well, yeah, the story ends up being about them. And it's like, well, who the hell are they? You know what I mean? We, yeah. never, we never even got to know them and how they were affected. All we ever heard about was how bad Cleveland had gotten. We never got to saw the results of it, and we had the issues. It really pisses me off because we essentially spent two and a half issues on the same night. Yeah, you know, yeah. a couple issues ago, not not in five, but but basically end of three, uh, end of two, three, and four were essentially all the same night, yeah. and uh, it didn't have to be that way. We could have spent an issue getting to know some people, getting to develop this a little more, maybe yeah. seeing Black Lightning use uh, in the beginning. He used like extra powers too. He had magnetism. Yeah, he had some cool stuff like going on. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, I, I, at the end, I'm sorry to say this miniseries is just a ripoff, period. It's well, just- even the whole idea, I say that Usagi is the hero of it because he allowed Black Lightning to win. But even that, you think about later on, the entire plan hinges on Flash and Cyborg saving yeah, the Flash day while Black Lightning just takes on Tobias Well, while all the guns and all the freaking henchmen and gangs across the city are taken out by Cyborg and Flash. And and that doesn't make sense. Like, you have this whole series, and now I'm, I'm telling you, we're at, like, five pages from the end. All of a sudden, Cyborg and Flash. Like, yeah. what, what happened? Like, yeah, what, where are you doing this? Man, like, Eric I, said- I might go check out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. Yeah. All right. Oh, all right. I said oh. my review, was that the one where I said, or it might have been a different one, but it was like a Charlie Chan movie where it's like, you know, the, the, there's a mystery the whole time, but important information to solve the mystery yeah. comes out at the very end. Just that at the very the end, out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. So, and, and it's one of those where those are the worst where you couldn't. Uh, this happened the one time where I read, I used to read Encyclopedia Brown all the time. And usually you get, Ooh. there was one that tied into something that it was like, you didn't know this, but, you know, Bugs Meanie grabbed some uh, ice cubes. I'm like, what right. the fuck am I – like, you just said that. I, I wouldn't know this. Like, fuck you. Well, I'm like, well, I'm it's, done it's, with you, Encyclopedia Brown. 
And that's it's when like, you stopped doing mysteries. Yeah. It's like and the cellar started dweller doing was, drugs. Like, the cellar dweller was doing in a show talking about the Friday the 13th series about how you spend your whole goddamn time watching this movie because it's, it's portrayed as a whodunit. And by the time that you see who does it, it's a character you were never introduced to. I hate things like that. This isn't exactly like that, but no, what it is but is the, no, but it is but you, basically you get all characters. The information at the end that yeah. is never the thing where it's built up to and be it's the thing almost, that you put it together. And, and this is the thing I've never seen anything with this series where they initially said, "Listen, this is going to be an ongoing," or "This is going to be eight issues right. or twelve. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Tony Isabella realizes that he has page space and he didn't develop some characters. So out of nowhere, you're just going to get them. And oh, I see. But you're already you're done. Like all why right, you, and then why would he? Why do you no, have page space though? If you so have that weird. much room, something has gone wrong. And you know, yeah. at, at any point in this series, we could have justified Flash and Cyborg just why by having Black Lightning go talk to them or go yeah. to the, you know get do a call anything. from the Watchtower. Like, I mean, ostensibly, you... some people have never seen Black Lightning before. You know, yeah. so yeah. It's can you imagine, though, just any other series of, like, you know, even just an arc, let's just say, okay, we're doing all this stuff, we have five issues of the series, and the sixth issue, huh. members of the Just League to show up and save the yeah. day. Okay, and then go. we do that with every goddamn thing. It's such a cop-out. All right, at least Tobias Whale got away. Yeah, all Tobias right. Whale got away, because back. the big reveal is that at the end, they go in to get Tobias out. Hey, Tobias, get your big fat ass out of there, we're gonna go. And you go in, and it's the Durlin, like, hey, hello, big boys. I, I'm I'm okay with the idea that, okay, that Miss Peckwad running away, that's not the last, I really thought that was the last we saw of her till right now, but how did you get Tobias Whale out, and what was her being there doing, maybe in Tobias Whale's clothes or whatever? Yeah, what How did that help doing? anything? How yeah. did he get out? Because he was It's just arrested. to leave him out so that you can leave it open for I, later, I said, but... I, yeah, I see reviews and they're like, oh, hopefully this, you know, DC will get their head on straight and give Tony Isabella an ongoing black lane. I'm like, really? Mm, he couldn't even come up this? with enough story for six issues. You're yeah, going to have not, this not and this. Based on this. This is the problem is, and it keeps going with these miniseries. If you're going to give us a miniseries because there's a Black Lightning TV show, find somebody who has six issues of story. And if it's not Tony Isabella, that's a shame because I'd love that the original creator comes and has something to say, something new, something big. Uh, this didn't feel big. It didn't feel new. It felt very cliched. And then at the end, it just felt like nonsense. And you end up with nonsense and you know yeah. with the idea of the amount of money that you would spend on this 25 bucks if you get an issue after issue and it's like boy that, that's not worth it that this is nonsense so i don't know i i just want to say nonsense three more times nonsense, sure. nonsense, nonsense. even at it, the end here where I'm, I'm just going through the whole wrap-up like you know, everything that went down after we defeated defias well and you know what's going on in uh, yeah. jefferson pierce's life just getting to the play here it's like ah, the play went off without a hitch and all of the like friends and family they shared up in the audience that was great I'm, I, I'm, yeah. is, I'm looking at these people and besides for usagi i don't know who the rest is. i'm guessing I, I know the ones the police lady. i, I don't know what her name is anymore the play. we haven't we have, we talked about the play in like three issues I and I, we I, I knew it would get people, back though i'm like i don't know yeah. the rest of these people though i'm like god no. damn we, we spent so much time yeah. just jumping around to these different characters that we never fully developed well, and that's them here, the problem and i'm like why they really push the idea of this being like a thing of like it's not just Black Lightning, but it's the community and that. But yeah. we never learned anything. We didn't. We had the whole deal with him and the teacher getting sexy eyed and stuff like that. But you know, at the end, we were getting nothing. We just get nothing. It just. Well, we spent that time to talk about his cousin, who is one 
of the students' quest. Where'd she end up? I don't know. Issue number four sold 8,000 copies. Uh, nobody – I mean it is the pretty much one of the worst deals going here uh, where you even have reprints going better. You have – this was just under by like 100 issues, a blue beetle. And so nobody's buying this. And again, this is what upsets me where I think Black Lightning's a really cool character. I really do. It, you might sit there and there's DC when they're going bottom line like, oh, well, Black Lightning doesn't sell. Check that off the, the fucking list. Uh, him and Snagglepuss, they're not right. they're not hitting together. Boom. And it's not just that. Why not make it good? If you're going to do this, make it good. <laughs> and this isn't good. It, well, this now, is hold like, on. This, there, was, there was a – this doesn't make it right, but there was something that ha- happened. The reason Tony Isabella got this was because of the TV show. And in order to get in like – because for years, Tony Isabel has been shitting on DC publicly online and in interviews. And Jeff Johns, he, he reached out to Tony Isabella personally and they brought him out to LA. They juiced him up. Dan DeDio was there. They told him he was a great guy. That's why the Black Lightning trades came out from the seventies, his run, which is obviously a way for him to get some kind of revenue out of that. And they gave him this mini, you know, and that was, I really, it's just so that. They didn't want him talking about how ripped off he was by DC while this Black Lightning television show was coming out. Uh, I'm a DC fan. Oh, oh my – Tony Isabella says that DC's a piece of shit. Oh, my God. Marvel for me. I, I'm yeah, telling I you, I don't uh, care what Tony Isabella says. They, they just, and, I guess I, it's all about – I mean, they don't give a shit about the trades either. It's all about the TV show. Huh. You haven't noticed. Warner Brothers does not give a flying fuck about what's happening in the comics at all. It's a lost leader if at at – Best at worst, it's something that they just throw, you know, a million and a half bucks at a year, and it kind of goes away. Segregation, yeah. Reggie. Mm, segregation, Reggie. There you go. That's a good question. My, my favorite writer right now would probably be uh, probably Tomasi. Honestly, it like I, I get I give this fucking annual a low score, but I do love Tomasi Glaces together. Who is uh, laughing? I hate them. Uh, Why do you have the long one? Stop it. Classic. That one is. That is a classic. Oh, I, I couldn't find that for the longest time, and I see that I labeled, this guy is fucking drunk. That's what it's labeled all oh, of these soundboards. So, so there you go. I wanted to just see what it Pistol was. Pistol shrimp? Yeah, there you go. Must be Eric Shea Reborn. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, that, that is it for our section uh, with you, Reggie. Thank you. I wish that the books were, were uh, better. Oh, we didn't. Uh, I give this uh, – I'm going to go first just to go. I'm telling you. You're right. I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10. What did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a fuck you 5 on the site. Okay. I'd probably give it, in reality, a 3 out of 10 because mm-hmm. of all the things we've said to complain about it, there really is nothing wrong with the art. It's it's pretty strong. No, there's it's nothing not, wrong with the art. It's not the best ever, but it's very good. It's, I it's, like it's it. It's comic book art. More yeah. Of it. Yeah. yeah, I like the colors. I, I like that. Uh, what would you give it, Aaron? I would give it a – I'm going to go with a fuck you five, but like Reggie, I'm saying I'm going to give it a 3.8 out of 10 if I was going with an actual score. But you do not des- you do not need to be reading this comic. No. And it, it, this six-issue mini was just nonsense. It did nothing for Black Lightning except for just remind people that Black Lightning is a thing. But we got a TV show, so that's already we're doing the thing. Black Lightning's back. And if you want the thing, just go with the TV show. Just, yeah. just go and, and maybe, like I said, bullshit. Brian Hill's going to be doing the uh, Detective Comics deal with him, and uh, hopefully that's better. I, I and would that's kind of that weird, is. too, because we're trying to work on the synergy of having the comic book come out at the same time as the TV show. Yeah. And the TV show, the way they portray him, is different than in the comic book. 
I it know. Is, is I'll give them credit, so. though. At least they had something come out. I got to yeah. give them that. Supergirl <laughs> came out. The they had no Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah, had Supergirl. They had nothing out. So they and yeah, nonsense. So yeah, I'll give them that. But we're gonna go off, Reggie. What are you and Chris talking about this week? I believe we are talking about Shade, the Changing Woman, number yes, dose. You are you'll be doing that? And then is why do I think in my mind that Shade, the Changing Woman, and Eternity Girl are the same person? I I know, no, I know that this is not, but for some reason, it just goes well in my it's mind because, and fits. It's because so. to you, all women are the same. Yeah, you know, might be. They're yeah, all they're just, all you know. gems, is what you're telling me. You're telling me that what I say is all women are great. Yes, you are yeah, correct. You are correct. correct, but we're going to go off That's now. That's right, Tanya. Uh, That's what he said. That is what I... Oh, I didn't mention Tanya. That, she's, she's, <laughs> she's a lady, not a woman. Right, but we're going right. to go off now to listen to Chris and Reggie. Once in every lifetime... to the Young Animals segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have one, count them, one Young Animal title to read for you. What is that one, Chris? Oh, we're moving into month two of season two with Shade the Changing Woman, number two. This is Time's Arrow by Cecil Castellucci, Marley Zarcone, Andy Parks, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. And we open... With Rack, we're going to call him Rack and her Shade. I think that, but that's I figure that'll, sensible, yes. <laughs> that'll keep us a little bit uh, less confused. Yeah. Uh, but no guarantees. <laughs> uh, now, Rack and Shade, they're hanging out in the madness-averse, and they are sharing some purple prose and uh, overusing some cliche turns of phrase. Uh, now, Rack leads Shade to a pair of doors. One is, na- one is labeled now, and the other is labeled then. We then shift scenes to Valleyville, and we have a creepy, like, punky-looking young man. He knocks on the door of the Boyer home. That's uh, Megan Boyer, her Mm. parents' house. And the dog starts going, you know, barking like mad. Um, When the mother answers the door, he informs his, quote, mommy that they're home. Uh, we go back to the madness, and it looks like both doors that he's that uh, Shade's been led to have opened. And on the other side, they're labeled now plus then. Uh, I would call it a dirty trick if I could be bothered to care. He pulled an old switcheroo on her, although I would have liked mm-hmm. it better if they was called now and later. Yes, that delicious. That get me more into the candy. So, uh, Shade is kind of, she goes into, like, space-ish background and floats towards River, who is dramatically distressed, pressed up against his door room, dorm room door. She sort of, like, floats into his existence. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you know, she's like, she goes from inky blackness to the interior of his room in one panel. Uh, and he's less than pleased to be visited by Shade. Tells her to go visit Teacup or something, because he has a, a lot in his life has changed dramatically. First, he's got himself a boyf. And is there a reason we're calling mm-hmm. him a boyf? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, second, he and his boyf are part of an inter- interdimensional Minuteman task force. That blows the whistle on alien visitations, which would include Shade, uh, technically mm-hmm. speaking. Even she, though she is his favorite alien. That's right. And he's, he's essentially covering for her right here. So, yes. 
you know, he, things are things are working out cool. Uh, she leaves and observes River and his boyfriend through some monitors or windows, whatever. They're also labeled there, then, now, and now, then. And uh, these pages are beginning to feel like repurposed collages a bit. It's uh, but yeah. this this sort of revisits a visit that she did to River last issue, right? Isn't this? Mm-hmm. I feel like this was like the continuation of that. Uh, Maybe, but I don't know if it's the same because they're playing fast and loose with time. So that's it's the, like, that's the, the is whole, this the same? Right. Yeah, you're right. It could be much later. Uh, this, that's basically the, the, what's going on in this issue is we keep going. I wouldn't even say back and forth, just sort of through time just around. Yeah, uh, back in the dorm, though, River and uh, what's his face, his boy, they chat and decide to visit the mothership and check out some aliens. Yes, now we hop back into the madness and we get some more collage pages. Rack presents Shade with some super deep papercraft of empty hearts. He's trying to tell her to let go of her heart uh, very subtly. Um, yeah. Now she, she protests that she needs her heart. And then we move on to some more memories of, that she has of her time with her Earth pals and how she came to realize what it means to love. Now we're back at the Boyers and the creepy visitor, the red-haired one, uh, lashes out turning into a shadowy bird thing and maybe seems to kill Megan's parents. <laughs> There's blood. Uh, it, it, there is, uh, you know, it definitely is the Alfred Hitchcock version of someone getting killed, but we yes. can't say for sure. Uh, I, I would say that this is, it's got to be Megan in someone else's body. The original Megan, who was kind of the mean girl that Loma took over when she got the shade jacket, right? This is, and I agree with you, Chris. It's got to be, yeah. It's right. got to be. Uh, although the bird seems to imply that Loma is an avian presence. Yeah, avian presence is in there, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting. That I means she's gone from like mean teenager to like full on murderous sociopath. sociopath. So <laughs> it's uh, it's, uh, it's like her her uh, strictures have been peeled away or whatever. But we'll see. We'll Indeed. find out eventually. Now we hop back to the madness and we get 31 flavors of give up your heart. Uh, then an astronaut shows up sure. and it turns out to be Wes. Now Rack uses Wes as a way of telling Shade how painful love can be. And then a flashback to Loma and Lepuck and Loma, I think, uh, uh, honey rich as Shade. Uh, let's take a look. Yep, looks like they're all together. There. It's like, is, it, is, it, is it Loma as honey rich or... Is it shade as honey? <laughs> it, it seems to switch back and forth in this, like between two panels right here. Yeah, it's honey. It's shade as honey rich, and then shade not as honey rich. After that, holding a teacup. It's all very. It's all very uh, esoteric. Esoteric is a good word for it. Sure. Uh, then we're off to visit to Cupcake, which is what I called her in a DM. <laughs> teacup. Teacup is the name of her friend, whoever she is. Uh, teacup isn't pleased to see shade. She feels betrayed from having been left flat. A few years prior, and uh, I mean, she makes it seem like it was several years. She looks, yeah, uh, quite a bit older, and like, yeah, she's shade she's is showing up, now, least, yeah, like way later down the line, and she's she's annoyed. She's like, you know, if you had come to me years ago, I was dying for that to happen, but now mm-hmm. I've moved past it, and now you're just being a uh, pain in my tuchus. So uh, then, a page of shade learning the uh, friendship flap dance. I don't really, this is sort of a weird page, but uh, I did like the Art Deco lettering. Sure. And uh, then another uh, collage for you. We hop back to the madness, and Rack shows Shade the hole in his own chest where his own heart used to be. And then he hands her 
his maybe dead blackened heart. Seems like it. Yeah. And then they step into a giant heart, 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 heart. And by the heart, way, heart. These, this these hearts look like the organ heart, like not, human hearts. Yeah, yeah not, not, not like not, a butt, not Valentine's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we hop back to Valleyville and we rejoin the visitor, who I think confirms our suspicions that uh, he did murder the Boyers because he just set their house on fire. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> the dog is uh, wanting to accompany him, her, whoever they are, uh, but is kicked away. Um, he's also surrounded by these teeny tiny madness paisleys. So uh, this uh, this is a an amalgamation, perhaps, of... A whole lot of stuff that we've uh, covered in the first volume. Maybe it's like the stink left from Loma separating from Megan. You know, Megan has a it little bit be. of Loma, a little bit of uh, madness on her, or something like this. Uh, it definitely is intriguing. Uh, it know. is. I, I, I want to know where that goes. Much more than this kind of like interminable discussion between Ugh. Shade and Rack yeah. that keeps going on. Uh, <laughs> Then there's a backup that I totally forgot what the heck. Well, we about. also we wrap we wrap up oh, the right. story at the DCHE. Now this is that mothership. As right. a, what, did we ever get a name for River's boyfriend? Uh, I flipped through and it's like it, I, I just call him maybe what's last face. issue, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, know <laughs> I he's the RA of the floor too, right? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, now there uh, we have River and What's-His-Face. They see all the captive aliens of the DCHE, and it looks like we might even have some avians That's in uh, right. the cells here. That's right. They definitely they look like a couple of Loma types over there, and uh, as well as a bunch of very generalized ones that look nothing like any. Yeah. I mean, it might have been some. and ghosts. And, <laughs> with yeah. big ghosts. I mean, it's almost, almost like, it's like uh, infantile. I mean. It looks like cereal marshmallows. I, I feel like here, but, you know, believe me, this is not the uh, thing to hang your hat on to say the issue is, <laughs> is bad for it. But you could have put a couple of DC things in here. Yeah, put right? a Dominator you know, in there. Yeah, <laughs> something, you know, throw a Durland, I don't know, you know, like, have a good... A chameleon kid? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I even just, just, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you gotta throw a Green Lantern in there, but, you know, go, go a little out of, your, out of pocket, throw mm-hmm. some old school aliens in there, there's a whole lot of them out there, throw a, throw a member of the Spider Clan in there, you know, we could have a good time with that, but, uh, whatever, <laughs> I mean, that, that was not a, uh, obviously the point of the scene is to focus in on the avians, that's the, uh... Sure, I'm guessing. <clears throat> the heart of it, so, uh, that was interesting. I guess that's a thing. <laughs> then there was the backup that I've totally forgotten every detail about. I know that uh, Hellboy's sister is there yeah. and seems to be, like I guess, saying why madness would be a great uh, military tool. Asset, yeah. And uh, it looks all right. I have no problems with the look of it. Everything looks cool. I actually like the color palette they used. It looks very like Cold War, uh, you know, magenta sure. purples and stuff. But, uh, you know, it is just the backup. So, Chris... What'd you, mm-hmm. what'd you think? Um, you know, like like you you went you started earlier saying that there are things that we do care about in here. Yeah. Uh, like I do want to see what happens with River and his you know the dichotomous. He's a you know he's a whistleblower, but at the same time he still clearly has some sort of feeling for Megan be- or right. Shade because he's covering for her. So uh, there's going to be some stuff there we're going to be dealing with. We've got the the cupcake bit with right. Uh, right. with uh, what's her face and. Uh, and then we have the uh, this amalgamated shade Loma Megan right. arsonist. So I mean, we have these like really interesting spurs, but we spent most of this issue in friggin' madness, going through this ridiculous purple prose and just this like it read like a, like an eleventh grade creative writing assignment. It was just yeah. 
I, I don't forget, I don't forget the puck turned into a Green Lantern last issue, which is something I'm still very much learning. Yes, and we haven't seen, there. We didn't see him at all here, uh, except for in a flashback. Except for in a flashback. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's definitely true, that the, the, the seeds that this uh, issue centered around were the least interesting. Absolutely. Uh, her and Rack Shade. I, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, and I think that that's a... They're setting up herring. something here. I don't know if you call it a red herring. You know, it's it's supposed to show that, to, to, in my mind, that Shade is not an altruist. She's a narcissist, you know what I mean? And so sure. uh, hanging out with Rack, it was Rack Shade, also somewhat of a narcissist. They kind of get into their own little, in their heads, and it kind of the is the way house world, yeah. madness is. If anyone's ever had to talk to a, a schizophrenic or a, you know, someone that's, disturbed sometimes one of the most frustrating things is how everything revolves around them you know sure. what i mean every every little thing is a sign that you know the universe is speaking to them or something and you're just like buddy you know what i mean enough please uh <laughs> and, and so that's what i looked at here i mean and and my reasoning for that is like you say there's so many obvious cliches i mean it's, it's, it's cliches this yeah. is this is not treading new uh insights going on and, and i <laughs> i hope and have to think that cecil castellucci knows that uh, that being said, there's too much of it. You know what I mean? There is. It, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I happen to have a penchant for stories in general that play around with time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have like that. And I'd say this one is like 60% successful. 50, you know, <laughs> 55. Because you know what I mean? Like, it's a tough. Because there's still rules. I mean, there still yeah. should be rules when you're messing with time. And here, I mean, I'm looking for any kind of life raft to hold on to. Because it, it's like, where the hell are we? When the hell are we? Who the hell are we? That it's 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 such a tight, it's such a weird tight rope to walk. Because yeah. you, you are trying to be somewhat, conf- you know, part of the joy of a story of that is that it's going to be a little bit hard to untangle, but sure. you don't want to either be so obtuse so as to make it impossible or to give, which I think happened here, give such little general information that it's irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like the exactly. Act, it's hard to even care. The timing is, is doesn't really matter so much. You're just sort of like still picking up the pieces, figuring out where people stand with uh, the main character. So it's about that successful, as a matter of fact. And actually, look, <laughs> looking at your score here, let them know what your score is. You'll see that it's uh, about that successful. It is just about that successful. And uh, to go a little bit on on the uh, on, hopefully this is you know I we're getting like some sort of a false lead lead here, where eventually Shade the girl is going to say, "Okay, enough of your crap. I'm you know I, yeah. I'm no longer idolizing Rack Shade because he's just a clown." Or even someone uh, or someone will point it out to her, be like, you know, enough of this, Megan. You drifted and out. You're you're painting everyone's ass. Stop yeah, it. This, you know, like she'll have a moment of profundity and uh, yeah. see things clearly for once. But I, I mean, after 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 we got that mother panic, I'm not that. I mean, that uh, shade and Wonder Woman issue. I have very little. Still burned. <laughs> still feeling burned off of that. I'm yeah. still feeling burned about that. That might be the worst issue of any comic I've read in years. Yeah, it but was, uh, it was pretty pretty sad. But uh... and and then also it's like. If that does eventually happen, I mean, we're still paying four dollars a book for this, right? So it's like the payoff really needs to make everything else work. And at this point, I just don't care. Right. So it's like if and if even next issue it happens, it's like we still spent twelve dollars on this, right. and I just yeah. don't care about it. You're absolutely right. I mean, if that's where they're going, if the point is for someone to tell, I mean, it's just conjecture. If so, for someone to sure. tell Shade, knock it off with your esoteric bullshit. I don't want to hear it. You know, you got to mm-hmm. get your head back in the game. This would be the issue to make that happen because we already exactly. we already had an issue of her dicking of around weirdness. with Rack Shade. Yeah. So 
Uh, yeah, you know, but like we said, I there are a lot of things that I am still interested in hanging on to sure. with this. Uh, like I say, I hope LePuck being Green Lantern turns out to be a... Something fun. Something fun, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So uh, what'd you give it on the site? Give it a 6.5 out of 10. It's uh, I usually start my grading at 7 and then work up or down, so this one didn't go down far. Didn't go but, that far. Uh, I gotta be honest, go I, when I saw your score, I thought it was going to be a lot worse when we talked about it, but uh, hmm. I'm, glad, I'm almost right there with you. I think I would give it a 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, just nudge it up a little more. I think I just enjoyed the timey-wimey a little bit more in general, but uh, you know, I definitely would not say that it worked flawlessly, you know. Uh, what I think of, sure. a, of a book like that, and there are a lot of comics that have done it, and a lot of uh, stories, but like, uh, obviously the um, issue four of Watchmen, right? Uh-huh. Isn't, that, isn't that the one, the uh, John Ostringer goes to Mars, or is that three? Which one is that? Um, I don't remember. You know what but I'm talking yeah, about, right? Where he goes, it's, he goes, it's, in the, it's in the first half of Watchmen. Definitely, where, yeah. Uh, he, where, he, yeah. He leaves and goes to Mars and kind of relives his life as you know, and then it gets into a point where it's all happening at one point. Anyway, like that that was the one that set up the visual cues being though the age of people's faces, mm-hmm. right? The settings that they're in. And we we couldn't have that here because no. I don't think the art is that is detailed enough to show us that kind of a thing. But prove me wrong, Marley Zarko, and prove <laughs> me wrong. Uh anyway, uh next week we have Eternity Girl number two, which is mm-hmm. in our hands, and I have not looked at it yet. But uh, it will be. We will talk about it. Hopefully, this one will uh, grab Chris a little more uh, than maybe the first issue, or maybe it'll, it'll infuriate you more. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> well, I, I actually read the Who's Who on her a little bit yeah. on that on, in the back of the book. She's supposed to be thirty-five years old. Are you kidding me? No, I thought she was a kid. She's supposed to be 35, and she's acting like a 15-year-old spoiled, petulant brat. Oh, I got news. I got a lot of 35-year-olds that do that, too. <laughs> really, that actually might be more true than uh, <laughs> this, this damn the one who we want, exactly. But, uh, well, yeah, that, that I didn't think, think was true, but all right, well, uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, I thought she was uh, a little younger than that, but. She was quite a big. She is that. in the in the uh, entertainment industry that tends to it's keep so them a little young, you know. <laughs> but you also, also have another piece of news you want huge, to let the huge, people know. <laughs> huge news! You remember last week we said that the Doom Patrol was delayed again. Well, now we're a week later, and we're still just as many weeks away from Doom Patrol number eleven. It got pushed back another week. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I I almost don't even want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it's. We'll see it when we see it. That's all I can say. I have no uh, hopes for this issue. I can't imagine giving this issue a fair score at this I point. Think we're going to give it an 11 out of 10, right? I mean, it will, it, I can't imagine what it would have to do to get above a, for this site, a fuck you five. You know what I mean? Like, really, it's fuck this book. Uh, and then the, the uh, you know, the trade got, got unsolicited totally. Yep. Out of mm-hmm. May, which I which I thought that the to put a trade together that soon after the last issue was probably unlikely anyway. A little suspect. Uh, yeah. I got a email from Amazon because I have it pre ordered since whatever the hell it was first solicited like yep. two years ago now or a year and a half ago, <laughs> uh, and they they said that the new release date was sometime early November I think, but the, you know Amazon will often send a Budget. placeholder yeah, yeah and then they'll good news we can get your items sooner than you thought you know and that kind of thing so <laughs> i wouldn't put it a lot on that I, at this point though like i told chris just fucking bag it dude like you know what i mean you, yeah, put a bullet in you it. have failed you have failed to complete this series 
Uh, if you want those last four issues, let me tell you, go get the issues because uh, I would I would bag it at this point. You know the the end of uh, Giffen and Clark's run that was mm-hmm. supposed to be three trades and never they solicited never did the third trade. So they didn't do the final. If yeah. you want them, you got to get them comics, and that's how it is. It works in the game sometimes. They can't all be collected, but we know we'll be collected. Chris, we're not new to this game. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, because I've uh, I've received uh, I get like probably monthly emails because I order everything through uh, Discount Comic Book right. Service, and uh, I've been getting resolicits and reschedules on Doom Patrol number eleven for it feels like. Geez, since like last summer. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. Well, it was supposed Every to be out in November so. of last year. That was the original time. So. Yep. And which yeah, would have also be been milk wars. <laughs> that would have been also accounting for previous delays that had occurred in the book. Absolutely. Uh, and it's uh, you couldn't have a worse failure. Now we're in the we're basically gonna complete the second issues of the second season of Young Animal and still we won't have the book that led into the thing that started the damn Yeah. The and, flagship won't even have shown up. You do, I mean, you just put this here to get my blood pressure up. I'm telling you, this is, you know, my doctor said, no, I can't talk about Doom Patrol anymore. No, it drives no, me crazy. No more Doom Patrol. It's, uh, it, I mean, whatever, though. I mean, you know, when it comes out, if it comes out, we'll talk about it probably half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. I, could, I can't, couldn't be uh, can't more, invest. more yeah. disillusioned about a book right now. Like, who can, even, and, even Doomsday Clock is like, ah, that's annoying, but I know it'll probably be, Worth it. Worth it all all told, right? You know, but so, so how how upset are you gonna be when Doom Patrol number eleven ends with a to be continued? Oh, I'll be furious. <laughs> I'll be fucking furious, yeah. Oh, stay tuned for the further adventures. Get the fuck out of here. Future adventures. Future adventure, you're fucking facing. And you know, this is uh you know something we talked about too, what it would really I think makes me angry is like Doom Patrol is one of my favorite properties. So when it yep. comes out, I want it to do well. I want it to be good. And I want it to show up. <laughs> when something like this happens, I feel like they're going to put it in a box again for five years. You know, like we'll never, we're not going to see it again for a while. So maybe that's for the best. Maybe that's for the best. <laughs> but anyway, Chris, I think that's all we got for him. And I definitely have to go, uh, you know, take a uh, amyl nitrate or something like this to calm myself down. <laughs> Uh, you got anything else for him? No, no, I think that's uh, until next until next week's Doom Patrol delay. I think that's, that's all we've got. <laughs> until your next the weekly Doom Patrol de- delay with Chris and Reggie. We're just uh, gonna have to write our own fan fiction for number eleven. I think I'd be fine with me. I I have them all run their heads into a brick wall at this point. There I think you know, like and then they, they all the it was all a dream. You know, we went, <laughs> went back to the Gifford and Clark run. Anyway, folks, I'm going to tell you all to keep it young and animalistic. I had visions, I was in them, I was looking into the mirror To see a little bit clearer The rottenness and evil in me Fingertips and memories, I can't forget the curves of your body Yeah!
And we have a rent rave line at 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. And we have a couple of rent raves. Now I'm going to play the first one. You have to stick with it, Eric. This is an unedited rant and rave, but you have to stick with it. I promise you, Eric, it will come out uh, golden. And I I believe you. When when I heard this, it made me laugh. But you got to stick with it. You hear what I'm saying? You gotta stick with it, Aaron. It may Man, start. I'll fucking cover myself in glue. It, it Let's get this may, shit started. It may not start out strong, but it ends well, and that's how Did we you call like in what things, happened? right? Yeah, you, you gotta stick with it. Okay, here we go. And uh, I'm gonna tell you. I have to officially tell you when it begins, so that you can stick with it, Eric. You gonna stick with it? Are you sticking with it, Eric? What is happening right now? Here we go. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It made me laugh so much. That might be the best Richard Richardson. It made me laugh so much. What is he doing? Oh, God. He, he's I, I, I didn't he's stick with it. I oh, lied. God. You play it again. I just uh, need to have a good... Oh, you like, son no. of a... You won it again now. Now you, One more screw, time. you screwed up everything. I will come back to it, Eric, because now... Oh, I, I didn't realize there were some problems yeah, with that. Yeah, there, right. there's some issues with going back to it. See, you didn't stick with it. We will stick with it in a second after hearing from Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, mother... So you're at the bank, yes. and you look in one of the offices, and the door is ajar, nice. and you see a man astride a white horse what? with a cowboy hat, wearing a mask. Is this like the aristocrats or something? <laughs> Here we go. He comes out of the office on okay. the horse, and he gallops away with a cloud of dust and a hearty I.O. silver. And you, did, did you just light up there? Is uh-huh. this like, is I'm this getting, the, I'm Dan, getting settled in for this story, you're, Jim. You're getting settled in. He is painting a picture here for you. Here we go. Look to the teller and you say, who was that? And she says, well, his title is right there on the door. It's so anyway, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the Get Fresh crew whoop, whoop, and the king of the Get Fresh crew, Richard Richardson, universally beloved. Long may Richard Richardson here. So, there's not much to talk about this week. Uh, The Bears got fucked last night by the refs. Do you hear that? that I heard this a little bit, uh, just this little intro when I'm trying to do this, and I love it that it's the Bears, not the Ice Bears, Eric. He's a fan. It's the Bears, but yeah. Uh, you also, if you didn't know that, you wonder what sort of thing that Dancing Mike goes to when the refs fuck the Bears. I don't know what sport this is. It sounds very interesting to me. Because apparently, if there's a guy in the crease, yes. supposedly, the Bears yeah. goal gets waved off. Later, there's a guy in the crease against the Bears, and the Ice Flyers goal 
counts. And I think yeah. that was on the penalty where the Ice Bears, not a fan, the Ice Bears actually released the video after the game because the Bears got a double minor, four minutes, okay. because a guy flopped. Oh. He wasn't, there was no one around him. No one touched him. He just flopped down, and it's four minutes. So That's called a stroke. It's definitely a developmental league for officials also. Yes. And uh, yeah. Speaking of which, though, can't stand flopping, Eric. I would never. That, and, and the problem is when, when you play hockey and you don't flop, uh, the, uh, you know, you kind of don't get a lot of penalties called for you. Uh, I still could not flop. I, I can't do it. You, you have to, like Dancing Mike would say, call the penalty as the penalty. And, you know, these guys seem like nonsense. And, and really, the whole goalie interference has become a big thing, uh, even in the NHL, uh, this year. Uh, it's nonsense. It's always nonsense. It, one, you know, one game's goalie interference is the next game's non, and this and that. It's a bunch of hooey. It really yeah. is. And the same two uh, teams go at it again tonight. Mm. So let's it's a revenge see game, if we Eric. can beat the flyer, the ice flyers, and the refs. The ice and flyers. Want to congratulate and Smokey's nice. So we're going to be celebrating the Tennessee Smokies, whose season just. Yeah, he, he uh, did tweet out his drinks and then his meal, and every time he does Delicious. that, I'm like, why the hell aren't I there? I just <laughs> want to know: is everybody in this league freaking you know ice something? Yeah, they're all ice everything. It's the ice league, Eric. It's the ice kings and the ice. Jets. And we're also, last night we were celebrating the President's Trophy winning uh, National Predators from the NHL. So, because they got the most points in the league in the regular season. Let's see where that takes them in the playoff. A lot of times it takes you nowhere, Eric. It really does. But I don't know. The Predators, they're tough. That being said, I don't have much to talk about this week. There were no (laughs) really good. Uh, books released by DC, uh, Batman books released by DC this week. Not a single decent <laughs> Batman book released by DC this week. Epic. Now, epic there was a review of Batman 44 on the award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, that was put up at about 1220 or so Wednesday morning. Yeah. And I think it went to the spam filter, but it looked very similar to other reviews of another Did. Batman. I don't know what 44. happened. It's not in the spam. But he, some people he messaged don't me think there. that Eric Shea's reviews are good, but I think that Eric yes. is a treasure, he and I think Eric's Jim a is a gem. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but anyway, I was uh, usually with a Batman. I would basically say it's got a cover and three staples and yes. some pictures. Um, this week I'm going to talk about a few things that weren't mentioned in the uh, review on the award-winning website WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Yes. She's swimming through the sewer. Selena yep. swim- and this is funny because a lot of times Eric likes to keep things close to the vest for the podcast. <laughs> and, and I think what he's going to say, you definitely mentioned Over earlier in the, the podcast. But yeah. That is uh, feces and urine. Yes, it is. It's and gross. I know, oh, well, she's got her costume on. Well, it's not protecting her face. Nope. And nope. then she gets to the dress shop, and in her suit, she is lounging on the couch yep, there. Just all so over you're that getting place, putting on all dresses. That, and you see water dripping off the boots. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, um, yeah, she's just... Gross. Smearing um, human waste all over the couch. That's why she blew it up. At the dress shop. Good. Even though that was before. Job. And when you took the dress back, it didn't show her going back. Did she also swim through the sewer with that also Maybe. just to make sure to That's coat that That's why she did the, the gown bag. Soup of, uh, yeah. of human waste. <sighs> Let's see. What else? She just walked out the door then. She did her damage. Um, <laughs> so you've got her 
setting off an explosion in the dress shop, and no yep. one around actually is alerted by I that or that hears as well. anything. That because, oh, me. wait, I forgot. Everything is self-contained. There you go. And you can go for the big moments with no repercussions whatsoever. Yep. That's ex- Mike is singing my tune. That is exactly my well, biggest if problem with this If a cop can't hear book. a gunshot two feet away from him, there's no way they're going to hear a goddamn explosion. I'm, I'm telling you, a lot of times these people try to play this off with the, well, you know, Gotham's a pretty shitty place. They explode. No. You have to go with a reality to make these stories work in general. And I'm sick of hearing it's comics or this and that. You can't have an explosion in downtown Gotham and not have somebody hear it, number one. And number two, not care that somebody's business and life is ruined from that. And then on top of that, she ruins all the dresses and steals one. I mean, the whole deal is to even cast. Tom King in that C two E two deal. He's like, yeah, you know, Joelle Jones reminded me she is a burglar. Huh, she's also a terrorist now because yeah. she blew up a deal. And really, we still wanted for mass. Here's the problem. Say, and this is what we always hinge on. She may or may not be. We never really saw the full out resolution of her being let off on the whole mass murder thing. If they come there and see that she has blown up a shop. Uh, case closed. You're yeah. back in jail, and uh, you know we're throwing well, away now, the key I think she's now. Still wanted. Well, there. But I'm saying, why would a wanted? You said, no, oh, it makes sense if she's wanted. She has to do this. Well, a wanted person like that should be a little smarter than to set off a bomb. Like pick a lock. God, she's brazen. Cut a, a, a freaking thing in the window. Something. And then at the end, leave the money. You know what I mean? Or leave uh, something. That dress is $28,000, Jim. Where are you going to fucking leave the money for that? It's Bruce Wayne. She, you leave And again, that's where yet. the thing is. No, the best thing is, though, is the idea where I see people talking to Tom King, and Tom King isn't saying yes or no with this, but it's like, oh, you know that Bruce will pay for that. What? Bruce is going to pay for something that then leads to his identity gone. Like, yeah. Why would he, out of nowhere, pay for a dress that, that Catwoman stole? It's just nonsense. It doesn't make sense. It's another wow moment to show, look, I know Catwoman. She's a burglar. No, she's now a goddamn demolitions expert, rivaled only by B.A. Baracus in the A-team, Eric. That, smells that's like it. smells like sewage. Yeah, it smells like sewage, which may be what Murdoch smelled like in the A-team, Eric. I'm sure he did. Over in a Tom King story, just like uh, the Riddler shooting a guy right in yeah. the middle of the street, and the yeah. cops don't react. No. Um, when the cops are right nearby, so. Or, and I, I'll tell you another thing that I was thinking of the other day that I, I get when that, and it's jokes and riddles again. Just the idea that these comedians were going to the Joker. I've said this a hundred times to you, especially, but Ended these the comedians go, I don't mention this one that much, but they go there. Hey, I'm going to tell you my jokes, Joker. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I hope I win this contest that's never really fully revealed what it is while there is a pile of fucking dead comedians. Right there in the, the orchestra pit. Why would you go there then to be the – it's a wow moment. Oh, my God. Joker killed all those guys. Oh, my goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. But it doesn't make sense overall. And that Jokes and Riddles had so many things like this and things like the idea where Deathstroke and Deadshot were going around and basically killing more people than any other villain in the DCU because they, whatever, are fighting and killing innocent people in the crossfire while Batman just sits there. It doesn't make sense. It, it None of this makes sense overall. But the people who love Tom King, I think that you have to read it, Eric. I would normally say with the memory of a goldfish, but Jessica oh. Cruz taught me you need the memory of a 
mosquito, Eric, because yeah. you have to just forget the last issue. You have to forget a reality. You have to forget things and just be wowed. And just there, he is there. This See Batman what you did, run, Dancing Mike. This is what happens. This dan- Dancing Mike. This Batman run is a shiny object that is going and going in front of your face and you're trying to grab it. Huh, I need it. Ah. He's there with one of those pen lights shining on the wall and I'm, I'm hitting my head on it. That's what he thinks people are and they're falling for it and it kills me. Back to back. And I know people are going to lose their minds because I'm not criticizing. I'm going to lose. I Joy Jones art a little bit, but uh, same criticism I had about um, a scene that was not her in uh in detective comics where Batwoman has her feet out and they look like pterodactyl claws. <laughs> Joel, I'm sorry. If you can't draw the woman's feet to look more attractive than that, then don't show her with her shoes off. Don't draw yeah. the feet. There's some people and like the artists other- too, you know, I, I think one's uh, Rob Liefeld. Like yeah. he has problems. What is it that he has problems with feet or whatever? Feet, There's some, yeah. And so he just never draws feet. You, nope. you just have everybody, you know, in muck or in a lake or a little bit of art is, Alfred, poor, poor Alfred at the end. I think that's him. Is he 947 years old or is he a burn victim or both? <laughs> I don't but mind anyway, the Alfred. But besides that, I think her art is generally good. So and- I just, I, I think that a lot of times in comics, they have like in between the panels, there's another panel. And I swear to God, Selena's there showing them. If you tell, I'm going to slice your throat. Okay. I, I actually got that idea. Like Alfred's like, oh, I'm not going to tell on you, you crazy woman. Anyway. Um, the issue was garbage, which of course it always is because it's Tom King's Batman, and ever since yep. Gotham, I am Gotham, it's pretty much gone downhill and has careened to the point where, yeah. So I know that you guys have traded the reviews back and forth for this. It was, I guess in the new 52, it was a Jim for a while that went to yep. Eric, and then Rebirth went to Jim, and then back to Eric, and yep. just until Tom King is off, just have me review it. I'll send him my review every week. You're in. Uh, one word. Sucked. And- he, he says this, <laughs> and I have begged him to review other books. I have actually talked to Dancing Mike. Like, you know, when he was reading the ROM series and things like that, uh, that he really liked, I thought, you know, hey, you should you should review some of these. And he he's not interested <laughs> no. at all. He's not interested. And my only he's decision is, let's yeah. say, 3, 3.5, or 4. That's about yeah. it. So, anyway... Until Tom King is off there, done and done. But anyway, um, that's about all I've got for this week. So until next week, let's see. Uh, he seems very depressed. Turn that spotlight sure off. Does. Power off that Patreon spotlight. <sighs> Watch out, because you never know when those guys from the Pop Culture Podcast are going to pop up behind you and culture that ass. Yes. Keep it weird. Oh, that's the Lona Ranger. Ah, and see the wraparound. You in seven. Yes, there is the wraparound. Uh, On the sevens. I knew it was coming. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see? I love those. See, Dancing Mike knows. He knows how to play the game. Uh, but yeah, Dancing Mike seems depressed. We seem depressed. And none of this, like anybody would sit there and say, oh, you guys are so negative. That does not help us in any sort of way. No. You would think that if we wanted to do things to get, you know, our deal and be this and that or the other thing, we would pretend that these books are great and that Tom King's run is awesome. There are a lot of Tom King fans who will probably stop listening to our podcast. And the problem is, is that Eric over there will refuse to fake the funk, even though I try to. To tell them too but uh right. no it's just yeah we know that some people are like i, I don't want to listen to those assholes I, I see it all the time i see i saw it a bit ago on uh the batman news site where a guy was in the comments you know throwing shade at us and i saying we were assholes and we were hacks and things like that why because we don't like the books and we tell you 
Uh, yeah. If that's a hack, Eric, I don't want to be a non-hack. Is that what a, the opposite of a hack is? What would Bizarro say uh, if he meant hack? Would he genius? Oh, not non-hack. I, I think I like non-hack better. Actually, <laughs> non non-hack, Eric. I'm gonna tell you this next one. You gotta let it. You just settle down. Ah. Let it go. <laughs> Here we go. Richard, Richard, <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that I makes wasn't me happy. completely because I, I, I was doing the uhs that I yeah. do on Richard, Richard. I expected more for some that reason. Makes that so by itself is fun. Yes, that makes me so happy. Uh, the next one uh, is another one. Just you got to – some of these I didn't edit uh, fully. So there's these – you know, sometimes when they call in, they don't know the beginning, you know, and it's a little oh, – yeah. so bear with this one again. I'm sorry. Here we go. That's a different one. He called. I know. In, he called in twice. Oh, I love it. Ah, uh, yes. We have two more here. This next one is Mad Marty, and uh, I will mention that another thing. Last week we did the rant and raves, and we put them on the podcast without any sort of commentary. We did not have time to do that. But on the Patreon deal on Monday, I went back, and for the Patreon people, I went back and did the rant and raves with just me commentating and things like that and talking about what they had. And Mad Marty did send in his first rant rave last week and messed up the website at the end. And it was so funny. And then he (laughs) came back on. He had two because he came back on the second one to basically say, hey, I messed up the website. But never gave the <laughs> – it was so good. He's like, hey, guys, I realize I messed up the website, but eh, fuck it. And then left, and it made me laugh so much, which obviously, Eric, always leads to this sound clip. Weird Science Comics Blogs dot blogspot dot com. Thank so you, we're here now to see what is going on. And it's funny, too, because right now we're recording live in the mixer. MM Marty is in there, so he gets to hear that as well, and he'll hear his deal. We're going to see – if he tries to attempt the site at the end, just avoids it. Maybe he goes, but Eric, here he goes. Mad Mark. G'day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. G'day, Mad Marty. How's it going, guys? This week, I wanted to have a bit of a rave about my favorite book from last week. It's, it's got to be White Knight, right? White Knight? Yeah. It's got to be. Which was... DC's Young Animal, Mother Panic. Oh my goodness gracious! What a twist! Gotham AD, number one. Bit of a mouthful of a title, but a very good book. Um, Jody Hauser is just killing it with this. Uh, Great first issue for a new story arc. It's awesome. Um, Just Violet Page running around investigating. We get a bit of a background of this new sort of future alternate reality that she's in uh, she has a bit of an re- interaction with the Joker which plays out pretty well um, it's the, you know the old trope that Joker can't really go on without Batman but um, I think the interaction between him and Violet Page is um, pretty true to both characters so yeah 
pretty good. I'm excited for more. I, I, he's right though at the beginning. The the name of that book, especially this newer one, this guy, it, it doesn't do it any favors. But I've only really heard good things about it. I'm really shocked. I know it's funny I say this because I don't know anything about the book. Uh, but I think Batman may have been in it a little. Or I'm at one point, yeah. I'm surprised it just isn't called Batman Mother Panic, and then you just go just to buy it because it's such a weird name. And also being a young animal imprint deal. It's not doing any favors either, and so maybe like this black label deal will help a book out like this because I think that mostly people were into the Young Animal deal for Doom Patrol, and that's just a wreck. So I think that a lot of people have just kind of written what, off wasn't the whole Young Animal deal. No, no, I don't think it was Forager. My only concern is is that I'm sure this is going to go for 12 issues, and one of the strong points of the last um, run for. Um, other panic was that it went in three um, issue story arcs. So okay. hopefully this doesn't. That's why Reggie liked it. That's a re- that's a Reggie thing. Drag out for just one story for twelve issues. But otherwise, I'm very optimistic. I'd probably give this a nine out of ten. A little bit more positive than Chris and Reggie, only because uh, the tone of this book, Violet Page itself, I'm all about it. Um, whereas um, it's not really to their taste. Um, but they still gave it a good score. And Do you think that her catchphrase is, it's time to turn the page? Do you think that would be good for that? What the hell would she do that? That's because her name, her last name's Page. Time to turn the page, she says. Why would right? you fucking call out something that's your actual name? That's what I say all the time. I'm like, look it, it's time to get this wernered up. That's what you I say. You don't have a secret identity, though. Yeah, I do. You just don't know it. You only know it. <laughs> you don't think that they'd say that? Time to turn the page. You don't like that? Don't no. panic. There you go, mother. <laughs> and it's a good book. So, well done, Jody Hauser, um, Ibrahim Mustafa, and the colorist. Which was- Do you think she gets done an issue and goes, eh, I really brought down the Hauser? Did she say that, Eric? <laughs> uh, now we're just talking about the writer. Boyd and um, Marissa Louise. So, well but done. Yes, I um, this week, I will be getting... Shade the Changing Woman, number two. She's That's it from DC. Uh, and then from Image, I'll be getting Murder Crush, number 11. And I was having a look what was coming out this week, uh, just to see if um, how many books I've dropped over the uh, last two years. Yeah. Um, and I think the only one that I've been reading uh, that was coming out this week anyway was uh, Harley Quinn, which... Uh, I was enjoying enough that um the, towards the end apart. of Palmiades yeah, yeah. and Connor's run it was just, yeah it wasn't going anywhere like you guys have said yeah. multiple times um but yeah multiple, that's it multiple. from me this week um I will try to get this right this time so <laughs> everyone go. please go to the award winning website www.weirdsciencedccomics.com boom Aaron. and make sure to go to the Patreon which can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash weird science yes um, ah. heaps of bloody shows I haven't even listened to them all but you don't need to who needs uh, to but you can if you want to they're um, there yeah have a great week guys and I will catch you 
on the flip side. Thank you. Hello, Mark. Weird Science. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of shows, but yeah, he is a guy. Like, there you go. He's reading some books, but they're young animal stuff. He's reading Motocrush yeah. that I know you love, Eric. That sure. do you know who writes Motocrush? That the is creative Brendan team. F- that is Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher and Ben and who Tyler, else? Right? Yes, it is. Uh, they are your. I remember arch- when that was coming out. And they are your arch nemesis. They are your just villains in your world. So, uh, but no, people no, really I like. I am them. to them. Yeah, that's true. I was actually thinking because that Isola, I guess is how you pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it came out this week, Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw. And I did that on my other review podcast, and I loved it. I thought it was a great start to uh, really freaking looked incredible. And Brendan Fletcher actually follows us on Twitter, and I follow him. uh, So I sent him a message, and I said – Boy, that was one of the best number one issues I have ever read. That is so good, and I cannot wait. I mean, I'm telling you, I couldn't have praised it more to him as well. No response, and I blame you. I'm like, God Aww. damn it, Eric Shea, trying to trying to weasel my I into a Brendan lunch Fletcher date or something. The hatchet. And then we, he kind of did. No, not enough. I don't know. He probably actually was like, the fuck are these guys? Like, well, who's this stalker? All I want is a lunch date. And I thought Who's I could messaging me? I hate yeah, them. Really? That's where is my my thing? Here we go. We have one last rant and rave, and it is. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You'll hear right away who I it is and what it's about. Well, I it's a character, Eric, and oh. I don't know the character's name. I'm I'm sorry. I know that it's one of Ethan's friends from school. Okay. You put me on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Mr. Weiner, this is uh, Bobby. I go to school with your son, Ethan. Uh, you know, he told me that you wasn't he was against him. Bobby, huh? Bobby. <laughs> that sounds like somebody from Quakertown, right? Getting the Playboy bar- Yeah, yeah. Funny tattoo. I just want to tell you that. Uh, He's talking about the Playboy tattoo that Ethan wants. You know, the, maybe in your day, that was a real sleazy thing, but uh, people do it real classy like these days. Eh? And I, you don't got to worry nothing about the tattooing, because uh, my brother, he went to prison for a lot of years, and he learned how to tattoo. And uh, I could do a real good job. I've been doing a couple of hog sides and a football, so I really think I could do a real good job on your son there, Mr. Werner. So I don't want you to worry nothing. I'll, tell you, I'll even give you a discount if you get Give me the piano wire and the ink. So if we get him piano wire and ink, he's going to do it because my favorite thing, he's practicing on some hog sides. Yeah. I actually uh, messaged Billy, Billy, and Bobby. said, like, the Bobby, I said. <laughs> I said, hey, Bobby there, Billy. Uh, you practicing on the hog sides, are you? I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means, Eric, but that is the end of the rant and raves and thank you all thank you uh, and i hope that we get some better books coming up so that dancing mike can get out of the doldrums and get back to being the uh, chipper spirit that go always lifts me yeah go ice bears that's what we need we need the ice bears though i think that he is now the minor league baseball team should be starting up the grass bears i think they're called eric we'll see uh <laughs> but he, bears. soon he'll be talking about the field or grass bears as well he is a big sports fan, so that's cool. Uh, I was actually telling Tanya about him and uh, Mrs. Dancing Mike and talking about all the sports events and things that they go to and how a life that would be, and she agreed. But, yeah, that's it for the rant and raves. Uh, we're going to go off to something, Eric, and then, you something. know, this is not going to be a very long podcast. I believe right now, if I look, as I'm not with my thing, I believe we are actually going to end it uh, with some Vermilion's visions and something like that, and then we'll be back to end the podcast. Oh.
Hello to all you sexy, sexy, weird science listeners out there. Welcome back to Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here. You guys already know how I like to do things over here on this segment. want to bring you guys a review of a trade. Try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel and look at some of the books from some of the smaller companies that... You know, people might not have thought about reading before. Try to broaden my comic book horizons as well as introduce everyone else to some other books out there. Um, So this week, and like it happens to be, honestly, honestly, a lot of the weeks, it's going to be another book from Image Comics. uh, More specifically, their their top cow imprint. Uh, It's going to be Symmetry Volume 1. It's the first four issues of the Symmetry series written by Matt Hawkins, art by Raphael Ienko. Uh So there's a nice little page at the very beginning of the trade here that sets up the world really well. Uh, so I'm just going to run through some of that before I jump into the actual story. So basically a long time ago, like 77 generations of humans ago uh, to be exact, an AI called SOL, Soul, uh, or System Optimized for Longevity, was developed. Everyone on Earth was given a, a personal AI um, that was integrated into their brains before they were even born. Um, and that AI is called RENA, uh, the Responsive Artificial Intelligence Network Archetype. Uh, and it connects everyone to Soul and to each other. So Soul and RENA work together to create uh, a world you know, free of worry, free of pain, free of conflict. Robots do all the hard labor. Uh, society operates on a foundation of, of four pillars. You got community, peace, harmony, and equality. With all of this, the world, you know, it, it, it's found its symmetry. Uh, you know, that's where the title comes in, obviously. So that's kind of a really quick overview of this world, but obviously Matt Hawkins dives more into it in the actual book itself. Uh, now I know what you're thinking. Uh, great, another story about robots that, that go bad and try to wipe out humanity. And I I had those reservations as well, but it's a, it's a, it's a lot different than that. Uh, this isn't your typical AI gone rogue story, and I think people will really enjoy it if you like uh, dystopian sci-fi type stories, but, you know, that's for you to decide, so I'm just gonna jump into the first issue here and talk about that a little bit, let you decide for yourself. Uh, so our main characters are Michael, uh, his wife, Maricela, Maricela, I'm gonna go with Maricela, um, and his brother, Matthew. But the story actually opens showing how five years from the narration, five years ago from the narration, uh, Matthew is going to die. So Matthew is running through a busy street trying to get away from the robots. There are some, some of the robots are very, you know, stereotypically robotic looking in the street, but the ones chasing Apple after him kind of resemble humans with, with robot heads on them. So these robots have, have no trouble catching up to Matthew. They're enhanced, they're fast, they're strong, Uh, but they aren't trying to kill him. They just want to capture him. Matthew gets a little distance away from them by, you know, jumping on on basically a flying train. Uh, But one of the robots comes jumping over a building and lands right next to Matthew. And when it lands, it shakes the ground, um, and Matthew kind of goes tumbling back over a railing 
and down to the ground a, a couple stories below. So the robots, they go down to there, and they call an airlift to come get him, but, you know, he's going to be dead before it arrives. Uh, so Matthew's dying words are used to ask these robots why why the people never were never told the truth. Why didn't they know the truth? Um, so, like I said, that takes place five years before the narration that's going on. And throughout the sequence, we, the narration is coming from Michael in the form of a recording for his daughter to hear in case in case he dies. So Michael explains what the world is like, um, and then and then we see we're going to jump back further in time to the beginning of Michael's life. So when babies are born in this society, they're born sexless and nameless. At age three, kids are separated from their parents entirely and put into an, an education center. Here they are they're constantly learning and being, you know, kind of integrated into the system, into the, the symmetry. Each person has arena that acts as, you know, kind of like a surrogate parent, a teacher, and and a companion to talk to whenever you want. When they reach uh, thirteen years old, kids get to choose what sex they're gonna be and choose a name for themselves. Diversity is forbidden in this society, and everyone is regarded as as equal. You know, like I said, that's one of the four pillars that I mentioned at the beginning. And then at eighteen, Michael moves into a community building that looks the same as all the other community buildings because, like I said, diversity not allowed. And Matthew helps him helps him learn the rules of the building. So after being out and about in the world for a few months, uh, it's time for Michael's first vacation. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Citizens are encouraged to use the various resorts that are around around the world um, like 16 weeks out of the year every year. Um, helps build community, um, gets you in touch with nature. Those are their ideas. Um, but Michael is going to Wolf Creek Mountain, uh, and he's really interested in learning about uh, astronomy and the stars and what he's looking at. Uh, so he reserves some time with the telescope his first night there. And when he's looking, he sees a, a giant tower and asks his Reina about it. Uh, there are a few towers around the world uh, that are over 200 kilometers tall. Absolutely massive. And at the top are huge solar panels that gather, you know, the light energy from the sun and use it to power, you know, most of the world. So after Reina kind of explains all that to Michael, he gets called away to meet an elder with his brother. Um, Matthew wants to introduce him to an, to an elder here at the resort. Um, and here is the only time throughout this book that I feel like it got a little cliche. Um, you see this happen in movies all the time. But there's a massive solar flare um, because apparently movies and writers tend to think that solar flares are more destructive than they actually are and that they happen all the time uh but anyway so this massive solar flare takes out the tower that michael was actually just looking at uh the flare hits the atmosphere and causes you know a huge electromagnetic pulse um like it always happens kind of um and that happens actually right right by the resort right by the mountain all the robots at wolf creek mountain go offline the power fails from the EMP, and, and everyone's Reina in their head is, is shut off as well. 
Um, so this causes, you know, a massive panic right away. In this society, everyone is fed chemicals in their food that are specifically tailored to each individual person. Um, and these chemicals work to block emotion and kind of keep negative feelings away. So this is the first time that any of them have ever felt fear. Some of the some of the larger robots are coming crashing down. The transporters are coming crashing down, um, crashing into the resort, and it, it it's just chaos everywhere. Amazingly, because they're the main characters, Michael, Matthew, and the Elder all all survive. Um, but they're they're definitely confused. You know what happened to our Reina? Why isn't my Reina talking to me? Where is everybody? What's going on? Uh, the confusion grows even more for Michael when he hears someone cry out in pain, uh, and he runs over into a restricted area, actually, um, and he's running towards the voice, and he finds a woman lying there, but this woman, who who does turn out to be uh, Marisela, doesn't look like everyone else he knows. Her skin is darker, she's dressed differently, and then the, the, the first issue ends with him holding her in his arms, you know, she's unconscious, and saying that everything he taught had been a lie, and there was never any symmetry. And then the rest of this book pretty much just dives more deeply into this world that has been set up. Um, you get more backstory on the AI, more information about the world, about society, things like that. Um, you get to see more of how things start to unravel there at the mountain immediately after after the solar flare event, um, and then it goes to Michael and Marisela. They set out to find Soul and take out Soul, um, and that's pretty much what the book centers around. There's a lot of revelations about the world and what is actually going on and what some of those lies were. Um, but I had I just had a ton of fun with this. I was I was pleasantly surprised at where it went. I can say that. Um, it's not it's not your predictable story. Like I said, the only thing that really seemed cliche or kind of kind of like a trope to me was the fact that it was a solar flare that caused that caused all this. But you know, other than that, it's not what I was afraid it was gonna be, which was another iRobot, another you know Terminator, things like that. With you know just robots going bad. That's not. I didn't want to read another story like that. I've seen it plenty of times, and I have fun with it when I see it, but that I do like something different, and this surprised me with being different. And, uh, you know, it, it's Matt Hawkins, and I think I can officially say that I'm now a Matt Hawkins fan. Uh, this is the second book that I've read by him. A couple weeks ago, I did Aphrodite 9, if anybody remembers that one. But, yeah, this... Very, it has some similarities um, in his writing style, his character development. Um, obviously, the whole computer integrated into the brain sci-fi future type story here um, that that Aphrodite Nine had, and and I think that that's cool that there's the similarities there, um, and that's obviously something that he enjoys writing about, and he's good at it. Um, I loved both books. I think I might have liked this one a little bit more, but I also I want to continue both to see where each of them go. Um, and then another kind of the art in this book is honestly kind of similar to Aphrodite Nine. Um, it's not quite as 
almost video game looking, uh, almost CGI looking, but it, it, it does still kind of have that feel, but I thought the art was, was really, really incredible here. Um, it, it's some of the better art that I've seen in, in a little while. Raphael Ienko is amazingly talented, so definitely I, I enjoyed the art in this book a lot. Um, it's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite art of all time, uh, but here late, out of what I've been reading here lately, I would say it, it's up there, up there with the art from Aphrodite 9. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you're a fan of, of dystopian future stories, if you're a fan of sci-fi, um, if you're a fan of robots and want to see something a little bit different and see see kind of a robot story told in a different way, I think this is one that I would I would recommend checking out because it is really good. It does surprise you. It doesn't it doesn't follow the the same pattern that you expect to see, and I think that that's really cool. Um, I like to be surprised. I like when things. Uh, take it take a concept that has been established and is a part of culture you know it, it's in the back of your mind and then it plays with it and it goes a different direction that's something that I really enjoy um, and then I think despite only being four issues um, I think you get a lot out of this trade um, I haven't talked about it in a bit but you know I love when there's extra just stuff in the back of the trade at the end, um, and this one has quite a bit, not only does it have, you know, the cover art gallery, where you see the, the different covers, the, the regular covers, and the variants, but there's also a section written by Matt Hawkins, where he's going into his inspiration for some of the different story beats, and just talking about, you know, sociology, philosophy, his research that went into creating this story and kind of his writing process, uh, which is something that I, that I thought was really cool. You don't, it's not something that you need to put in the back of a book like this, but it is really cool. And I did enjoy that. And I think that just adds more value to the trade. Um, and then the other thing I always talk about, you guys know, I like it when a trade sets up future issues and future trades within the series, but it also, tells a complete story and that's something that I I think this one does somewhat well um I wouldn't say the story is absolutely complete in these four issues because it is a continuing story and it is mainly to to continue building and setting up this is more of a of a world and character building trade but a lot of stuff does happen within it um so I wouldn't say it completely accomplishes that but it does a pretty good job of telling that complete story while also setting up the future, uh, which is something that I, I really look forward look 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 for in a volume one. Um, but all that kind of kind of brings me to the score here. I've been putting off putting a number on it, but I guess you know they all as Jim and Eric always say, it's a gut feeling. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with like a eight five out of ten. Um, I did really enjoy it. I kind of wish it was a little bit longer, more than more than four issues, um, get a little bit more complete, but I loved it. I thought it was interesting. I thought the art looked great, and I had a lot of fun with it, and like I said, any sci-fi or dystopian future fan out there, um, definitely give this one a shot because I think it's really good. Um, yeah, 8.5, but 
that pretty much wraps things up for the review. want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me talk about it, though. I um, want to remind everybody to go check out patreon.com slash weirdscience. Support Jim and Eric for all they do. I say it every week. They put in a lot of time into the into the podcast, into the website, into everything. Uh, so go support them if you can. Um, and if anybody has any book recommendations for me, I'm always always on the lookout for them. You can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up here. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. We lost everything Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever time of day it is, wherever you are in the world. My name is Jeremy and I welcome you to this week's edition of Cartoon Corner. Yes, not crossover corner at the moment, not really. Uh, we're looking at a Hanna-Barbera comic today. This is uh, Exit Stage Left, The Snaggle Puss Chronicles Issue 4. Um, didn't do a uh, an audio review of uh, of issue three, but I will tell you that I quite liked it. Uh, in fact, actually, I liked it a lot. Gave it eight out of ten, um, mainly because the issue uh, this is issue three we're talking about was was sort of a a break, a respite uh, from uh, the ongoing kind of rather heavy handed, which we'll get to in a minute, political sort of satirical stuff going on uh in the series as a whole and what issue three did was it it was it really did a good job of kind of fleshing out the different characters particularly snagglepuss and huckleberry hound and also it was a it was a really nice issue for anybody who's kind of interested um in sort of celebrating sort of art and culture you know there, there was some like really interesting stuff being said about things like stars and marilyn monroe and clint eastwood a young clint eastwood in this in that issue just did a really good job of kind of dealing with with some of those uh ideas and uh, and saying some quite interesting and profound things about it and, and doing it in a way that was really rather pleasant and lovely so yes i, I can certainly recommend issue three uh, issue four is a different kettle of fish altogether. It is, of course, written by Mark Russell. It has art by Mike Fian and Sean Parsons. Uh, colors are by Paul Mounts and letters are by Dave Sharp. The price is three dollars and ninety nine cents. There is a backup in this issue, uh, which actually, do you know what? I'll, I'll talk about now if that's okay. This is Sasquatch Detective uh, by Brandy Stillwell, with art by Guy Vasquez and Ross Campbell. And with letters again by Dave Sharp. What I, I've kind of come to the conclusion with with this backup. Backups are kind of a weird thing, aren't they? Really. The first thing to say is that it, it's kind of wacky, cartoony, vaguely kind of SJW laced storytelling is very much at odds with the tone and um, presentation of the main story in this series so so there is that uh, for a start 
not that tonal shifts between between two completely different stories are necessarily a bad thing. I'm not not suggesting that they are, but but it but it, but it is kind of an issue. That, the other thing to say about it is, is I really like the character. I like the character of Sasquatch Detective. I just, I just, she's not particularly been served very well in terms of stories. Uh, the, the current story is a case in point. Uh, her and her partner uh, go to investigate. Well, it turns out to be a break-in because obviously she's a Sasquatch. She's kind of they're both kind of stood there on the porch and she's like seven foot or whatever. She's kind of like this, this gangly, hairy kind of creature. And uh, somebody else calls the police saying that there's like a burr on the loose um, and it's about to sort of try and get into somebody's house. And so so another police officer kind of turns up and, and there's a good bit of, of toing and froing between them. Which which could be quite funny, but it, it, the way it was handled, it was just a little bit confused and um, not as funny as it could be. But it, it's okay. I mean, Wonder Woman turns up uh, towards the towards the end uh, because the, because Sas and, and I've not really thought about this actually because Sasquatch the Sasquatch detective sees her invisible plane flying overhead, which is. <laughs> I kind of okay. I I'll, I'll buy that. Actually, I I, I kind of like that. And, and of course, she's kind of uh, starry eyed about Wonder Woman showing up. Um, but it, it, it's just kind of inconsequential and 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 not as funny as it could be. And uh, I don't know who Brandy Stillwell is, uh, but if this is like her first outing, she's not doing too badly. But she's obviously got a little bit of you know. Just uh, there are issues with kind of pacing and and panel transition and, and that kind of thing, and and it just it's not as polished as it could be, put it that way. But but it, it's inoffensive. Back to Snagglepuss himself. Um, here's the opening paragraph to my review on the site. Heavens to Murgatroyd! It's Snagglepuss time. After last month's gentler, more reflective issue, which gave us a break from Gigi Allen. And her one-woman crusade. There's something about the the name Gigi. Uh, the the only other character I can think of in comics called Gigi is, uh, and I can't remember her last name properly. It's Gigi Cusimano, who was a science police officer who was going out with uh, Sunboy, if memory serves me correctly, in the 1980s Legion of Superheroes comic. That's the only other Gigi I can think of. If anybody, if anybody else can think of any other Gigi's out there in comics, let me know because you know it's it's bugging me now. Uh, gave us a break from Gigi Allen and her one-woman crusade to rid 1950s America of cultural deviants and agitators. A word we'll hear more of in a moment. Uh, this issue sees the return of a more explicitly satirical focus. Will Ms. Allen? succeed in ensnaring our pink-haired hero and get the evidence she needs to out him as a gay man. Lion. Will Huckleberry Hound find the love and acceptance for which he's been longing most of his life? There is, as ever, only one way to find out. Yeah. We start this issue with a reminder, if we needed to be reminded, that... um, this is the 1950s, and the Cold War is in is probably as cold as it's going to get. Really, it's a time of sort of scientific innovation, and sort of the, the forces of science have kind of been harnessed to 
by the military industrial complex uh, in order to kind of keep the arms race going and what have you. There's some kind of interesting stuff here. We, we, we get an opening page, actually, uh, that is set uh, in Doomtown, which is part of the uh, Nevada testing site. Uh, where there's about I can't remember how many there's there's like tons of different areas in this testing site um, that out in the Nevada desert where, where basically the American government kind of tested various things including um, including ground level nuclear explosions um, so th- this was most recently popularized in uh, the the last Indiana Jones film uh, which was terrible. Uh, but one of the more interesting things that, that happened in that is that Indiana Jones survived a nuclear explosion by hiding in a fridge uh, because fridges in the 1950s were lead-lined. I'm not sure whether they're still lead-lined, actually, but, but they, they, they were in the 1950s. Uh, my, my problem with that scene, actually, is, is how does he keep the fridge door closed um, while a nuclear blast is, is happening? And I, I don't know that I can answer that question, really. <laughs> Because you know. Anyway, never mind. Um, so we um, we we get pictures of uh, they had these kind of dummies uh, made up to look like uh, you know regular American families at the time, and there's a postman and all that kind of stuff, and they've all got sort of these fixed grins on their face. I'm not sure how historically accurate the word that is, but I can probably believe it, actually. I, I, I said in the review that I think this this kind of idea of Doomtown, sort of American every town, if you like, that happens to be sort of replicated in plastic and, and what have you, in order to be blown up by a nuclear explosion, that, that, that kind of... Uh, hits a number of key themes, really, uh, in this series. One is to do with uh, the smile as a as a sort of defence mechanism, as, as a facade. Um, the, and the notion that happiness is to be found within uh, a traditional kind of family unit and that uh, it is also to be found in in the consumption of things so so you become a, a kind of a consumer and you find happiness that way and you and it's also found in in conforming to an idea of of what it means to be uh, to be happy so there's, there's there's like a kind of a self a self-perpetuating kind of loop there you know you, you you feel happy because you're being like everybody else and that's that's who you're meant to be like never mind who you may feel like you are on the inside, and fairly obviously, this is a kind of. I mean, there's there's lots and lots of, of, of stuff has been done on this in the past. C. Wright Mills and one or two other, uh, so you know, kind of critics of of 1950s consumerism in American society, and, and there's there's tons of literature on it as well. Um, <clears throat> so that that's kind of like the area that we're in. We're, we're in a kind of sort of satirical kind of critique of, of 1950s consumerism which is fine I, and and of course by the end of the issue uh the bomb has gone off and these figures are are melted and and they are disfigured and and the the facade is 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 blown away and is 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 shown to be what it is and it's very kind of uh it's very ominous it's very so sort of dramatic um, while we're getting these pictures of Doomtown, 
we get a conversation between Gigi Allen and members of her board. Uh, and, and this essentially is is kind of the engine for the plot for this issue, really, which is that uh, Gigi uh, Allen wants to get Snagglepuss testifying on live TV in front of her uh, in front of her committee. They are concerned. The rest, the rest of the members of the of the board are concerned that Snagglepuss will run rings around them because he is obviously a kind of very witty, erudite, urbane, and uh, and human. Very is very important that very human uh, sort of figure uh, who will point out the kind of the absurdities of Gigi Allen's position, uh, which actually kind of are absurd. I I, I think you know the, the the notion that. You see that I'm trying to stay away really from from commenting on on current politics because it, it it's just not for everybody and and I know it bores some people. I I think I think part of the problem with this is is this issue and, and this comic in particular is is that it is clearly intended to be a comment on our current moment and and I think my concern is I'm not. A hundred percent convinced that the writer has understood the current moment well enough to be able to comment on it. Now it's very difficult, actually, to it's difficult to argue that without knowing a hundred percent exactly what his intentions are. And at the end of the day, all you've got is is what he's written to go on. Um, but. I mean, we'll get to this in more detail in a minute, but I think one of the major problems that I have with this issue is that Gigi Allen is, um, despite Russell's best efforts, and he does give it a good go, to be fair, but 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 Allen never transcends the kind of the, the stereotype of the sort of uh, uh, the conservative, sour-faced Harridan that that is kind of popularized. Um, so particularly kind of liberal sort of fantasies and stories about uh, about conservatives and and about people who are who are against progress against change or whatever and she never really kind of transcends that she she is as fleshed out as as she can be within that paradigm she's not really she's not a character in the same way that snagglepuss and and even Huckleberry Hound are. Um, she is a foil to Snagglepuss, although we've we've yet really to see them together. Actually, but but she's clearly going to be a foil. She's an adversary and a reasonably formidable one. There's nothing kind of really all that interesting about her. Although there is something later on, I think that that the writer probably intends to be interesting, but but isn't for reasons that we'll get at least not to me for reasons that, that we'll get into in a minute uh, anyway coming back to this conversation um Gigi Allen is um is basically looking for leverage on Snagglepuss and she believes that she has it because obviously at the end of issue one uh we had this photograph of Snagglepuss going into the Stonewall Club um where which is a which is a gay nightclub so she knows that he is gay um and she's looking for evidence now to kind of to kind of put the squeeze on him so during the course of this issue um she uh goes to the chief of police 
and uh, basically says to him, look, you know, you've got this this club of deviants here. You know, you need to, to go in and sort it out. And, and, and the, the, the chief is kind of uh, pretending not to know what the club is really all about and just kind of saying, well, you know... And basically the issue is, is that a lot of his cops are on the take. So... Um, the owner of the of the Stonewall regularly pays uh, policemen to obviously you know turn a blind eye to what's going on there, and basically she kind of persuades uh, the chief of police to knock that on the head and and to raid the club, uh, which they which does happen later on in the issue. So so that that that's kind of her that's kind of her um, her plan her strategy is is to is to kind of frame. Uh, Snagglepuss and, and use that as leverage on him to to play to play ball with her and to say the things that she wants him to say on live TV and presumably denounce his art and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know exactly what she wants, but but that I would imagine is is the is the idea that plays out in the second half of the issue. The, the first half of the issue uh, it sees her going to Nevada. Now, no no real reason is given for her going to Nevada she she's she just kind of she mentions that she has a trip there and she ends up in a classroom okay and she's 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 teaching these kids um and and she's her, her opening thing is hi kids does anyone know what an agitator is and I'm like as a as an as an opening gambit that's one hell of a question <laughs> um and and she's presented as being kind of patronizing and also a bit thick, you know. So, you know, again, we're talking sort of standard conservative sort of tropes here. Um, she kind of compares an agitator to uh, a worm. It's like finding a half-eaten worm inside your apple. That's what an agitator's like. Um, is it? Is, is, is that really what it is? I think we could probably do even the worst conservative, conservative commentator I can think of. I can think of a few. Uh, could probably do a better job at describing what an agitator is. But this is the 1950s, I guess. And then, of course, there's a smart aleck kind of kid at the, at the, uh, at the front of the class. She says, um, America is the world's shiny red apple. My job is to protect the apple from agitators and communists. And this, this kid puts his hand up and says, Ms. Allen, what are communists in this analogy? And she says, I, I don't know. Apple thieves or something. It's like, okay, yeah, you've not really thought this one through, have you? So she's kind of being exposed by a, by a kid, you know, to as being somebody who hasn't even thought out their own position properly and what have you. I mean, I mean, I, I think my, my, one of the problems that we've got, and I keep on coming back to this, uh, one of the problems that, that we've got with this series is, is that Alan's motivation is not a hundred percent clear. Is, is she doing it because she just, it's a power grab for her and she just enjoys kind of heading up this committee and, you know, lording is over, uh, people and exerting her authority, which, which let's face it, so some people do. You know, some people get off on that, and and that's as, as a motivation. Okay, um, it, it it's just a little bit unclear, really, what she personally gets out of this. Um, what, one of the things that's really interesting is, although kind of God is has been mentioned in her dialogue a little bit, she doesn't seem overtly religious, which is interesting. Uh, there is a revelation later on, which I mentioned earlier, which we'll we'll get to, which may 
shed some light on that. Uh, then she goes, uh, when, seeing as she's in Nevada, she goes to the, the Nevada testing site uh, where, she, where she meets up with a scientist who kind of basically is this like cynical man who kind of says, well, you know, he starts talking about game theory. Um, he says in game theory, sometimes being stupid gives you a real edge. Um, what we, you know, so he said, what we what we want is we want the Soviets to believe we think we can survive. They won't push the envelope if they imagine we're dumb enough to open it. You know, because because he, he he's kind of talking about about bomb shelters and and the fact that you know the bomb shelters aren't going to be deep enough for people to to survive, but they're selling them to the populace anyway uh, because that's because because they're, they're, it, it's all a kind of a I suppose what nowadays we'd call a psyop, you know, to fool the the Soviets into thinking that Americans think that they can survive, and if they think that they can survive as a nation, or that enough of them can survive as a nation, then what's to stop them from actually you know pushing the button? Uh, so there you go. So they have this kind of conversation, uh, which, which, and it is kind of interesting. You know, there's, there's some kind of uh, interesting stuff about game theory, about set theory, and um, the the fact that that basically um, the 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 rules of, sort of reality are not particularly uh, they're not rigid, and they and you know they they don't makes sense a lot of the time that, that sort of sort of the you know um our way of looking at the world is is based on a set of assumptions which most of which can't be proven one way or the other and 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 he kind of he kind of makes that 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 point uh, as a justification for his cynicism so so in a sense he's kind of an intellectual who is who's being kind of opposed by the writer to Snagglepuss. He has a worldview that is very cynical and very um, uh, has a very uh, sort of contemptuous view of, of human nature and human life, whereas Snagglepuss is much more respectful, uh, maybe a bit too respectful at times, but anyway. We go back to Snagglepuss and Huck. There's some interesting stuff here with... So Snagglepuss rem- remembering the past when Huckleberry, Hound, and him were, were friends, and um, obviously he leaves to go to New York. Um, Huck stays, um, and he doesn't take the chance that, that Snagglepuss does. Uh, and there's there's some kind of interesting insight there. There's also uh, a nice conversation between um, Snagglepuss and Leela Lyon. Who who basically says, look, you know, you never tell me anything about yourself. We don't really have any any. I mean, they are. I mean, this is the thing. They are married. It is a sham marriage, but they are married, and she understands that. She knows that. Um, but at the same time, she wants more than just, you know, pleasantries from him on a daily basis, but no insight into who he is as a person. And you know, she she wants that, and at the same time as 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 that. Uh, Snagglepuss has got this issue with Pablo, who's his uh, his kept lover, uh, who's Cuban and who wants to be useful and not want to be a kept man and wants to be somebody who um, who has a part of Snagglepuss's life. Now, now, the, from a plot point of view, this is clever uh, from Russell because. 
he basically introduces the, these kind of two tensions within Snagglepuss, the tension with Leela, the tension with Pablo, and Snagglepuss resolves that tension by, by, by inviting Pablo over to his house for dinner so that he, Pablo, and Leela can all meet together, can all be together, and can actually just have a nice kind of meal and a conversation with one another. Um, and in doing that, he sidesteps the raid. So he gets out of... Uh, he's not at the Stonewall Club when um, when the police raid. Unfortunately, Huckleberry Hound is, and he gets beaten up by uh, Quick. Is it Quick Draw McGraw? I think it is. He's presented as his gay lover earlier on in the in the series. Uh, oh, sorry, earlier on in the issue, and um, because of the kind of the the, the situation that they're in. He ends up getting beaten up by him. He ends up getting Huckleberry Hound ends up getting beaten up by his by his gay lover police officer. It's very convoluted, but it, it, from from a from a kind of from a narrative structural point of view, it, it's it's kind of clever um, and and it works. I mean, I mean, I, I'm going to say this: you, you can't take away from the fact that Russell is a damn good writer, and and he has done a really good job of kind of structuring this. Uh, and then, uh, towards the end, just before we get to the, the kind of melted faces of Doomtown dummies and what have you, which close the issue, um, it turns out that Gigi Allen is a secret lesbian. Imagine my surprise. Um, the, the problem here... I've got no problem with lesbians, secret or otherwise, particularly. But but the problem here is is you, you there is a kind of a there's a popular kind of conception of uh, a certain kind of conservative who's kind of uptight and particularly about sex. There's a notion of sort of public morals and public decency. Well, if they're like that, then presumably they are actually inclined uh, to engage in uh, the activities that. Um, that they themselves are railing against. And you've already kind of seen that a little bit with the Quick Draw McGraw character in a very kind of kind of um very sort of brutal uh moment. And it's something similar that's going on here with, with Gigi Allen. The, the, you know, and, and and by this kind of notion, then <clears throat> no, okay, I I said we wouldn't get into politics, but Okay, because I think because I'll be honest with you, I, I think this is where Russell is is kind of heading, and and I, I think he's to to my mind it's it's hackneyed, it's it's very very it's overdone, it's it's overplayed. Uh, we've seen this many many times before um, in in other kind of sort of so-called satirical kind of stories where the the person who rails the most about sort of public morality and upholding sort of some kind of standard of decency or whatever is the one person who has these horrible kind of skeletons in the closet and he's a hypocrite and and what have you and you've got the same kind of thing here and i hate to say it but it's kind of it's boring <laughs> It's boring and it and it's it's kind of it's tired and and I don't care. You know, I I I I think you know it's like saying, Oh well Mike Pence is kind of secretly gay. It's like really? Yeah, I, I and I, I think from 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 a certain point of view, it's actually a lot more interesting and actually quite scary if if somebody not only believes what they believe, but actually live what they believe as well. And 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 there is a kind of 
and there's an almost kind of uh, unconscious sort of thing going on here that, that that some liberal writers have, and I think I think Russell has fallen into this trap here, which is which is just not believing that anybody could could sensibly hold an opinion that is at variance with with what you believe. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We're talking here at the end of the day. We're, we're talking about you know we we see you know gay people being being beaten up, and and which certainly happened in the, in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties, right up until uh, up until relatively recently on a regular basis in Western society. It's certainly happened in the UK, and it's reprehensible, and it's a hundred percent wrong. But at the same time, some people who were were sort of part of that kind of moral crusade. They they weren't all sort of closet, you know, lesbians and and homosexuals. At the end of the day, they they a lot of them genuinely believed in what they were doing and genuinely believed that they that they were right. It doesn't mean that they were right, but it but it does mean that their the way they're portrayed in 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 popular culture um, doesn't even allow them the dignity of believing that they were right. If that makes sense. And I think that there's something there's something kind of mean spirited about that, and and unappealing about that, and, and that's not to take away from from the real harm and the real pain that some of these people did, and some of these people caused, but from a narrative point of view, there's something unsatisfying about that. And that's as far as I think I, I want to go with that. Really, I, I mean, I, it, it's. Like I said, I, I I think Gigi Allen is a bit of a problem in this story, simply because uh, her motivation is unclear, her character is two-dimensional, and now we're being set up. You see, the thing is, right, the, 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 to my mind, I, and, and, and I kind of say I'm crap at guessing what's going to happen next. I'm, I'm, I'm rubbish at second-guessing um, writers. We're heading into into the ending of a story in which all all that's going to be needed is is a couple of photographs of Gigi Allen and her lover together, and that Snagglepuss's get out of jail free card. Now, I'm I'm not saying that oh, and it's all very ironic and it's heroic and triumphal and all that business. And I'm not saying that 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 is necessarily what's going to happen. I'm not saying that that Russell is that predictable of a writer. And I, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that about Russell. I having read um some of his stuff on the flintstones um i i would say he's 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 an extraordinarily good writer but that that it does raise a bit of a red flag in my mind that that's that's kind of where we're going and there's not there's nothing particularly interesting about that so anyway yeah i gave this seven out of ten um i mean it you know in terms of structure as i said before it's really really well put together uh it lacks the kind of celebratory nature of issue three which 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 i i really sort of took to i really really enjoyed that this is a little bit more kind of banging a political drum and um even if you have some sympathy with the political drum that's being banged um i think it it's it means that um it's not as satisfying as perhaps it could be otherwise uh, so seven out of ten for this, and and there you go. So again, I kind of say from a point, from a, a certain point of view, this series is worth checking out. I mean, if you if you remember issue one, I had real real problems with. Um, 
things have settled down a bit since then. And I'll be honest with you, there are bits of it that I've really enjoyed. Um, The bits that I haven't enjoyed are the bits that um, have been just a bit too political, a bit too... Uh, two-dimensional in their politics and um, as a result you know it, it's it's not been as satisfying as it could be uh, but you know that that's 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 the way it is uh, and obviously uh, other people may see things very differently I know once again uh, comic book roundup there's a couple of tens there somebody did give it a four actually and found it very uh, I think probably having having some similar reservations to me, possibly a bit more brutal about it. I don't know, but but anyway, as I said, seven out of ten uh, for this uh, for this issue. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and um, I do appreciate it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can um, door Jeremy at door Jeremy on Twitter, um, and you can also uh, check out my website, which is www.jddunsani. WordPress.com. All that remains for me to say is have a fantastic week. Um, I really do hope you you have a great week wherever you are. I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Don't forget to check out the Weird Science DC Comics Patreon, uh, which has a ton of content, more much more content than I can keep up with. I, I don't even don't have a clue really how uh, Jim and Eric put that stuff out. It is just phenomenal. The, the, their output is incredible, and it is well worth checking out. I I, 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 I will say this: I do really like uh, the news the news podcast. That is that is definitely is definitely a good listen. So, so do check that out. Um, and I will hand you back to the guys in the studio. Thank you very much for listening. You take care. Uh, bye bye. All right, Eric, and that is the end of the podcast. Oh, podcast! Ooh, we hardly knew ye. We, we hardly knew ye. Uh, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is obviously Batman White Knight number seven. That is mine as well. I gave it a nine three, I believe. I, I I don't know why I went three. For some reason in my mind, nine four sounds better, but I do think I went nine three. Point seven. I had to get that point seven right out of there. That's right. It seems very odd. How about if I would have given it a nine point three five, Eric? Would would you have enjoyed that more? Lost my goddamn mind like you did the last time. Yes, indeed. But I'm going to talk now about what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, And some of these will be on our regular spotlight. Some of these will be Patreon-only spotlights. I'll say one last time. You can go to patreon.com slash weirdscience, and you will not be charged till next month. Check out some of the uh, things that we're doing uh, this week. We'll be having a pop culture podcast. That is coming up. I have a lot of news for you, Eric, there. Uh, We also will be doing our new 52 review, Batgirl. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, Batgirl Volume 1. So that's pretty cool. But here, and amongst other shows as well. Uh, But here is what we're going to be talking about on uh, next week in the DC realm of things. We've got Batgirl Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 21. And in this, I love it. It says Batgirl and the Bop. I think that sounds cool. I think that sounds cool. Number 21. We have Detective Comics number 978. Eternity Girl number two. There you go, man, Marty. You can listen to you can read that. And Reggie and Chris will be reviewing that one. We have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number 42. Justice League of America number 28. I believe the penultimate issue. Uh, I wish it was the last, last but I'm hoping it's at least the penultimate. We'll see. We'll see what Cronus is up to there, Eric. We'll see if he has more abilities that he should. 
couldn't have, including shrinking technology. New Superman and the Justice League of China, number 22. Now, I think from now on, because it says New Superman and the JLC, boop, boop. That's what we have to do from now on. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 21. A book that we love, but it always surprises me when it shows up. Yeah. Sideways, number three. And hopefully, hopefully that will. For me. Yes, hopefully that gets us on board. Get me Su- on the trolley. Suicide Squad, number 39. Uh, that's coming up, Eric. I had a thing, a story that I did not feature in my news podcast that Rob Williams is going off, I believe, Dynamite. He's starting up a franchise. He's like rebooting it with a number right. zero issue that I think is going to be like a 10 cent deal or whatever it is. And they mentioned in that article that he is the critically acclaimed author of Suicide Squad. I, I critics? I couldn't read it, like so I didn't put it in the news. They they ended up making me not report the news because of that line. I even went over to the roundup to see like what the they were talking about. Do this, yeah. And I'm like, I look at it, yeah. How dare you try to talk positive about an author on one of your books? But I went over to look, and it is actually more well regarded than I would have ever thought. As a whole, I think as a whole, the that Rebirth Suicide the Squad critic. book is like at a seven four. Total, I would go six, six, one. All right. And now you're just getting negative for negative sake. I don't know why no, you do I this. Read the book. I, I don't, I I don't know on. why you do this, Eric. Really, I'm trying to pump up these books, and you're just bringing me down. Supergirl number 20, Eric, I believe that is the final issue. And out of nowhere, it's Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser. She's back. She's right. back for the attack. Uh, I think that she's going to be burning down. The Hauser. We have The Flash, number 44. <laughs> we'll see as we get closer to Flash War there with Joshua Williamson. And I really don't have anything that I you, can you say. You mean they're going to explain the rod or the wand to me or the negative speed force? No. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I maybe don't they know. Will, maybe they will. Maybe we'll get it. But I think at the end, we're just going to have to say. Pistol shoot? Yeah. That's all we're going to say. Our pistol shoot. Maybe we'll learn more about this, though, that I really want to learn more of. Must be Medentia Reborn. Oh, Medentia. Must be. Ah, uh, yes. We also have, Erica. Are you sitting down? <laughs> you don't podcast standing up, do you? You know I like the podcast standing up. You're not there at one of your standing desks, are you? Those were a real <laughs> big really thing for, for a while. Back, Jim. They were a real big thing. I wonder, I've not heard anybody talk about those standing desks now. I think that pretty much people realize they don't like standing. So no, it's also like the worst. it's like the potty buddy or whatever that was. Remember that the uh, the thing where it lifts your legs up? Oh, that the we squatty about? potty. Yeah, the squatty potty. I was all in for that until I realized I don't need to get the squatty potty. I had a step stool that basically does the same thing, so that I can also <laughs> I can go to the Thank bathroom God. and reach the high things in my <laughs> shelves. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're sitting down, Eric. Are you sitting, yeah, down, sitting down now? Uh, the immortal men number one. It is coming oh, out. Right. I can confirm it is. I believe there's a backup artist on it, which is not a shock. No, but no, uh, no. I can't even. I can't really confirm that as uh, I haven't looked through it. But we did get it. We have Titans number twenty-two. Uh, that's going to be. I think that's the last regular issue, and then you have the special issue right. after, right? So we have that. We have Trinity number twenty-one, where they just they're throwing that book at it's everyone book just now. to end. It is. It seems. I think we're going to end up with almost three issues of it in April, uh, because this and then the next issue. I think this is a penultimate, and I think we get the last issue at the end 
end of the month, which is crazy. Uh, and then we have Wonder Woman number 44. So with that, I have an idea what the Patreon badasses will pick. Uh, I'm not. I won't reveal that. I think that definitely Immortal Men. You want to hear that? You better get on the Patreon because I do think they will pick that. The other one, though, I have my ideas, Eric, but I'm not so going to tell I. you. Me Actually, either. I don't know that I have the idea, but I, I have an idea. Say, oh, do you? you think it's Red Hood? Do you? Is I that, do not. Oh, don't you? You think it's uh, Backer on the Bop? No, I, I would I never know. think that. Okay, you don't think it's Batgirl and the Bob. Uh Then you would definitely think it's the new Superman in the JLC is what you thing think. thing is, I would think that, but for some reason, where we're heading in the story, I think it might be Detective Comics. Oh, my goodness. Are, are you trying to skew the vote with that, Aaron? Is that what you're yes. trying to do? Yes, I you're am. You're trying to load up the vote. Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, because we'll have to wait till next week to see uh, what it is. And the poll for that, for all you Patreon badasses, will be going up either late tonight or tomorrow along with our back issues podcast uh poll which i'm going to feature a lot of action comic stuff since we're coming up to the thousand issue and uh also i need to come up with a poll for the necessary nonsense so we'll do all that that'll be hopefully this weekend and like i said we have a bunch of other shows probably about six seven shows coming out next week if you get done with this shorter podcast you can go over to the patreon and enjoy all that stuff but that's it eric what do we say at the end Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird, weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, yeah.